Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mortally Wounded, episode 44. Today is the Soul Blight Spooktacular. I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, James, and we have a very special guest for you, the wonderful Sam Thompson. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always spooky in this corner as well. <laughs> I'm actually wearing my uh, my Knight of the Realm uh, comfy clothes at the moment. The broken oh, very nice. dead. Yeah. The dead yeah, are long that's, gone. <laughs> that's right. Yep. <laughs> Getting into the spirit of things. Oh, I like it. Uh, Spirit. Yes. Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is going to be a probably a big show. We have got Sam on um, to talk all things Soulblight Gravelords in this episode. So Sam has been playing them a lot recently. He's had some very good kind of tournament results with them. So he, he definitely mm. knows them really well from a competitive standpoint. Um, I've been itching to dig my teeth into them for a while. And James has also obviously been a long time Legion's death player all things death mm. he's got a big yeah. soul blight force himself so um first of all sam it's your first time on the show so welcome do you want to give us a bit of a, an intro to you and how you got into the hobby and all that goodness and i guess your love uh, and how you get into soul blight yeah no worries uh so my hobby start because i've been playing for about two years now yeah just over two years um was actually those conquest magazines so my lovely girlfriend, uh, she we went to like a news agency and she was like, oh, you should grab one of these little magazine things. I never really heard of Warhammer beforehand, um, but wanted to get out of playing video games because there's nothing to show for at the end. And Warhammer is the perfect entryway into that. Um, I've done about two months of painting Warhammer, mainly 40k stuff. And then the gits got me. Um, and I started off with the gits army. Because they're just one of the coolest armies. Yeah. Um, I'm very much a collectionist army person, so I've got like five thousand points of like Gits and Skaven and stuff. And then when Soulblight came out, uh, they're very much my aesthetic as well as being a very big collection army. Um, so there's tons of lists and tons of builds. And I'm very much a Johnny sort of person. I like to show off my smarts of creating my own list and not copying someone else's list. So with the amount of combos and buffs and soul blight, it makes for those sort of things very um, intriguing to me. Um, and then I've just been a, a sort of more of a hobbyist at the start as well. I enjoy doing a lot of painting, uh, enjoy doing a lot of hobbying as well. Um, but I've been leaning more recently into the more competitive side. I've been really enjoying that and getting good results, which is the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, nice. awesome. I yeah. didn't know, like, that's news to me. I didn't know you'd only been in the hobby for a few years recently. Do you, when you said the Conquest magazines, do you mean, like, the, the Mortal Realms ones with the Night Horns? No, ones? they were the 40k ones. The Mortal Realm one hadn't been oh, out right, yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's why I didn't recognize the Conquest thing, but, yeah, 40k, okay. Yeah, it was just, wow. like, Nurgle and Space Marines. Um, you saw the light in the okay. so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the tactile nature of it. It's much better than video games. Like, I've had friends come over and all stare at my hobby cabinets. Whereas I've never had that with video games. No one comes over and goes, oh, what level are you in this game? You don't go, oh, let come me show over. you my save file. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one wants to see that. But you have a big conversation point when everyone comes around and goes, oh, what are these models? Like, do they come pre-painted or do they come pre-built and stuff? It's like, no, no, I do it all. And they're like, oh, they're so tiny, though. <laughs> like, yeah, it's go, awesome. Yes. yes, and I love them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're my babies. <laughs> 
<laughs> Meanwhile, your other half's just sitting there giving you like dirty looks. <laughs> yeah, she, I've tried to get her a few times because she's very artsy. Um, she does more 2D drawings, um, but she knows she doesn't have the time and money to get into another hobby in the creative side. So I haven't been able to rope her in yet. Yeah, fair enough. It is hard, um, but no, that's cool. Um, well, as, yes, as I said, great to have you on the show. And um, should we crack into it, all things Soulblight? So, I mean, this show is going to be pretty competitive focused mainly, I think, going through the strengths of the army, going through all the um, different dynasties and various builds and, and combos and things that we think are strong. But obviously, we can all jump in for when we get inspired for hobby side of things on how to do cool conversions and there's been so much online i've seen um but i think just to frame i guess the conversation to borrow some stats from honest wargamer so all credit where it's due there for collecting it um but i think as of the most recent kind of stats center show um soul grave lords are the second most represented army um in tournament scenes so 7.4 percent of the meta um just behind sons of behemoth so you're gonna see a lot of soul blight um and i think that's because they're one of those old armies where they've been around for for years like your classic kind of vampire counts i guess with your zombies and and everything like that and they've gone through kind of multiple iterations through legions of nagash and and now now we're at the soul blight grave lords and so there's a lot of armies out there um i think they attract hobbyists they attract competitive players um, and there's lots of different factions within the book so i think they've got lots of potential to see different armies which obviously is being represented in the stats so 7.4 percent of the meta is soul blight grave lords and then in terms of their kind of positive win rate potential which is something that yeah honest wargame has come up with so again this is all all, all rob um not trying to say that this is us um but that's the ability for the army to go kind of three wins or better um at a tournament and they are 54 percent um so they're not right at the top of the meta um but they are also kind of decent like if any average joe basically takes these to a tournament more likely than not you're gonna get at least three wins um, which is cool. I think it attracts hobbyists and also gives you space for competitive players if you're looking for an army to be competitive with. So, I guess, Sam, do you want to take us through kind of Soul Blight overall, um, like their main kind of battle traits yep. and an introduction to generally how like the army kind of functions? Um, and then we can dig into more detail around the actual individual dynasties. Yeah, no worries. So the main thing I've found while playing Soul Blight is it's not the um, bringing back of models to units is the main thing people think, or like, like Night Haunts of ability to bring back constant models. It's more the recycling of the actual unit, which gives you a lot of board play. Um, the amount of times I've won games, even in like the last few turns, just by getting one unit back of like 10 zombies, to steal that last point because they've moved too far off of it. Um, it just leads to so much board presence and the ability to just move around all over the board that they've constantly got to sit still over those grave sites. Otherwise, they're going to lose points or they're going to get um, blocked in from behind as well. Um, it's very much a... The way I've mainly been playing it is more horde sort of style, which it, it can lean both ways. Um, but I'm very much a horde player myself. 
Uh, so I've really loved being able to just use mass zombies is what I've been mainly using uh, and just flood the board um, and just block everything up. I yeah, like the for sound sure. of that. I think with the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, James is all about the zombies. Um, and yeah, especially the grave sites as well. I think it's a, it's a big thing with them. I think it's a lot harder to actually block them out think than people think as well like because you've got to be obviously they have to come up outside of nine but it's hollow than 12 of a gravesite so you can't just like put mm. a model on the marker mm. you've got to have stuff basically in a ring kind of all the way around it stopping stopping it and i don't know how many times people can sit units over there and good placement with those markers as well means a lot of the time you go well if someone wants to stop me bringing stuff up i've put my marker not on an objective so it means they're mm. going to have to tr have troops off the objective, which then means that your other troops that are already on the board can go swarm the objectives um, better. So yeah, no, I think I think that's a, definitely a big big positive to the army and something that can be really hard to play against um, if you're playing against someone that's got the kind of multiple units of zombies or skeletons or wolves or any of that summonable stuff that can pop up. Yeah, and they're really strong as well because they offer the six up after save. So you don't have to babysit them with heroes to get the deathless minions. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So that's really nice. And because there's four of them. So they're just littered around the board and the your enemy finds them really hard to screen out all of them. Unless you've got quite a mobile army or something that can ambush off the corners. Yeah, I mean, James, you've been you've been playing death. Like they've they've had the, the gravesite since Legions first came out. So a good few years now and like yeah have you always found playing yeah like <clears throat> i found like yeah under the old rules like it was it's was pretty easy for your opponent just to nullify your gravesite auras um and yet yeah, to and you needed your general on the board you know to bring up to bring back a unit to use the um you know the endless legions or deathless legions command trait and all that but um of the handful of games that i played um with this book bef uh, before the new ed and the lockdowns, um, I did find yeah having that twelve inch the twelve inch areas for your um, grave sites was it just made it so much easier to play with the grave sites and gave them so much more utility like what you were saying Sam about having um, about uh, not having to babysit your units anymore and things like that with heroes which was something you just got so used to doing as a legions player or soul work player now uh, so yeah. I, I'm all for it. I think it's a great change, and I look forward to giving it a good run and working out the new uh, nuances with it all as well, which I'm sure you guys are, are, all, are all over um, with the, the practice and <laughs> the tournaments and everything you guys have been, been doing. So, um, yeah, keen to hear more about um, your experiences, Sam, with, uh, with, with the book and in the new edition. Yeah. Um, so uh, with the, the Horde strength abilities as well, there's a lot of tactics behind movement in the army as well a lot of things have six inch pile which breaks quite a few game mechanics now especially with the new unleash hell um it allows you to get around them and even things like an Iden deepkin where they get to fight first in a certain combat um round uh so it, it and <laughs> Chris knows all about that. You can I'm, just get I'm around these we, sort of we things. May have, we may have just played a game like yesterday. <laughs> oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> so it just gives you lots of um, movement versatility because you can even use command abilities to make the dogs have a six-inch pile. And then you've got the ability to have a double pile in from the uh, Necromancer's spell. 
So you've got a lot of um, – it does require a bit of experience to sort of move them around the board, but once you sort of get them down packed, there's a lot of cool things that your enemies don't sort of see, even though you do tell them you've got a six-inch pile. The amount of objectives you can just steal by putting a few models there and then pile a whole heap around because you can still pile in and stay outside three. So you mm. can still negate combat as well. So you yeah. can sit just outside, say, three and a half inches and then pile. So you've got a, a half inch move with your six inch pile. And it just creates that I see them. They are a little bit sometimes as a negative play experience because your opponent can't do anything, even though you've technically piled in. Um, so it just creates a lot of shenanigans going on, which need a bit of experience to play with. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Just yeah. using a pile-in, <laughs> but not even going within three. Yep. Just being like, well, I'm within Don't six, to. I'm going to pile, and I'll just shuffle around and yeah. Yeah, put more and take that objective. <laughs> yeah, yep. cool. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Do have a, I do have a burning question for you, though, Sam, about zombies. Um, yes. So... Well, how many do you, what's, how many do you take? What's your sort of sweet spot? Like, do you take 20 and then grow beyond the 20 with, uh, you know, as you kill models, bringing them back? Or do you sort of start off with a 40 or do you just go all balls in with the, with the 60? So I found when I first started playing with them, I went, I think, believe two big blocks of 40, but mm. I found they were too cumbersome to use and uh, you need the units to actually die to make good use of the grave sites. Yep. Um, so the way I've been running them is a big 40 block is my main hitting block with a vampire lord giving them the plus attacks and even Radikar if he's in range. Yep. Um, so that gives you maybe three or four attacks on zombies and they're doing the mortal wound damage. And then I'm running two small blocks of 20s, more is screens and is something mm. that can get blown up and then threatens later on in the game through those grave sites. Um, I think the 60 block's just way too big, even though it's never going to mm. die. It's a lot of points. It is a lot of reinforcement points, and mm. it just doesn't do as much as you want it to do. To do. Um, yeah. It more just sits there on an objective and bogs it down, and that's it. Yeah, um, so it's not because, as maneuverable. Yeah, because yeah. 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 your buffs now are still wholly within 12. So trying to get 60 zombies wholly within 12 of a vampire lord and all that sort of stuff, you essentially mm. miss out the back half of that unit from even getting into attacking or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so they just become wasted wasted models and wasted points, essentially. So my main list is 40 and 220s is what I've found. Cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I've sort of been thinking about that myself, about how I would um, approach my zombie hordes. But um, mm -hmm. at the moment, I've sort of was I'm in an arm in between to take 20 or a 40. To begin with, so yep. I think, yeah, yeah, I think I might go. I would 40. play around with it because mm. you mm. might find you enjoy the 20s more, or you might just find two blocks of 40 works well. Uh, it just really depends on the list and how you want to play it all. Yeah, um, yeah. I just found I blocked, as everyone's probably well aware, zombies will block you, <laughs> block you out from winning games. Um, if you put them in the wrong spot, you'll lose a tournament to it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, because I've <laughs> Because of the way the zombies work, they're never charging. They're always piling in six. So sometimes you'll block out your own units because you're thinking, oh, I'll just charge the zombies in, but you've already ran them up. Hmm. Um, so they're never charging. So that means when that unit you want to charge in doesn't fly, can't quite get where it needs to. 
Um, yeah. Because you're moving the zombies in the combat phase, you're not moving them in the charge phase, so they're not creating gaps you would normally have with all other units. Yep. Cool. No, I like it. And then I think skeletons is um, I haven't played around with it, but I would really want to have a go at it running a thirty block of skeletons with a necromancer. Um, just being able to get them because I don't think many things can take out thirty skeletons on a, like maybe a four up or a five up save. Um, and then if you've got Van Hells on it, being able to generate because skeletons when they go to make a pile in an attack move, um, they get to regenerate their models on a four up. So being able to get that twice, you can just about nearly get the whole unit back again. Yeah. Um, and they they probably work better than the sixty zombies at blocking up objectives. Yeah. Um, yeah. J just naturally by themselves having the four up. And then if you get a necromancer in there as well, just doing it twice just means the whole unit's back again, which is. So you think, I think you might um, sort of start incorporating uh, like a unit of thirty and into your um, your current list structures. Yes, I, because yeah. I've been running the same list for quite often, which we can go along later on. Um, I want to try and stray away from my normal crutches, which is generally Belladama and Radicar. They are just an awesome power pair. Everyone seems to love them on the table. Uh, they do lots of cool things, um, and I've, I've loved playing with them, but I need to stay away from them. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're too much can, fun. <laughs> can you can you tell me can you can you tell me and our listeners what your what your flow is with uh, with those two and how, how do you approach them? What do you do with them? So those two. So you've got Radikar the Beast. Um, he is an amazing model. He's essentially 185 points because he brings on a unit of 10 dogs for a command point. Uh, I like to generally, if I got the chance, I'll use the um, heroic leadership on him and that'll give me the free CP and I'll just use that instantly at the end of the movement phase. You'll bring on 10 dogs, wholly within 12 of him, and they'll generally sit around Belladama who's sitting at the back of the board on an objective. So there, you've got 12 models just sitting on an objective defending it straight away. And um, he's quite a... A beat stick for 185 points, essentially. Um, he's got one profile, he's got six attacks, and six is to hit do two mortal wounds. So he's able to put out quite a few mortal wounds, um, and he's also got another profile that does D3 damage. Um, so he's got a lot of attacks and damage coming at you, plus he can run and charge. So he's like a little bully piece that can run up the board by himself. Yeah. And then he's got an awesome command ability, so when he charges, he gets to give out an aura, and it's wholly within 18, so it's quite a large aura of plus one to attacks. So that can go on your zombies again with your Vampire Lord, and you're getting more attacks on zombies. And then another cool sort of thing for him um, is it's not on summonable units. There's quite a few buffs that go to summonable units, but his buff is actually on just friendly soul black grave lords so you yeah, can yeah. if if need mm. be put it on a vampire lord and zombie dragon or Vordry or even nagash or something like that um so he's got some cool things and then belladama is just that little sweet piece on the side um her main thing that everyone takes her for is the um lichen curse spell mm -hmm. it, it shuts down shooting so what it allows you to do is you pick an enemy unit with an 18 um and you do D3 mortals to it for a spell. And for each mortal wound you do to that unit, you're bringing up a direwolf. Uh, so what that does is that shuts down the unit being able to redeploy or unleash hell because they're in combat. 
Um, yeah. It's also, if, if you don't want to use it on units that's shooting, you can actually also then retreat them in the movement phase and go threaten objectives or go harass another unit. Um, so the real utility piece. Um, and she's also got another really cool spell. I think it's a little bit underutilized. It's under the Killing Moon, which is a holy within 12 aura. And that means, uh, and it offers um, exploding sixes to hit. So yeah. when you roll a six, you just get two hits. Um, so that's really good on stuff like Grave Guard, um, or even because again, that's not a summonable unit. It can work on things like your Vampire Lord or Vordry on those big attacks caused them to explode, which is really nice. So good, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool! I can't wait to use them. I've got I've got Belladama on my hobby table at the moment, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm keen to get her into action. <laughs> And they're both really tanky heroes as well. Like Radikar's 12 wounds on a 4-up save, and he's minus 1 to hit in shooting combat. And then Belladama's 9 wounds on a 4-up save. And she's also allows you to pass off wounds to the direwolves. So mm. she's not dying either. It's just two really tanky, strong heroes that offer tons of utility to your army. And they yeah. both... All the vampires have got the hunger as well, so if they kill a mortal in the combat phase and they get to heal D3... As well which is mm-hmm. really nice because you you combine that with the ability to be able to use like your heroic action as well potentially in your hero phase to heal d3 if you need on another one so any of your models essentially like someone chips them down they may be only looking like they've got a few wounds left but they've killed something they're going to heal d3 and then in the hero phase they could heal another d3 um and then if it's like they go first again they can heal another d3 like they can just keep healing up so you've actually <laughs> yeah. got you kind of got to one shot them or they could just come right back um and they're all obviously bravery 10 as well so they've got a really good chance of healing the full d3 when you do do the hero phase heal on them so yeah um i think they're really good um obviously as well the vampires just in terms of going right back to the Soblight Gravelords like overarching battle traits, the Deathly Invocation is um, the start of your hero phase, you get to pick a number of Soblight um, summonable units holy within 12 of um, Soblight Gravelords heroes um, and basically based on the type of hero you get to, determines how many units you get to pick, so your vampires get to pick up to 3 units um, like Mortarks, so talking Manfred or Neferata um, actually is Vordra is not a Mortark, is he now? They didn't no. Make him a no, no, no. Um, but yeah, so your Mortarks can do up to four, but vampires do three, and most of your heroes are vampires. Um, and then your mm. death, death mages or death rattle, but to be honest, pretty much all your heroes are either going to be vampires or Mortarks. So, um, like Belladama's a vampire, Radikar's a vampire. Um, so each of those lets you pick up to three units and heal them D3 wounds, um, or bring models back. You can't like multi stack them, which in the old book, that was the strength of you. You could kind of be like, oh, well, this person's going to heal and the grave sites are going to heal. And you could just start adding like 15 models back into units from your invocations and all your grave sites, which you can't do anymore, which I think is good um, because that could feel like a kind of negative play experience. But they've kept the ability for units to grow, but in other ways. So, as you said before, Sam, like the skeletons have got the rule where once they've died, when they pile in attack, you roll like a, a dice for every model that's died that phase not a four up and comes back um and yep. the zombies as they kill models on two ups you get new zombies um and stuff like that so and you can still obviously use this invocation to um add a bit of healing and then they've all got the um the spell as well um 
that lets you heal D3 as well, um, that they all know within the lore. That's the Invigorating um, Aura. The Invigorating yeah. I've found I don't really cast it a whole lot because the the spells that I generally take in my because I run Verkos um, in my army I generally are casting better spells um, mm. and they all got a little utility for the ones and I, I, there's places I want to use them whereas Invigorating Aura it's it's three wounds so it's and it's on summonable units so it's not the best sort of spell and it's on an eight as well. Um, mm. You can obviously add to that for your Gravelord heroes, but yeah. I just found there's better spells to be casting. It might just be a throwaway spell at the end that you've just run out of stuff because Mystic Shield's so strong now. You want to get that off, and all their War Scroll spells are really good in this book. Mm. What um what spells do you normally put on your heroes? Like from the the Lore of Vampires and Lore of the Death Mages, what do you sort of go to? My go to straight away is, is Pinions on. Yeah. I run Vordry quite often, and I'll go pinions on him. Yeah. Um, pinions is super strong to get them moving 20 inches. Um, they have changed a few things with FAQs. Uh, Vile Transference is a little bit better now against Gargants, uh, which is they're quite prevalent in the meta at the moment. Um, yep. And it's you're rolling equal to their wounds characteristic, and you're doing half of that on six ups is a mortal wound now. It used to just be a wound. Um, hmm. so it's a few more wounds through for a spell. It's still not the best, um, but I do like Soul Pike, um, yeah. on Belladama because you don't want things charging her if you can help it. So if you've got an extra spell lying around where you can't use her War Scroll spells, I found that's quite good to get a bit more damage into that unit that wants to tag her and attack her. Um, yeah. the yeah. rest are a little bit meh on the vampire side. Whereas the um, Death Mage's side, nearly all those spells are strong. I just haven't really taken any Necromancers or yeah. um, Nagash or um, yeah. Manfred, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I haven't no, had much I, of a play around with them. Yeah, I agree. I think Vile Transference was the original spell was really rubbish. And I just, I don't yeah. think you'd ever, ever have seen it. And so it was actually nice to see an FAQ where they went, you know, we're just going to fully rewrite this spell because yeah, yeah. we realized it was pretty rubbish. And so, yeah, now, like, as you say, and given that Gargants are the number one army out there, like, you have to be in combat with them already. But as you say, like, you roll a number of dice equal to the wounds characteristic of the target. So you're on 35 dice. And then for every six, they're taking a mortal, but you also heal. So again, mm. like if you've got that vampire lord on zombie dragon or whatever that goes in, like their natural spell isn't necessarily that great. So if he goes in, survives a round, and then, or they charge you, you survive the first round, but you you take some punishment to a gargant, but you're not dead, and then you just kind of go, okay, well, bar transference, you should be doing on average six mortal wounds and healing six wounds, which is massive. Pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, from, from one spell to be like, yeah, cool, this should do six. And, I mean, we all know how good everyone's kind of Chessex generally custom dice seem to roll for sixes <laughs> these days. So it's probably going to be more like eight or nine mortal wounds and healing that much. So, mm. um, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, but agree, like, I think with the old book, the lore of the necromancers always seemed to be the stronger one and the vampires was never that great. Um, I don't think this book really changed that much they generally kept most of the spells and mechanics um pinions is the one that changed i think they've made it easier to cast though like only needing a five um and it adding a flat six 
Uh, so it used to add plus five, but if you cast it on a nine plus, obviously any of the spells in the law, you can resolve them twice. But they specifically say that pinions can only go on the caster and you can't benefit from it more than once. So even if you roll that nine plus, you, you're only ever getting it once, but it's mm, still plus yeah. six inch move. Mm. Like you say, your vampire lord on zombie dragon, Vordry, whoever is going like 20 inches. I mean, Nagash with that's really good because then Nagash is going 15 inches. Um, so yeah, opinions are good. Soul Pike, as you say, like sometimes the aura buffs, like people have got little support heroes that they're looking to, they, they want to charge them in so that they're like wholly within 12 auras in range for the other stuff. And they're planning on just charging like on the end of a chaff line or something where they're not going to take much damage back. But as you say, you, you've got Belladama or something with Spell Portal in the list potentially, and you, you extend that range, you put Soul Pike onto them, and then you're like, well, go on. And if you charge, yeah, if they get a decent charge every four ups and more win, they might just kill themselves on that little hero, or they don't charge, and then their buffs aren't in range. So I think it's a it's a good spell. It's not it's not as good, it's situational, but it's a nice kind of mm. one to have. Mm. Um being on a four up is good because I think it used to be on like sixes, maybe fives. It definitely wasn't fours. Um so I Yeah, think it was, it's it's gotten a little bit better, but yeah, it's the same yeah. the same principle in play. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, definitely that's the spell I that's the spell I've been putting on my vampire like one vampire gets pinions, the other vampire gets soul pike, pretty much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's kind of the way of it at the moment. <laughs> Right, what Jack, we'll... I do? Oh, there you are. Sorry, Sam. You go. There you go. What I was just to say is, just looking over all the spells as well, they're all quite low casting values. Um, they're all fives and sixes. There's one seven, um, but so they're really easy to get off. And if you're playing in Verkos as well, you're re-rolling your casting. So a lot of the spells in the laws, they're real handy and real techy to play with, and easy to get off. Yeah. Yeah, especially with Veikos, the we'll get to it. But I mean, yeah, Veikos <laughs> is the re-rollable casts. Um, all your vampires get re-rollable casts, so that's the one. I guess if you're trying to get magic off, generally it'll be in Veikos, or you just take the Gash because he's he's got all your all your spells, and he's obviously <laughs> yeah. casting a, a ton at plus three. So um, yeah, but um, all right, James. Well, while we're on the spell laws, do you want to just talk us through, say, the law of the Death Mages and this is pretty yeah, similar sure. to how it how it always was, and I know you've played with it a lot under the old book. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I still love yeah using the um, death mages spells like, but overwhelming dread uh, first cap off the rank. So casting value of five, so it gives you uh, you can pick one enemy unit within eighteen, um, and that's minus one to hit for that unit. So potentially, if you get it on a was a natural nine or more. Um, yep. You can get that off twice, so that's a you can double down on a unit or pick a couple of units. So um, I don't know, like a, from what I'm understanding, there's a lot of plus ones to hit in the game now that people have access to. So this is just kind of a nice little spell to kind of mitigate some of those plus ones to hit on that people are uh, putting on their their units. What do you guys think about that? Do you think it's worth taking? Do you think one, a plus one's really going to make much difference? Maybe if you get that plus two off. I think there's better spells in there because it's so easy to negate. You don't want to dedicate mm. one of these really good spells to just minus one to hit. Yeah. Because yeah. they're negating it for a CP and CP is plentiful at the moment. Or even yeah. a, just a normal ability some of them have for plus one to hit. Yeah. Cool. Then there's um, 
Fading Vigor, so another casting value of 6. Uh, so this one is a unit within 18. Um, subtract 1 from the attacks until uh, your next hero phase. So that's minus 1 attack from melee weapons to a minimum of 1. So you're effectively halving the, the attack output of a unit or mitigating that plus 1 attack they just got or, or whatever. Um, so I think that's a really good spell. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, like... I think most elite kind of troops or whatever these days are two attacks. Like mm. most models, even if they're not elite, like that, like it's kind of standard models like make two attacks each mm. these days. And so, as you say, minus one attack, it basically is an instant half output, which versus a minus one to hit is kind of a, a sixth. If you like look at it that way, like you, you reduce output by one sixth, or you can just go like, okay, well, I'm going to halve your output. So immediately between those two spells, you're like, okay, well, this one looks a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I yeah. think if you, it's, I think the whole thing with this is it's like, Death Mage is, for me, is very like, um, I've completely blanked on what the word is, but like it's like very visual, like yeah. of how lots of necromancers would be like sapping life energies out of stuff so it's like yeah. uh, you, one of them does something and you feel like oh a bit of an ache in your bones it's <laughs> all right but then someone else is sapping your strength with another one and yeah. and then they kind of all these things suddenly are on you and then before you know it you're like oh no i'm minus one to hit i'm minus one attack and then yeah like my bravery's gone to shot because that i'm surrounded by all these guys and it just like really they'd start dragging you down mm. by like stacking mm. all these negatives on you yeah and again like the great thing with um with these laws is that if you get that natural nine or higher it's a um it's a double down so what you got yeah. minus two, minus two attacks potentially um spread that or you know put it down on a, on a unit so um spectral grasp is the next one so this is a value of six uh, pick one terrain feature holly within 18 of the caster invisible um, until the next hero phase halve the move characteristic of enemy units that start a normal move within three inches of that terrain feature so a really cool uh kind of control spell i guess like to slow down your opponents and really mess up with uh getting with them getting to where they want to go um have, have you guys had much experience in play with this with this um with this spell I think this one's probably more very very situational because it's Hollywood within 18 and its terrain's quite large these days as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I wouldn't pick a caster to have this, but I would think about it when using the gash because he knows all the spells. And if you've got uh, the enemies wrapped around one terrain piece and you're in range, I think that's very strong just being able to situationally use it, but I wouldn't dedicate any like a dedicated to a specific caster i just think yeah, it's sure. way too situational yeah yeah cool yeah i um, completely agree i think you having nagash you've got access to it and i think the nagash build is probably a lot more like unless you're going to go to the lower body count but if you're going like nagash with zombies and stuff like that it's going to be much more of a kind of control style play i think with nagash and that spell like, it is really good like it as you say terrain generally is pretty big these days and it's everything within three as well mm. like halving yeah. move when you're already doing six inch piling shenanigans to take objectives and outnumber and then they're like oh i can only move half as far now this is really problematic yeah um, 
can throw a yeah, spell no, in the I, think, <laughs> I think it's a good spell but yeah agree i think the others are probably better for if you just like if you're only able to pick one or two spells from the law for like a couple of necromancers you're probably not picking that one but it, it is still a good spell um yeah so like yeah. Nagash, will, Nagash will use it i think yeah that it's the one problem where this law is so good but you run out of points very quickly to have like the death mage casters that you want yeah yeah but also again like and this is totally situational as well but you've you get the um the locus of shayish off that's two terrain pieces with it holy yeah. 18 as well so that's just yeah the, the potential for that situational um punt is uh pretty pretty sexy um yeah. i mean or you just pick the same terrain feature twice right and make them halve their movement twice and then suddenly yeah. they're a qu quarter move <laughs> like yeah <laughs> wow can you do that like, you, yeah i suppose like, you could yeah, yeah even say, stuff yeah. That, even stuff that moves 16 inches suddenly is moving four yeah because you carve yeah. it you're, you're having the moving you have the move characteristic yeah eight to four and then you're having it again to two yeah so because there's you, no you're any altering in there. that yeah mm. yeah yeah, it doesn't cool. say a unit can only be impacted once or anything like that. So yeah, if you get that off yeah. the locus, like it can be crippling. Yeah, and then like those those more crushes that think they're going to be funny flying at you, move, <laughs> moving across the table. You're like, well, sorry, you can move like all of four inches twice. Yeah, you're plus, <laughs> you're plus one to your charge and not doing, ain't doing nothing now, buddy. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, this is my favorite spell from the death law of the death mages um prison of grief so another casting value of six so um if successfully cast pick one enemy unit within 12 so it's a little bit short a little bit of a shorter range but until your next hero phase roll a dice each time that unit attempts to move so this is a move period not it's mm. just any any kind of move um and on a five up that unit cannot be moved in that phase so every phase, every time you want to do something that moves that model or that unit, I'll roll a dice on a five up. Sorry, can't move. So I think that's got awesome potential to really shut down movement. So, but the thing with this one is the same unit cannot be affected um, by this spell more than once per turn. So get that locus off. You've got two units that every time they want to try and do something on a five up, no, can't, can't move. Sorry. Yeah, I love it. and there's so much stuff these days with like a hero phase move or movement phase move then they want to charge then they want to pile in like you're like yeah. well sorry nah five up you're not doing each that. time yeah so it's, it is a five up but you're gonna how often do you pop fives up five ups They're, it's you're gonna pop them pretty pretty frequently i reckon it's one of those cool mechanics where i think i've heard a few people say now it's the five and six rolls that are super exciting it's when you get those rolls that go off on a two plus you roll a one and you're very down about your game this is one of those very exciting ones especially if you roll a natural nine and you've got two units in range you like you got two chances of that really cool exciting five up roll yeah 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 and like you say like it's one in three like it should happen so even you think just move charge pile in like Something's one of those one of those you yeah. should hmm. stop yeah so I have um, had some play with this spell, um, and yeah, it can be quite yeah disruptive to your um, opponent's plans if all goes well. <laughs> but mm. again, yeah. Uh, next one, Decrepify. Um, so this one's focusing down on a hero. So a casting value of six, and if successfully ca cast, pick one enemy hero within 18 of the caster. 
Um, until your next hero phase, subtract one from wound rolls made by that model and subtract one from damage of that model's melee weapons to a minimum of one. So another suppression, just weakening them. Yeah, and mm. I mean we're in we're in the age of hero armor, so yeah, I think that spell's amazing. Like, and you just you stack that failing vigor and overwhelming dread mm. onto a unit, <laughs> and it's that thing of like you go, okay, right, you're now minus one to hit, minus one to wound, minus one attack, and minus one damage. Yep, and potentially <laughs> doubled, potentially <laughs> yeah, yeah, doubled any, down. Any yeah. of those could all happen <laughs> up to two times. Like even like again, like more crushes and stuff like that. If one comes in. Mm blows up a screen or something and then you get the turn to cast spells at it then you just <laughs> like zap it with all this magic and you're like cool i don't really need to worry that much about it you could kind of like if you get all your spells off onto one then you could kind of go spend your turn ignoring it because it, those effects are going to last until your next hero phase so there's no point like going after it now you kind of just go okay well it's going to be however debuffed in their turn so now in my turn i'm just gonna try and kill the other stuff in their army and then let it come at me but all those debuffs are still going to be impacting it yeah mm. so and i mean like stuff their normal profile is what threes and threes and yes they can easily kind of give themselves plus one to hit but they generally can't give themselves plus one to wound so suddenly like if they're even just the the, the wounding and the minus one damage like you're getting rid of their war chanter buff immediately from the minus one damage like because they'll have war chanted then sent him off right so you you immediately basically remove 115 points worth of buff by getting that off and then you're making them wound on fours which means half of their attacks are gonna miss and yeah. it's just like i just think you can people will be like oh my more crush is gonna go in and do like 60 or 70 damage that <laughs> turn and then you're just like well actually I got lucky, and he's minus one to hit. He's minus two to wound, and minus two damage, and he's minus one attack on both profiles. And suddenly they go in and do like ten damage. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's and then zombies don't yeah. die, and then zombies are it's stuck. And then in zombies, with zombies like zombies just yeah. swarm over the top of it and destroy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and turn it into a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> one so, thing I've really noticed: I've not run the Death Mage heavy build. But when I've run at least one Necromancer in there, I want a spell that I want to cast over Van Hells when I've got the mm. opportunity. I don't yeah. want one of these weaker spells that's like, oh, I toss up between the two. I need to know that I definitely either I'm casting Van Hells or I'm casting one of the other spells that's super strong and it has purpose to it. Yeah. Um, and it has like a dedicated role for that spell because Van Hells is really strong and the Mortarks have good war scroll spells and then the gashes has all his own stuff so you need yeah. stuff that needs to be stronger than their war scroll spell at times yeah 100%. and decrepifies one of them yeah and yeah. um last spell on the list is soul harvest uh casting value of seven so this is the high casting value um each so if successfully cast each enemy unit within three inches of the caster suffers d3 mortal wounds in addition for each mortal wound inflicted by the spell and not negated you roll a dice and for each five up you can heal one wound allocated to the caster so super cool i like this spell it used to be on a six up you could heal uh, now it's a five up so the spell has gotten a bit better 
Um, again, it's one that remember used to get used a lot. You just put it through the the spell portal, and you could have that little um, area of D three mortal wounds through a spell portal. Um, or just say, I don't know if you've got Manfred in combat and he's surrounded by a few different units or whatever and you need some healing, or um, you, it's just a great way to just pulse out D3 Mortal Wounds to everything around you, So, and then with the opportunity to heal again, So, and then double down with the Locust if you've got it. So I mm. think it's a cool spell. Um, it probably doesn't get as much play. I don't know. Have you guys um, seen it much or um, heard, heard much play with it? It's very much in the Gash spell, I feel. Hmm. Yep. You don't want to pick this as your default spell from the law, but if Nagash gets the opportunity to cast it, it's really good for him. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think Nagash can just be really good for this army. Like, in that he his first turn can be like Mystic Shield, charge up as many arcane bolts as he can get off, like cast pinions on himself, charge up bolts, go in. You've got all those bolts to unleash, and then when you're in, you're then in range for all of the debuff spells and yeah. from this necromancer law, and then you just start going, cool, now I'm going to do that, and then you're like, oh, well, there's a gargant here, so now I'm going to use the 36, 35 dice, sixes, Nagash is going <laughs> to heal himself. Yep. Um, and, like, gargant bravery is really bad, and so if you've got, like, your zombies have piled in or you've got some dogs there, they're, like, minus... Two to their bravery, so the other, like Nagash's War Scroll spell, Soul Stealer is going to be going off D6 mortal mm. wounds, healing him another D6, and just he's, I think he he can use these laws. Like if you're going to see the Necromancer law, I think it is coming from Nagash. Mm. Um, but I, there's been a few people. Like, I know Darren Watson was playing around with a list that was like three or four Necromancers um because they can obviously shrug off wounds and they can actually be really hard to kill from those like seraphon armies that go d3 plus d3 plus d3 or whatever in the hero phase trying to snipe out heroes because the necros pass off wounds onto summonable units you actually generally can't kill them with like a couple of like two or three d3s in a turn and then they're there to do the spells and they are like cheaper if you take a bunch of them instead of investing in your things like Radicar for 300 plus points, a Zombie Dragon for 400 points, like Mortark. So oh, I do wonder if you could do a bit of a, a Necromancer kind of cabal and just mm. advance advance up behind walls of zombies and wait for stuff yeah. to get near and just start sapping it. Yeah, this makes me miss um, makes me miss Legion of Sacrament with um, Arkin. Arkin used to have that kind of, um, in Legion of Sacrament, that kind of style of play. Did a little cabal. <laughs> <laughs> but tra traitor that one now arkin's gone from us he's yes. left us yeah bitch, bitch got, he's, he's left the mortal realms he got shanked and kicked off the world. <laughs> oh man got totally oh slam dunked out oh. yeah but i'm this just talking about this and listening to gash is making me excited about getting a gash on the table again <laughs> yeah just want to go on down to gash town pretty much it's gonna be good just don't roll a double one because then all your dreams go uh, down yeah. the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> miscasting. Mm. That is oh. the hardest thing to hit in the cache, is definitely the miscast. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So that's the that's the Death Mage's spells. Um, we've touched on the other Lore of the Vampires. Nothing else we really want to mention in there, but um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, should we start digging into the, um, I guess, individual dynasties hmm. 
True. All right. Um, I mean, what's James? What's your favorite dynasty? From I guess reading the book. Obviously, you've not had a chance to play. You well, you've played a few games of this book in in AOS two, but I mean, yeah, from, yeah. from reading them, which which kind of dynasty do you like? Um, the one that stood out to me immediately was the Vikos dynasty. <laughs> yeah, more like like and for the the just because a whole lot of new cool rules. Also, um, they got heaps of love with um, new models as well. Lots of new heroes, characters, really flat, like a whole lot of flavor um, in the fluff as well. Um, and I've just always loved that wolf pack uh, kind of vibe that you get from vampires. So, um, you know, reading the about reading the vampire wars, you know, set in the old world. Um, a lot of the a lot of the vampires under you know uh, Vlad's control could actually you know shape shift into va- into wolves and stuff like that. So it was actually quite a core component of of the vampire lore in Warhammer. Um, and it was just really cool to see them tease that out um, in this book. And so that's what kind of just grabbed me straight away. Um, and just that kind of gritty, grimy, sort of grim kind of um, classic gothic horror um, vibe, which I just, yeah, instantly was attracted to in the book. So, yeah, Vikos, definitely my fave. Um, you know, the Cursed City uh release and all that sort of stuff like it was all tied in we had a had a lot of um had a lot of support behind it um, in the earlier <laughs> stages but yeah so that's who jumped out for me but yeah for all those sort of reasons like just that classic gothic horror wolf kind of vampiric vibe which yeah really um was really cool yeah <laughs> That's pretty much my rundown of why I chose Verkos too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the whole, the whole lot of it, Curse City, all those cool models because they're yeah. all Verkos, Kritchon and Nika, Belladama and Radikar, like that whole mm. menagerie of people. Yeah, um, yeah, is just amazing, and they all look incredible with their sculpts. There's tons of conversion ideas you can do with morphing wolves and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. and even the rules. They're very cool as well. There's a lot of tech in their rules. Mm. Um, and it's all the like whole flavor. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's all flavorful. It's, it, they've done really well with Vekos. Um, yeah. I think it's pulled a lot of people in. Um, there is a few stats running around of of the win rates of all the dynasties. And I think because Vekos pulls in a lot of people, it has lowered their win rate because it's such an exciting and cool-looking dynasty. I think that's everyone's main go-to is that one at the moment. Yeah. What are your thoughts on um, like the Lady Annika and the Kritzer characters? I haven't. I've got them both. I pre-ordered them straight away. Like I bought them straight away. They yeah, were, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and built them and stuff. They're on cool cav bases, which is nice yeah. because of their style. Because I have um, Scragots on the same sort of base. That layout for heroes is really cool. Um, it adds a lot more to their sculpt. Um, yeah, but at, for play-wise, aren't they? Yeah, like yeah. The Knight it's pretty cool as well. Like on that long base, yep. it's cool. Yeah. Um, play-wise, they're at a very awkward points value. Um, a lot of my lists contain uh, spell portal, or they have a corpse cart, which is their points level as well. Um, they offer a ton of utility. Like they got really cool rules. I just think they're just at that weird points level where. And their profile in terms of combat is just not enough for me to take them over other things. Yeah, yeah. It's more like 
you might see them more of like someone who's more into the like more of a fluff player, like yep. who just who just likes the models, want to ha- wants to have them in the list and just throw them around and have a bit of fun, like fun with it kind of thing. Yeah, they're really yeah. cool models. Like Kritzer, mm-hmm. when he dies, turns into like a little pile of rats on the ground, yeah. and then you roll a four up or a five up to see if he comes back again. Yeah, and then Anika's like, if you don't kill her, she's going to because she's like more of a mosquito sort of vibe. She'll suck all your blood and get back to full HP again. Yeah, like they're really cool models. Yeah, yeah, be cool to yeah, see. Yeah, they are. Um, I I did the same. I bought both. <laughs> I bought both. The, well, all of the new stuff like Radicar, Belladama, yep. Kritza, Annika. Mm, yep. Um, on like the first weekend of pre-order, I bought them all, and mm. they're really cool. Um, I think because obviously this book came out before iOS three, so from a competitive point of view as well, like when we were hearing kind of around the new command point system of, of getting them you get one for your general and they were all yep. <laughs> they're all generals in Vicos. So yeah. I was like I was like, oh my god, they're super cheap as What's well. This? Like, Five C P a turn. Yeah, no, so I got them all and I was like, I'm gonna have so yep. many CP and then they were like, you know, you get one and so then I was like, yeah. Oh well you yep. can still be cool models. <laughs> yeah. We all had the same sort of vibe behind them. We we're all like speculating. Oh, they'll get one C P for each general you got on the board. Yeah. yeah. And then dashed our dreams. I do think they could I still do think there's lists that could use them. Um, I don't think we've really seen them yet, but I think you could definitely do like an MSU zombies, like loads and loads of 20s um, of zombies, or even if it's just skeletons or, or whatever, just the, like the death rattle stuff with them, because like the Vehicos buffs are plus one to wound for melee for death rattle and dead walkers, hollow within nine of. Um, yeah. vampire heroes and they're vampire heroes like they're not wizards which is a bit of a shame but they would be too cheap if they were wizards mm. um and then name characters as well so they're, they're named but they they are really cheap and because of the battle trait of vampires letting you pick three units to like return models into um and then it's giving the deathless minions trait and like their combat profile's okay. They're like three or four attacks each that mm. are, what, threes and threes, rend one, damage D3. Like, they're enough yeah. that you could just take them off to the sides with, like, 20s of zombies. They're only 115 points. Take two or three squads with, like, Annika. Take two or three squads with Kritzer. And then they're there to just add a bit of, kind of, fighting power, but they're buffing and giving yeah. the plus one to wound or They're giving deathless <laughs> minions. Um... They're there to like issue commands because obviously zombies yeah. don't have unit champions. Like, I don't think you'd ever really need to issue a command to a zombie unit, but no. like you could do it on skeletons or grave guard. So I, I do wonder if like having them as just being able to pick three units from their vampire thing for yeah, certainly mm. Kritzer who's like ninety points, and then it can just be that annoying thing if someone kills him and then he's like okay well cool i'm over here now you know that objective <laughs> that objective yeah. that you, yep. that objective that you left because all my summon summonable stuff was on the board and i had nothing left in grave sides so you walked off it cool crits has uh just popped up over there now and taken that back yeah. like yeah 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 and like um, lady annika has got like a four up um ward save as well like, yeah they're really the cool <laughs> yeah yeah she's she's hard oh, to kill and so you if you don't kill her so she also heals. Yeah. yeah they've both got four yeah. up wards so like one of the things of like the the vampires have always been strong right their troops are supposed to be mm. rubbish but they're supported by heroes 
and so they're yeah. kind of their characters are relatively cheap for how good they are i think and so like again if you play any of the hero missions just having the few more heroes that are really annoying to deal with like four up <laughs> yeah. ward saves like you either one shot annika or you or you don't kill her um she could be really good and she's also <laughs> like such a small investment to put yeah. on a point and hold it um yeah. in, in those missions like i know they're limited missions um in terms of like the hero scoring but yeah i just think she's i still think they're cool like 110 points yeah like four attacks threes and threes run one d3 and yeah, yeah like four plus base no slashes. four yeah. up ward yeah. yeah for 110 for her and then yeah crits is like 90 points or something um so yeah 95 same again four attacks he's minus one to hit in melee um yeah. and then yeah if he dies you can bring him back anywhere on the battlefield um and yeah for me it's just that i, I need to see if they would work in like an msu kind of style where mm. yeah it's not loads but it's still each of them can just be like cool yeah they can have d3 back they can have d3 back they can have d3 back um mm. And I just, yeah, I just wonder how they'd go as like flanking yeah. kind of. It's definitely a, a place stuff. for them. Just um, someone mm. just needs to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as you can tell, we're very excited about these two two models. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all want to run them in the list. They're just so cool. But everyone yeah, run them. Everyone hard. do it. Yeah. Everyone do it. You know, <laughs> get back to us. Tell us how you went. <laughs> yeah. Um, should um, we um, should we look at the battle traits? before we get to, to go down too much of a rabbit hole with models. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, we're all, we're all talking about Veikos, so we don't we don't have to do the book in any particular order. Like, all three of us, I think our favourite is definitely mm -hmm. Veikos. It's the one that drew mm -hmm. us. And I, as you say, I think it, it the cool thing about it is it's, it draws you for multiple reasons. Like, it's, mm. it's narratively really cool. It's the one that the book, in terms of new models and lore, it... it built around um as as you've both said with curse city um and then obviously all the new heroes and stuff are really cool but then rules wise i think it's also really strong because belladama and radicar are so good and this is their legion like belladama gets plus one to cast naturally and then all vampire wizards in vehicles get to re-roll casting rolls mm. which is yeah. so good yeah like it's not unbinding or dispelling, but still, it's getting to rerolls. It's casting rolls, and now that like miscasts are a thing, not not really needing, strong. not needing to take that like master of magic trait on your general for the ability to reroll the dreaded double one. Like just, it's only vampires, which is again the shame that like if you chuck some necros in, they're not benefiting from the from the rerolls or anything like mm -hmm. that. But mm -hmm. just just Belladama and like Radikar's not a wizard, but just Belladama on her own, even if she's the only vampire wizard you take in Vehicles, two casts at plus one re-rollable is just really good for getting the spells off you want to get, and her spells are great. So I just don't... And because they all are Vehicles keyword, they don't... They can't get the keywords of any of the other legions either, so it's not like the other legions you could put them in and get those benefits. So I just think they're incredibly strong pieces and so you want to take them in vehicles yeah mm. absolutely yeah i can't imagine them in anywhere else i suppose like yeah <laughs> like i think you can put belladama in any list with the portal just because of how good lycan curse is 
in the meta mm. at shutting down yeah. Unleash Hell and all that stuff that Sam said before. Yeah, she, yeah. she can make it in. And <sighs> Radakar can go in again because his buffs are all Soul Blight for when he charges and the extra attacks and he still summons wolves and he's still good. But I just think, obviously, the Akos, they've got the keywords. So getting the, the, the re-rolls for Belladama for me is is where it's at really but yeah yeah and a plus one to wound it's really rare as yeah. well yeah. like yeah. plus and one it to doesn't wound. cost you anything no. no no you just get it yeah you just get it and for so your death like... for your death rattle and for your dead walkers holy within yeah. nine yeah. which generally you don't want to buff the vampire heroes the grave guard i think is it's on the grave guard is where that comes in because the the problem with the great white blades is like other than sounding like sharks is they like wound on fours so yeah getting that to threes without needing to do anything is just really nice yeah and then the exploding sixes yeah thanks <laughs> belladama <laughs> yeah and the nice thing around the exploding sixes is it's like it's the it doesn't work with the zombies because of the because the zombies when they hit on a six it does a mortal wound but if you explode on a six, like both of those are effects and you can't have now in AOS three, you can't have two effects trigger off one dice roll. So yeah. like zombies, you're probably always picking the more wounds. Like you don't want two hits that then wound on fives and <laughs> meh. Like you're always, you're always picking the more wounds, but it's those graveguard mm -hmm. because their mortals come off the wound roll. So you get the, and hits they're in addition as well. Sixes. Yeah. And you get the hits on sixes explode. And then on your wound rolls of sixes, you get those additional mortals. So, um, yeah, I think Vircos and Graveguard, like, I think I might try it. Like when I get Nami going, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get Kritza and I'm going to get Annika on the table and I'm going to try like MSU Graveguard and like, oh. yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to try it. We'll Here we go. Oh, I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. I'd love to see that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's it in terms of the the vehicles like battle traits. Um, I guess like do you want to take us through the the command traits? Maybe Sam, you take us through yep. the command traits. So first one we've got up is pack alpha. This is generally one of my favourite ones. Um, you get once per turn, and it's per turn, so you get it twice per battle round essentially of a free CP from your general. So it's, it's really strong. I like to put, it works really well on things like Vampire Lords, that command abilities that are constantly going off. Because um, the one main struggle in Verkos is majority of things are named heroes. So unless you're taking like a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon or on foot, a lot of the times you're not making use of a lot of these things. Um, so Pack Elf is really, really strong with just those free CP uses. Um, you got Do you uh, just, the second sorry, one. Just you just because you mentioned specifically the vampire lord like because his command ability you're using it so often do you want to just yep. explain explain the tech behind that and what the command so ability is and everything the vampire lord has the ability to give out plus one attacks wholly within 12 um but the way the command ability works is in the combat phase until your next hero phase so that allows you to put the command ability on them in your combat phase, your opponent's combat phase, and if they double you again. So you're giving plus three attacks all for free because you're using the free CP ability. So they're, mm. you're getting zombies on four attacks. <laughs> Which yeah. with, on box of 40 is 160 attacks. You're blowing up whatever hero you need to kill with those mortal wounds. Even things like Graveguard if you need them. 
there is a really strong on who you put it on um that's that's yeah, the like even just even way. just through a normal turn like even taking the double yeah. turn out of the equation like plus two attacks like you say your mm. grave guys they go from two attacks a model four attacks a model like Rad say radicar's there and he's charged in you're talking five attacks <laughs> five attacks a model and they're plus one to wound because you're in vehicles so they're like threes and threes like maybe belladama's there so their threes their sixes are exploding <laughs> to hit like you could give them all out attacks so they're now twos and threes sixes exploding sixes to wound are doing mortals in addition like this, and that's yeah. not hard to get off no, like that's not. a very easy combo to do because there's not a lot of abilities or spells going off um yeah that's this is a strong command trait uh, the second one you've got um, is driven by stench. You can reroll charge rolls for friendly Verkos density units, holy with the ninjas of the general. In Verkos, you're not playing with a whole lot of charging units. You are playing with a bit of zombies in the grave guard who get an automatic six inch charge, um, and you're within nine, so it makes it a bit harder as well. So unless they're within range for your plus one to wound, it is a bit of a small commandability bubble. Um, it's it's a bit funny to play with, I think, for the for that one there. What do you guys think about that one? Yeah, I just don't know. I'm just trying to think of it. It's a situation where you would want to be using that all the time. I guess it's like one of those things where you, you it's good to have that reroll charge um, on a vital in a vital point in the game, and just to have that up your sleeve. But I guess if you stand that up next to pack alpha, where you're getting so much utility and value out of that command trait, it's probably not going to get picked. Mm. Well, it, it, yeah. it automatically gets used by back alpha. It's automatically stronger because you're already getting the reroll. It just means you can't use it twice, obviously. Yeah. Because yeah. of the, uh, the limitations. But I, think the holy within, I think the holy within nine is hard as well. Like it's because also it kind of forces the order of your charges a little bit as well. Like you might, for example, like if, if your general, say, was a vampire lord or zombie dragon who you want him to be charging in so that he absorbs and unleash hell for example because you've mystic shielded him he's having his best day ever whatever he's got all the buffs to save so you're not worried about getting shot from an unleash hell mm. but you want him to charge in first yeah which means yeah. because it's hollow within nine if he charges in first he might then charge out of range of the other units that need to charge and mm. so then they can't re-roll their charges so mm. yeah and as you I, it, it's all right like but I just think compared to there's quite a few command traits here that are good as well. And it just mm. it's cool, but I don't I don't think this is one that you'll really it, see that often in Vehicos. Yeah. Depends on how you'd want to build. Like yeah, you have your hero and then you've got like your elite units just centered around him that you want to keep within nine. Send them in, like maybe <clears> like a, maybe a couple of units of blood knights or or something like that. Um that you just are easy to keep within that nine inch buff and you just keep them as like a He's like his bodyguard or something, and you just, yeah, you know, guaranteeing think, their charges and himself kind of thing. Mm, like. I think the way the the dynasty wants you to go as well, because you get so many buffs on death rattle and dead walkers, it wants you to go down the larger unit sizes as well, so it doesn't lean into like the blood knights are really good in in here as well, but it it more leans towards. Mm. like death rattle stuff so it makes it harder because they're such large units as well when you start using them to get holy with a nine it's real frustrating but i like your idea of having more elite or even heroes surrounding this one general to all charge off at once yeah maybe to help um radica the beast 
you know, if he fails that charge, you've got that second chance mm. to get him in there and get that um, buff aura off to with all the extra attacks and, and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Um, and then for just, our third... Yeah. Oh. Mm. I was just I was going to say, it just unlocks another option for you in your mm. plane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the third one, I think, is it's not the best. Um, it allows you to summon a free unit of diabolos, but it's only five. So it, it could be well for if you wanted to just give Belladama a bit of extra bodyguards with the diabolos. Um, but diabolos are super cheap, and you probably want to use other command traits rather than this one, to be honest. Hmm. Like it's it's very thematic for Vercos to be able to summon more direwolves. Yeah. Um, it's a small little harassing block of five, and that's really nice to have these extra units lying around. But when you've got uh, Lycan Curse going out and all these other ones that are summoning in, in more models, I think it sort of falls apart. Um, yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, yeah it's. It's funny, like, going through when I first looked at the book, I think that was probably the one that I was thinking I would take. Like, I was thinking that was the best one, because I was like, oh, five, five free wolves, like, knowing I've got Belladama in the list, and she can shrug off wounds onto the wolves, um, and just any kind of free summoning. It's like, you add on ten wounds to your army, you add some more bodies, you add, um, like, you save yourself points in needing to not buy wolves. Um, but then agree, actually, the more kind of I haven't played with the book yet, but the more like I've played against people and thought stuff through, written more lists and gone through stuff in my head, I just think there's a couple of other command traits that I am probably leaning more towards mm. than this one. Um, but I, d I don't think it's a bad option. Like it allows you, you take this and you take Radicar in the list, for example, with Belladama, and it allows you to not have to spend any points in your list on wolves. And you've got 30 wounds of wolves in the list as bodyguards yeah. or on objectives like it's still still really good like anytime you can get models for free yeah is good yeah and they're cavalry size bases as well so you, you it's a it's a nice little footprint there but like my first mm. thought with this with this one was <clears throat> you've got a hero you want to kind of just say you've got like a bloodseeker palanquin or a um coven throne um you you throw out your die walls then you've got like six models that can go and potentially cap that objective and you've just got a bit more kind of more models a few more bodies than what you would if you just had a single model on the on there um mm -hmm. yeah you know or just like a quick little throw them out and there's a bit of a screen that just another speed bump just to tie something up yeah so that's that was my thoughts with it but yeah yeah uh, we have a really strong one here as well it's sort of ties with pack alpha you got hunter's snare if mm. this general contests an objective, the number of models this general counts as is equal to their wounds characteristic. So yeah. really strong on a vampire oh, lord and zombie dragon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is actually I've got this um command trait on my on my general in my uh Vicos mm -hmm. list at the moment, yeah. And who's your general in your Vicos list generally? So uh, at, at the moment it's a Bloodseeker Palanquin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going down a different route there but yeah um yep. so yeah, i'm putting it on him because i want to use him with opinions to mm -hmm. get out there and just you know go out and um get on an objective and know that he's can sort of be there on his own and um hopefully have more models than what's on there <laughs> <laughs> but just gives you a bit that bit more utility if you want to jump across to an objective and you know you, you've got it yeah 
Yeah, it's really yeah, strong. Ken, I mean, even literally just from our game yesterday, Sam, like the power of just numbers on objectives mm-hmm. and for scoring battle tactics and stuff. Like you, like when you had Vordry as a monster, I'd not been able to get my monster onto the side objective. I only had a couple of models on, and obviously, like Vordry is just counting as five. But in that game, that was that was enough. But you're like, I'm just going to move him on and make yep. sure I don't go with I don't go within nine of you. Like I'm not actually trying to fight you, even though he's a beast. You're like, well. I don't like I'm just I'm retreating him because he's kind of stuck here but he can still go and be useful for me because of where you are you can't you can't kind of redeploy enough models onto the objective he can go sit there and count as five I can guarantee I get that and the ability to do that on like a vampire lord on zombie dragon and have a model that can be pretty tanky with its number of wounds and like easy access to a two up one up save whatever you want Mm -hmm. count as 14 I think is super good because so many times I think you'll play a game where it's like your opponent will have a monster, you'll have a monster, and like they're like, okay, well I'll go first and I'll score the point, and then your monster can't outscore me. Like actually, you just go cool. I'll just tow that objective. I count as fourteen. You count as five. Like, yeah, good luck. I think it's very strong coming into this meta with gargants as well because you're going to find it so hard to get bodies onto their objectives to steal it from them if you can get 14 bodies with a toe and then a few extra zombies and that you can then start threatening objectives from gargants and they have to be worried about it then whereas normally they would have no issue in the world of holding objective from any other army yeah that's a really interesting take actually like i was about to say the only problem I see with that trait is because Gargants are the most represented army mm-hmm. out there, and obviously they count as like 20 or most of the time 30. It's the problem that you have with that trait. But actually, as you say, if you only need to like, you don't need the whole pie plate of a zombie dragon on there. You take up a tiny, like a millimeter of that six inch bubble on the objective, and then you flood the rest of the space with what, like, 17 zombies, or, yeah. 17 zombies which are on small bases and actually yeah you outnumber a, a mega garden like yeah yeah that's actually yeah. Really probably good. the only time you can threaten them whereas normally they just they can just be like yep that's mine but now they've got something to worry about i feel it offers a bit of a challenge to them yeah especially good. if they're playing the like oh well, our game is get on the objective and survive most of the time they're also probably trying to sit back and just be like staying quite far away because it means that they can survive longer so if they just tow the back it lets you kind of run yeah so you've got a 20 squad of zombies you just run them on or you pop them up from a gravesite that you've positioned so that you can drop them down outside of redeploy range your vampire tows it and you're like sorry i've got i've got more than 30 <laughs> like this <laughs> is mine yes it's actually yeah so yeah i think it's yeah it's definitely got play and it'd be interesting to play around with it more and more i think it's one where I think you play it a few times and you see the impact it has on the table and that will make you go oh actually yeah this is this is really good mm, yeah um our next one is spore trackers at the start of your next hero phase friendly verkos dynasty dead walkers units holy within nine inches of this general can make a normal move of up to three inches um this actually works on dogs as well because they're classed as dead walker units so you got zombies and dogs mm-hmm. make an extra three inch move at the start yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many strong command traits there. Because yeah. you had a bit of play with you, how you wanted to run your spore trackers, didn't you, Chris? 
Yeah, I was going to say Spore Trackers is the one I I think I'm going for just because it gives you the zombies that extra bit of move or like Graveguard or anything like to be honest it's probably more important for the Graveguard or like skeletons because they can't run and charge so actually if you turn them into effectively movement seven instead of movement four um and knowing that they've got like the auto six inch charge for example on the graveguard suddenly like you've got a threat of 13. i don't think it works on graveguard because it's dead walkers oh it's dead walkers dead, That's death right. rattle. Death yeah so yeah. it doesn't work on them but for zombies, zombies like yeah. even zombies turn one like if you especially now it's again this book came out at the end of two where like the scenarios were most of the time either 18 apart or 24 apart if you're 18 apart for example and you put 20 40 whatever zombies on the line and then they move three in the hero phase so suddenly you're 15 apart and then you can guarantee they run ten, like six plus four for their move so they go 10 you're now five away and they've got a six inch pile so yeah. if you didn't if you didn't take this trait you couldn't do anything to your opponent in like an 18 apart scenario with zombies mm -hmm. but now you can um it doesn't help like obviously the game now has changed so that like the 24s have become 22s so that's still too far but like there are more and more scenarios where you're 18 apart or there's some with the diagonals now where you can be like 13 or 14 apart and i do think with zombies having that three inch hero phase move and then just that ability to like run pile in it's a 19 inch effective range which mm -hmm. just lets you have that threat like you put zombies on the line which you're going to do anyway because they're screens but then if your opponent goes okay we'll go first you're like cool <laughs> just going to pin you in turn one guarantee basically yeah um, you can also do that with redeploy a bit like mm. with the six inch pile if your opponent goes back but a lot of the time people put screens out and then turn one they've got other units behind so they actually can't redeploy the full distance back anyway so hmm. I, I still think it can work one thing i would like to possibly do it with is direwolves because direwolves you can with belladama's command ability give them six inch pile so they're moving 10 plus your three inches there so you've got 13 plus a run so they're going 19 inches before their six inch pile so they can threaten your 22 inch objectives uh, the the deployment range um and that gives you enough bodies to tag them down as well because so you've got 10 wounds there as well uh, 20 wounds there as well for dogs so that's another trick you can sort of do with movement shenanigans with this sort of command ability so uh, command trait that's sick <laughs> yeah no. real fast moving dogs uh the thing and I then was, our... i was gonna say the, the thing oh. i was ho hoping you could do but i was just i was just triple checking it then <laughs> but i don't think you can is potentially using it to retreat in the hero phase without retreating like if it let you move mm. three inches if you always basically said on a technical point whenever you piled in you were always piling in point not no 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 one millimeter away that way if you move three you're not you're not within three and so then mm -hmm. you would be able to then effectively get the retreat run and pile um yep but because that it says they can make normal a normal move, move yeah. and i was just checking like normal move like retreat and normal move are two different things now yeah in um in ages uh, in ios 3 so 
yeah annoyingly you can't you can't quite do that but um <laughs> but i yeah. still i still think good like movement wins you games so often and a lot of this stuff like zombies are slow and so just that extra three i mean for slow me with like quotation that, marks yeah, yeah but just the <laughs> honestly it's just that ability to put your screens out eight on an 18 apart scenario and your opponent knows if they say okay you go first that you can get to them whereas you can't yeah. you can't if you don't take that trait yeah. so and i love that it's it's that thing of like going any other list they could give it away and know that you couldn't you couldn't get to them like you could get to the objectives but you couldn't actually get to them and pin them in and this trait is like you know if you let me go first like i can i can get you <laughs> with zombies <laughs> and, and, and you're like not getting out of your deployment zone in your first turn like it just i just love the mind games that it causes yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and then our last one, um, this general can attempt to unbind one spell in the enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard. If this general is already a wizard, they can attempt to unbind one extra spell in the enemy hero phase. It's not super useful when majority of your heroes are already wizards. Or named characters. Yeah, yeah. 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 so they can't take yeah. it anyway. Yeah. yeah, I don't even usually even look at this one. Yeah. I think, I think I don't, if, if, maybe if that the was white cast... King, if it was yeah. they could cast an extra spell, I think yeah, that'd that would be better. a lot mm. of play. Um, yeah. But because you could get three cast necros, and then it yeah. starts yeah, that'd be like, like yeah. it start it would start looking tasty. But and you can already get this for free through one of the command uh, the um, start of the hero phase command things. Yeah, like it, well does, it does it does free that up, I guess, mm. like to give you an extra unbind without using up your heroic action but yeah i think there's at least three four pretty solid command traits in that list and this one is to be honest probably the bottom of the barrel yeah yeah mm. yeah i agree but yeah if if you yeah if you want an extra unbind then sure but i just think that the others are the others are much more interesting as well and different like you've got summons you've got counting as more bodies you've got hero phase movement like those three for me are the the ones that i'm kind of looking looking at so yeah, yeah. and what's nice about this book is you can pick any of them you're not designated one command trait yeah and that's that goes for the whole book any dynasty there's nothing designated right you can you can pick what you've you got want. 30 command traits <laughs> Which, yeah, I actually like, like in some of the more recent books, they've kind of trimmed that back. But I like that there's choice because I do think you can build, even just in Vehicles, I think you can build so many different lists. Yeah, mm. that's it. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, we've been going for a good hour and a bit. So should we take a break there and then we'll come back and talk through the artifacts? Awesome. Sounds good. We're back from the break, and now we're going to talk about uh, Vicos Artifacts of Power, Trophies of the Hunt. So, first cab off the rank, we've got Olfen Carnian Phylactery. So, this is friendly 
Soulblight Gravelords units are affected by the Deathless Minions battle trait while they are wholly within 18 of the bearer instead of 12. Um, I've actually, I've used this in my games um, and I found it it didn't really matter because the grave sites were so like efficient in like having their wholly within 12s and your heroes. Like I found I just wasn't really needing the 18 inch bubble for, for a hero. Um, so I, I kind of, I wouldn't go back to that myself. Maybe if I had a neck, had it on a necromancer, which is kind of what I had. I had it on a necro, but, um, to try and get a bigger spread for like a unit of zombies, like a bigger unit of zombies or something. But I found I just kind of wasn't really needing it. So what are, what are your guys thoughts on this one? I actually had the same thing. I used to run it. Um, but majority of the time, unless you, like you see, running the Necro, all the buff ranges are 12 inches. So you're already keeping them wholly within 12. So you're already going to get it that way. Hmm. Um, and only the Necro, because of his spell, are you putting things out towards 18 inches. Um, so a lot of the time it's useless. I thought yeah. it'd be really handy, but it's not. It looks really good on paper. I was like, oh yeah, who wouldn't want an 18 inch, um, Deathless Minion aura? Like, but yeah, it's kind of, yeah, you just don't really need it. <laughs> no. It's a bit of a, people that struggle with Holy Withins for the 12 inches might find it's easier for them. Um, but other than that, yeah, it doesn't work mm. the best. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, any comment on that one, Chris, or just moving on? Yeah. Nah, the same really. So cool. No worries. Uh, next one is Cloak of the Night Prowler. So the bearer can pile in an extra three inches when they make a pile-in move. I haven't actually used this one, but um, have you guys had any experience with this one? Any thoughts? It doesn't give you the good six-inch pile. Mm -hmm. um, it just gives you, like, you still have to be within three to make a pile-in, but then when you can, you can pile in six. So, like, there'll be times when that's useful, but if it was it let you pile in from six inches, then I think it would be amazing because then like you'd never be in the situation where you've actually really like got to make charges or whatever with your, your big hero. You can play them the same way as you're playing your zombies and stuff where you're, you're running up, sitting six and six away or 3.1 away and then just piling in, like getting around all the deepkin stuff of them fighting first or anything else that fights first. Like you just get around it with, a big hero as well but because you have to be within three it's just it's not quite as good like there'll be those odd few times where you're like oh if i could have piled in two more inches i'd have been able to get onto this objective or whatever but i couldn't but i think just as a general artifact i, I like you kind of have to always think in the game you've got amulet of destiny and you've got like arcane tome just vying <laughs> for any you've got those two vying for any slot and if it, if it was a pile in from six, I think I'd consider it. But because it's just an extra mm -hmm. three on a normal pile, for me, it's not really viable. Yeah, I have the same can? thoughts. Same thoughts there. Um, if the meta changed, because a lot of the time we thought there's going to be a pile in wars and things were going to struggle to pile in. But what happened is things made you not pile in at all. So you're not getting that benefit. We thought it might be a reduced range of maybe one inch or you can't make any inch movements. Um, but that just kills that straight away because it's all no piling is allowed. Um, and if it was the six, the good six inch pile, it would be amazing. Uh, it would get around a lot of the meta things at the moment, especially with like corn demon princes um, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think it's useless. 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, I th- the only thought I would have is just if you do want to get that extra three inches and maybe reposition in in the second round of combat or something, you want to jump over a line to get a better better position or something like that. But yeah, as you said, yeah, plenty more options out there. Yeah. Um, and next one. I is mean, the... how how big Oops. is a? Sorry, how big is like um a uh what they're called. The crazy, uh, weird-looking dudes. Vangorian lords. I think they're on the Vangorian. The Vangorian lords. Like, does that let you? Because obviously, it gives you it gives you a six-inch pile. Like, mm. but from obviously, if you're in, but with the size of their base, a normal three-inch pile, I don't think would let you like go over a screen. Whereas if you've got a six-inch pile on a small, like a bit of a smaller base, like it's still probably not mm. going to help you out with a big zombie dragon base. But something like a Vangorian lord. That six yeah, I think pile might might actually let you charge into a screen, and then if they've mm. left space, go like with your piling move, go over the screen. Yeah, because yeah. I think a lot of things you want to take it on. You, your small heroes, you never want to take it anyway, so it's not giving you that pile over the screen ability because they're never getting in combat. And I think the Vengorian Lords on that larger base where he's going to struggle anyway to get over. Because he's on an 80. I'm terrible at converting inches to millimeters. That's, he's on an 80 mil base. That's, yeah, so that's just over three inches. Which is why I was like, yeah. that might help because a normal parley couldn't. But if you can pile in six with that size base, mm. it just makes your opponent maybe have to think like they can't leave a gap. Because if they do, you can literally pile over mm. um, a, a screen with that size base. But I don't know yeah. if the Vengorian Lord is enough of a combat threat to... No. worry too much about that especially if you've used your artifact slot to give him the pile <laughs> trick so i don't know yeah. yeah cool um okay next one is the sang siron that's how you pronounce it or sang siron uh this is a, a sword so a magical sword so uh, you pick one of the bearer's melee weapons if the bearer made a charge move in the same turn add d3 to the attack's characteristic of that weapon until the end of that turn so it's just a, a neat little um, extra D3 attacks on your on, on your main weapon, on your Vampire Lord or whatever whoever else you've um, decided to put it on. But I've actually, I think it's just a, it's a real flavor, it's a real flavor artifact. Like I've put it, I've actually in my list, I've put it on my, um, I think it's on my Vampire Lord or my Bloodseeker Palanquin and then pair that with the, um, the Flaming Weapon spell. Yeah. Um, it just says like a cool little boost for just a bit of flavor on a, on a, on a character. Um, that's kind of, that's the time I'd taken. I've, I've put it in my list though, which we'll go into a bit later, but yeah. What are your guys thoughts on this one? I have never used it. Haven't really looked at it at all. It's not been something that's caught my eye. There's a lot more better things out there than this sort of artifact, but it's very flavorful and very cool sort of aspect to it there. Yeah, I, I think it Maybe could have some play. Like you mm. put it on a, a like Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon's Lance. If that if he's got flaming weapon, getting D three extra attacks. Like if you pop the big three, even two extra attacks on that. Like he goes up to like what six attacks that will be yeah probably quite easily twos and threes. Ren two damage four. But if you've got flaming weapon off, like mm. getting extra yeah. attacks on that's pretty tasty. Basically, um, yeah. exploding sixes as well to hit. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other thing you can do, actually, going back to the Vangorian Lord, is because that's not none of its attacks are a mount because the whole thing is the weird monster. Mm-hmm. It's got a profile that's three attacks that 
a d6 damage so if you pick that profile yeah. you could get three mm. extra d6 damage attacks the only problem with that is i think those ones hit on fours and they're only rend one so it's the rend one i think is what hurts it but like being able to get d3 extra attacks that are all d6 damage attacks is not terrible yeah. a little buffer that hero you want to be a bit more choppier yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to the next one, we've got Vilna's Fang. So this one is uh, once per battle in your charge phase, you can say that the bearer will be imbued with Vilna's stealth. If you do so until the end of that phase, add one to charge rolls for the bearer and for each other friendly Vikos Dynasty vampire hero on the battlefield. So it's just a, a plus one to charge for all your vampire heroes once per battle in your charge phase. It's not, um, doesn't scream out awesome to me. It could nah. get a big charge off because it, it, I think it stacks on top of it. So if you get plus one for each hero you have on the battlefield. So you could add what four or five to that one charging hero. But again, oh, yeah, for each other friendly vampire. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. So, you, right, it, so you could have a cool charge roll, but it's once per battle. Which yeah. is the issue. Like you've got command traits that give you reroll charges. You've got a command ability for a reroll charge. I don't think it's really useful. Yeah. And you yeah, can't I think I totally I think I totally like misunderstood that. I was like reading it as it gives all your vampire lords plus. If it one did, to charge. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, that's okay, yeah. That's And it's not giving you a cool charge of being outside twelve. You've still got to be inside twelve to charge, so mm, yep. Mm. I think knowing how prevalent like the corn demon prince and stuff is though in um like in any kind of legion of the first prince list or whatever how prevalent that is in terms of half charges that one turn where like i need i need to get into him being able to be like okay well i've got five vamps on the table so i can get plus five to this charge actually mm. might help yeah yeah because especially as don't you do like if you roll a 10 isn't your charge 10, which gets half to five, and then you add your modifiers? Yeah, I believe that's how so it works. So, like, yeah, so then actually, it's not like you get a 15, which then halves to seven, seven or eight. Half, yeah. You get a five, which you add five to, so you still get like a 10 inch charge. Mm, so, okay. Mm. Yeah, bit of utility it, there. It could, be, it could be useful, but yeah, it, again, it's situational. It's a once per game on one dude, and <clears throat> yeah. 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 Uh, next one is the Terminus Clock. So this is once per battle at the start of the enemy hero phase, you can say that the barrel will stop the Terminus Clock. If you do so, until the end of that phase, subtract one from casting rolls for enemy wizards. Another once per battle artifact that's a little bit useless. Yeah. How much impact would an actual minus one from casting rolls for enemy wizards for? From you know, where's it? Where's it from? It's from the start of the enemy hero phase. So it's just the end I of that phase as been, well. It's one phase. Yep. It was. Um, I think it was one was fact. Oh no, no, it wasn't. It actually says it already in the in the end there already. It's a bit mm. of a meh sort of artifact, I think. Mm. And it's once per battle. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that one turn. If you don't want them to get some spells off, if they've not got bonuses to cast and you've not got bonuses to unbind, it basically just means that if you both roll the same, then you'll unbind it, because obviously they'll be minus one, so you'll actually beat them, so 
I think it makes it like a 55% chance that you unbind it versus them having like a 45%. Whereas normally it'd be the other way around. Because obviously every time they, if you roll equal, then they would cast it and you wouldn't unbind it. So I think it just, it's like a 10% swing, I think, if they haven't got bonuses, mm -hmm. which a 10% swing once per game, meh. Yeah. It could like, you know, conceivably could stack with your, um, your, if you've got a corpse cart with a Balfire Brazier and they're in, that's in range, mm -hmm. could stack with that. But yeah, again, yeah. There's better. There's other things out there you'd probably want to be taking that will be more, like, just be a better option for you. Like overall, it's going to give you more in your game. Yeah, yeah. I'd still always rather a Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon had a five up after save, personally. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, last one is the standard of the Olfen Watch. So this is another once per battle. Uh, at the start of your hero phase, you can say that the bearer, or it's the start of the hero phase, you can say that the bearer will raise the standard of the Olfen Watch. If you do so until the end of that turn, each time your opponent spends a command point on roll a dice on a five up, you receive one extra command point. I've taken this one, but I I didn't f find it really mattered, but that was also under last edition. So it's probably a completely different ball game now in third. I've run something similar in Skaven, and that's a command trait that lasts the whole game. This is once per battle, and it's mm. only for a turn, so you you might get one extra CP, one or two extra CPs. Yeah, it feels yeah, it's just that couple extras or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't like it doesn't take their CP. It doesn't stop their command abilities. Mm. It doesn't. It's just like they're still getting to do what they want to do and you have a one in three chance that you might get a cp that you might not even really have anything you can do with like yeah it's just a bit meh these are all a bit meh to be honest there's yeah. nothing like yeah. there's nothing stand out and so i think yeah like if your standard build is just okay well you've got arcane tome or amulet of destiny and then maybe if you had some crazy build with six heroes and a double warlord and you can have three artifacts then maybe you pick one of these but they yeah they seem to struggle with once per battle artifacts if it done something really cool and really impactful and then they happen on a six or something like that that'd be nice to take just for those casino moments but they're all so meh and uninteractive and don't offer a whole lot yeah i think the whole this, overall game i think the trouble is with any of those once per battles is like you say, you want it to be impactful because it's only once per battle, so you want it to be big. Mm. But then if it's on a six, it's still five games out of six. So to be honest, at a tournament, yeah, you're, yeah, you're more than likely not. It's never, it's not happening. Mm. You'll roll a does, one. If it does, it happens in one of your games. And it's like, <laughs> that's not really worth it. Across it's not fun, is it? It's kind of like... <laughs> across 25 battle rounds... You get it once, maybe, and it's like, oh, it can it is it really that impactful overall? Like they need to be good, and they honestly need to be on like a four plus, I think, like a fifty fifty. Like it's using your artifact slot. If you think one artifact in the game is always having a five up after save, like yeah. you, it, those ones per battles need to be good, and they need to be on more than just on a six. Like, they actually, to be worth it, to be honest, like, they'd be much better. Most of these artifacts aren't even that crazy. All of these could be, like, once per turn. 
like yeah. the hero phase thing just being like enemies are minus one to cast. That's an artifact. Like, yeah. yeah. That's not broken. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm like, still there are... Still doesn't care. <laughs> Gargants don't care because they're not casting spells. Like the stuff at the top doesn't care. Like, so why can't no. it just be take an artifact, make it all enemies minus one to cast? Yeah. And yeah. there are armies with these artifacts that last the whole game with very yeah. similar rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but I think in a couple of my lists where I've maybe taken a Warlord or something, I've gone. I have gone um, for the Sang Siren, maybe just to be like, oh, I'm going to have a bit of a combat threat. I'll just go D3 extra yeah. attacks when I charge on a Vangorian Lord or on a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. But yeah, I actually have a bit of an idea to like for the Terminus clock to like, you know, he can get those little miniature like grandfather clocks like from oh, like, yep. D&D &D or like dollhouses or something. Just get like an old <laughs> like miniature grandfather clock and mount it on your um like on your coven throne or like on one of you, like something like that or put on the back of of something like you know a chariot of some of some sort and just have just if, like this guy's carting around a, a grandfather clock <laughs> if you wanted to do a ton of conversion ideas or just things to add to bases like you've got with Ulf, the standard of often kind you've got a big flag you can put up yeah, or a clock yeah. Or just all these different things you can add to your bases if you wanted to go down that route for the hobby sort of side of it. Yeah, yeah. You can just make one anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so that's that's Vehicos. So we we all, we all we gushed about Vehicos, but it's more not for the artifacts. It's more for the the command traits and the battle traits, and yep. obviously the war scrolls and the combos um, we can get with um, with our heroes. So. Um, did you guys want to talk about lists that you had written for for Vicos? Yeah, I can go over my list that I took to Toowoomba Open, if you like. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so this is the one I took to Toowoomba Open. I got 4-1. ended up playing in the final against the legendary Dave Kerr, who's done me over a few times now. I think both <laughs> Chris and I are his... He's our arch nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> um... But uh, my list was, um, so I've Verkos based, obviously. Uh, Grand Strategy was Prize Sorcery as well. Uh, yep. And my Triumph, like everyone else, was inspired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my General was the Vampire Lord on foot. Uh, he had the Pack Alpha, which we discussed how that works. Um, he did have the Ulfenkind Phylactery, um, but I've now taken that off because I did, over the whole tournament, very rarely get use of that. Um and yep. his spell law was Ghost Mist, uh, just to shut down a bit of shooting. Yep. Uh, and then I had the, the lovely duo of Belladama and Radicar, and Belladama had Soul Pike. So that was mortal wounds for charges. Uh, I had Gorslay of the Gravekeeper, uh, just to bring back and recycle guaranteed units, rather than having to roll the five up or the five up with a few extra points added on. Um, and then I had Prince Vordry with the pinions. Um, and then for battle line, I had two 20s of zombies and a block of 40 zombies. And then I had a pack of 10 direwolves. I had Umbral Spell Portal. Uh, I had the uh, cogs as well, because at the tournament, cogs hadn't been changed, I believe. Um, and I also had 
the corpse card as well with the Bellfire Brazier, I think it was, for the plus one to cast, wholly within 12. Because um, I went more spell heavy um, because of cogs and the ability to get all the extra spells out of them before they were um, adjusted to be in line with what they should be. Yeah. And that was pretty much my Verkos list there. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, like I know we touched on a bit earlier as well, like um, with what your flow was with uh, with Belladama and um, and uh, Radica. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, how, how did you how did you how do you sort of employ your your list in general? Like, what's your kind of what's your method with uh, the, the different pretty, units? Uh, so it's changed a little bit because things don't work the way they used to with Cogs being out of the list now. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but the way I ran Belladama was I sat at the back of the board and used the free CP and Radicar most of the time, used his ability to get the dogs up, and then ran him forward as just a bully piece with a nice big aura for him for the plus one attacks. So he didn't offer it all, pretty much a, a good size of the board when he's in the middle of the board there. And I would try and also run him with Vordry because Vordry has got a really nice command ability that lets you fight in the hero phase with another, uh, another hero. Yeah. So I'd try and run them two as a bit of a duo, and getting us some extra attacks to get things out of combat so I could move them later on. And then I just sort of blocked up the whole board with zombies. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it was cool. very yeah. much a swamp list. Very thematic. And just recycling. Yeah, it just recycled yeah. everything everywhere and people didn't know how to get out of it all because you just got like three units of 10 zombies running around and some dogs and just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> units everywhere. Just dead walkers everywhere. Love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's sick, and it got you four and one at Toowoomba Open, so that's um, and yeah. very, very close, um, almost five and O. Oh. The uh, the zombies done me in. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a long game, um, and then your brain just sort of fizzles at the end, and you forget about rules your opponent has, and then you block yourself off with your own zombies because you can't charge them. Yeah, nah. <laughs> you live and learn. I was happy with my result. Yeah. So that was the nah, main man. Thing. Killed it, man. Awesome. Um, Chris, did you want to talk about your VCOS list? Oh, I don't probably don't need to go through the whole thing. It's it's pretty similar to Sam's, to be honest. Um, I basically just swap out Vordry um, for uh, Manfred and tweak it a little bit. Like I've got a few less zombies um, to fit in kind of the Necromancer. So I've got Belladama, Radikar, Gorslav, Vampire Lord, Necromancer and Manfred. So the full six heroes. So it's quite a lot on mm. on heroes, um, and then I've got two times twenty zombies, and then a twenty of skeletons and a twenty of graveguard, just so that I got a bit of punch, um, and then the skeletons for kind of a bit more resilience. Um, but then I think just because I've got got Gorslav, it gives you the guarantee to bring units back when you need to. Um, the necro is obviously there for the double pile in, um, and another kind of spell from the death mages which i think is really good having manfred obviously means that i can select spell from the death mages as well if i want instead of um law of vampires um and then the vampire lord i've got as well for the attacks so it's just all the attack bonuses really so like double pile in combined with vampire lord command ability for the extra attacks radicar when he charges for the extra attacks and then manfred as well like he's really good in terms of buffing all the summonable stuff like he if he kills a model with um geist four actually yeah like he he kills a model with geist four you get plus one to attacks for melee weapons used by 
um, summonable units holier than 12 of him. So you can like do tricks with him as well. You just go in, kill something crappy and get another attack to all your units holier than 12 of him and he's on a decent sized base. Um, and then as well, he's got the Vigor of Undeath as a command ability, which is plus one to hit and wound for all Soul Blight holier than 12 of him as well. So it makes your Graveguard really good. Um, just like him on his own, if he just goes in just Manfred's buffs, you've got plus one to hit, wound and attack if he kills something, which because he's benefiting from his own plus one to hit and wound as well, like his Geist 4 is on twos and twos, Sickle Glaive's on twos and twos. Um, so it's, I think he's really good and he gives you like movement shenanigans with his kind of get out of combat teleport, which can be so good. Like if people are trying to do monstrous takeover or something and they're on the edge of an objective and they just don't think about it and Manfred's sitting behind a screen or something but you're like oh just making sure he's within three and then they charge a screen and you're like cool I'm just gonna pop out of combat now and uh, just park myself over on that objective that you were on because now you don't score monstrous takeover or you just park <laughs> him on the edge of any other objective when your opponent wasn't thinking about it and he's five bodies because he's a monster um so he's I just think he's really good um to be honest, and his spell's not bad, like D3 Mortal Wounds, and every other unit within six on a three plus does D3 Mortal Wounds, so that's pretty big, like a 12-inch kind of effective bubble. Although, I mean, if a unit's strung out, it's potentially way bigger than 12 inches as well, but like every enemy unit within six of that unit, and on the three plus is the extra mortals, is really good, I think. He's a vamp, so he's going to heal whenever he kills stuff, like... I just think he's really good. Um, oh, and he's super survivable because he ignores the first wound or mortal <laughs> yeah. wound every yeah. single phase. Like, not rules. turn, like, every phase. It's mm, crazy. Yeah. And he's a two-caster, two unbinds, 16-inch move, like, yeah. three-plus save now. I think he's so good for his points, to be honest. So, um, yeah, and he just buffs all the summonable stuff so well. Yeah. So I think yeah, he's, need, I think he's a great fit for Vircos. I need to get my hands on a Manfred. He's the only Mortark I haven't painted. <laughs> <laughs> he does take a bit to get used to using him with his movement shenanigans and stuff like that because you will find you've pulled yourself out of buff ranges very easily. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I just cool. like that he could be somewhere completely yet, like in a different spot on the battlefield though, and charges it, and you. On your turn, you can use him wherever he is and just go charge a unit. You don't care about fighting. You just charge it so that you can teleport him to the other side of the battlefield behind your units to give yourself a buff and just turn the tide of a combat that your opponent didn't think about. Like, Yeah, like a, just, a raving, raving buff buff piece. Yeah. 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 And also, like, the trick with... Often people might zone you out from, like... Because obviously when he teleports, he has to teleport nine away. But so people might be able to like zone you off an objective in terms of like nine out. They're like, oh, okay, well I'm here, so you can't you can't get onto this nut if you're <laughs> nine away. But then you you can charge, like you can charge a unit and then teleport, and because you've charged, you can still pile in. So sometimes they like if they don't literally zone you nine, if they're like, okay, well you can drop seven away, but the objective's six, so you can't get it. And then you're like, oh yeah, I'll just pile onto it. And you get like it's yeah he's just cool but as i right, said yeah. I, th I think you've yeah you've got to get used to playing him um to get the most out of his movement tricks and they're obviously if you're bad with him your opponent can just charge other stuff and pile into him because then he can't like 
against zombies, for example. Like if they don't, <laughs> like if you're playing in a mirror, they all just sit 3.1 away from him. And he's like, uh, uh, <laughs> I need to teleport, uh, <laughs> but he can't. <laughs> so uh, you you got to be careful. Like there's a lot more six inch pile and stuff like that in the game as well. But I think he's great. Like I, I do genuinely think he's really, really well pointed for what he can do. So yeah, cool. Well, you guys want to hear about my, um, my narrative, uh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my narrative inspired, um, so this is the Vendrak dynasty, which of course I'm taking the uh, Vikos dynasty rules. Um, so my grand strategy I've put in as uh, hold the line, uh, triumph inspired. But the list is, so I've got Belladama with, um, I've given her the Aram, oh no, this is an older list. Anyway, this list I've given her the Amaranthine Orb. I'd probably change that. Um, Bloodseeker Palanquin is the general um, with the Hunter's Snare, uh, with the Amulet of Destiny and Soul Pike. I've got uh, Gorslav the Gravekeeper, Necromancer with Prison of Grief, and the Vampire Lord I've given the Sang Siren um, artifact, so that's the sword with the flaming weapon spell. Uh, battle lines, 40 zombies, uh, 10 skeletons, 10 direwolves. Um, so, and then I've got um, 5 blood knights, 2 units of 3 fell bats, 20 graveguard, and a corpse cart with a balefire brazier. And uh, a so my... in a pear tree. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, I started writing this list or this army before we even got the Soulbite Grave Lords book, so I've kind of <laughs> I like adapted it and uh, to to the book. But um, yeah, no, I think I just wanted to give I just want to give the Bloodseeker Palanquin a run and just see how it goes because he's got some cool abilities, like whether he's like the most efficient um, choice or not. Um, but he's got um. He's got the Bloodletting Blade, so he's got four attacks, threes and threes, minus one D3 damage, so he's standing kind of vampire profile there. Um, also got the spirit, the Spectral Claws and Blades, <clears throat> so he gets 12 attacks, and it's fives to hit. It's the Spirit Host attack, so it's sixes mortal wounds. Um, so that can spike nicely as well. Um, he's a wizard, and so he can... Oh, he has an ability called the Fine Vintage. So if an enemy hero is slain within nine of the model, he can add one to attacks characteristics of melee weapons used by friendly vampire units, wholly within 12 of this model until your next hero phase. So um, you can, like, the, the my thought was to pair him up with the uh, with the Blood Knights as kind of like his entourage. Uh, so you can use his spell called Blood Siphon. So this is casting value of six. So if uh, you pick one enemy hero within 12, that is visible, and roll a dice on a 1 or 2, he's 1 mortal wound on a 3 to 4 D3 mortal wounds and a 5 to 6 D6 mortal wounds. So just a bit of a, a hero targeter. Um, yeah, so I just want to kind of give him a run and see how he goes. But I gave him the Hunter's Snare, which is... Uh, that's the one where his model... Like, so his wounds um, count as... Um, is equal to the number of his wounds characteristic is how many models he counts for. So he's got 12 wounds. Yep. There are a few things I wanted to point out just before we go to the next one. With in regards to Verkos mainly because it's got a lot more summons. Um, but I was speaking to Chris about this before as well. Everything that you summon on the board, be it direwolves or skeletons or uh, zombies, be them through spells or just recycling units they are still count as your battle line units so some of um, mission plans 
when you are holding objectives, if you have a battle line unit on there, you take preference. Um, so they'll still all count because a lot of people have got the holdover from AOS 2 that summon units along the battle line. Um, but they are still classed as battle line because that's mm. nowhere in the core rules for AOS 3. Yep. Uh, and then another thing with that, um, anything you summon on or recycle cannot be used for Savage Spearhead because they're not part of your initial army setup. So a lot of people will forget and they'll go and run their few diables or zombies they've recycled through a grave site um, and try and run them for Savage Spearhead, but they won't work. Um, just to preface for other things and other parts of the books as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nice. I mean, yeah, the, the uh, battlefield role thing was definitely a big one because, as you say, like I just assumed that that's that's <laughs> the rule because that's that was a thing. But yeah, as far as I know, it's not in the rules or the GHB or any like the FAQs or designer commentary or anything. So. Yeah, as far as I know now, that stuff still like comes in. Any summons or stuff that comes back, it has the battlefield role. So um, yeah. it makes. I was saying to Sam, like, I don't know why you wouldn't just always go hold the line in these lists because of the grave yeah. sites and the fact that at the end of every battle shock phase, you're rolling a dice, and on a five plus or better, if units have been destroyed, like you're getting a unit back. And if they keep their tag and they're still battle line. All you need is like literally the last battle shock phase of the game. Your opponent can have literally tabled you. They can't possibly do anything. You just roll a five up or whatever, and you're like, oh, cool. Well, there's a battle line unit back on the board. <laughs> you can't stop me getting my. You cannot stop me getting my grand strategy if it's hold the line. So um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a bit cheeky, but yeah, I like it. Like even like things like the summon diables you get from Lycan Curse can be brought back through a graveside as well, because it doesn't say anything about. It being a starting unit, it's just a unit that's been killed. So you can have your three dogs get summoned by like and curse, and you get to bring back two of them back. <laughs> like it's just that's where there's just bodies everywhere and units just recycling. That's why I call it like a recycling sort of army rather than an army that revives dead units, let's say dead models back into the same unit, because yeah. you're only getting a D three. Whereas there's just units popping up everywhere, and you have to keep those grave sites screened out. Otherwise, they're going to pop up and steal stuff from you. Yeah. yeah. And even like the zombies, like, even if a 20 comes back as a 10, like, if you bring them back at a point and then there's an enemy chaff unit and they go into it, like, you kill any, every two up, you get more zombies back because they can grow over their starting mm. size. So actually, you can start working your way back up as well, which is. Which is cool. So. And you could have lost all of your heroes and you're still bringing back units, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you could still just be hanging on by a thread, keeping an objective with, you know, that 10 unit, you know, that, that, that unit of 20 gets killed and you'd just bring back 10 and you're just still contesting or whatever because you've set up just, you know, on the line yeah. just, out, just outside the yeah. six. And that's the thing with the smaller board, the like clever positioning of your grave sites, the wholly within 12 is actually pretty generous in terms yeah. of like needing to pop stuff up onto objectives like with a couple of grave sites in the right spot you can probably cover most objectives in most missions like with that 24 inch bubble per grave site like if you need to just plonk some dudes back hmm. and yeah as you say like getting to the end of the game like just being able to put them down especially in the mission where like if there's battle line there only battle line counter scoring like that could be massive for hmm. soul blight 
just pop up like literally one wolf what like one one oh, wolf from Belladama, yeah. <laughs> and they they're holding it with like they could be <laughs> holding it with like a archaeon and then you're like nah this is mine sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so. all right cool um well i think we've talked a lot about vehicles yeah. so should we should we move on to the next dynasty yeah what do you want to do next do you want to do legion of blood sure we can do legion sure. of blood cool all right james you want to see legion of blood you want to take us through the battle traits sure so uh battle traits for legion of blood uh a grim majesty so immortal majesty is the first one so if an enemy unit fails a battle shock test within three inches of any friendly legion of blood vampire units add d3 to the number of models that flee pretty handy yeah a little bit of extra buff there yeah very thematic and then you got the favored retainers so ignore negative modifiers to hit and wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly legion of blood death rattle units while they are wholly within 12 inches of a friendly legion of blood vampire unit or a ho- or wholly within 18 of a friendly legion of blood vampire hero that is a general very strong yes being able to add like you're not taking negatives there's a there's not as many rolling around now with to hit rolls but there is a lot more uh negatives to wound rolls coming out now and that mm. is quite a hard thing to buff unless you're in vehicles obviously um or you can be able to get your triumph off but to never take any of those modifiers to be negative is really strong because it's means you can still add your positive ones on there as well yeah so it's very easy to get that buffed up quite high Obviously, it's only on Death Rattle, so you're talking like your skeleton, your skeleton warriors, your Black Knights, which let's be honest, you're never taking, <laughs> and then your um, your Grave Guard. So I think I think really it's it's your Grave Guard, which is interesting because yep. it's Legion of Blood is not really thematically what I would have expected to see Grave Guard in. Like I, I, no. I think originally I thought this would have been the one where you'd see like your Blood Knights and stuff, especially with the d3 models fleeing from vampire units and stuff like that but um that's yeah. i feel like that's kind of moved to one of the other dynasties but um i think legion of blood's got some play in it as you say like never being able to be negatively debuffed it's i think that's why like manfred would play so well into it because he's got the <laughs> built he's got the built in yeah. plus one to hit and to wound and like you can obviously never get better than plus one for either and knowing your opponent can never debuff you, you never need more than that. So I think you could put Manfred into Legion of Blood and just be quite happy knowing you're like Graveguard are always on twos and threes. Yeah. And he can, if he kills something, he can give them an extra attack as well. Um, he's obviously a vampire. So if he's there and models flee, like D3 extra are going to flee. Um, with that trait, I wonder if this is like something you maybe play around with putting a horror ghast in, because mm, it's yeah. like units holier than twelve can't receive command abilities in the battleshock phase, so your opponent can't just spend a CP and make units immune to battleshock, and it also has the plus D three additional models will flee. So yeah. if you start doing that and you actually just go into a bunch of different units and you chip them down. Like that might be the way like Iron Jaws now, they're all like what bravery six, 
you probably are going to see a lot more MSU of them as well, especially now that people are going to be like, well, I can use Inspiring Presence three times a turn, but you're like, actually, <laughs> you can't use Inspiring Presence. And I've killed like a model from four different units that are all clumped up. And then you're, say you've got two of you, you've got some zombies and you've got some Grave Guard within range. They're minus two bravery, so suddenly they're bravery four. And then any of them, like if they roll off, like they roll a four, you've killed one model, they're losing one plus two D3. Like, I think that actually, <laughs> like it might work. Like a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the armies towards the top are actually kind of low bravery armies now. Or the, even... stuff that, the stuff you'll see, mm. like Cruel, Cruel Boys, yep. Lumineth actually generally have terrible bravery. Um, so if they can't, like the issue with them is they just use Quartz and they get loads of free CP and they do all this stuff, but if you're like, well, actually, you can't. Um, if it's not a techless build, so they can't just auto shut down your horror ghast. I do think this could potentially be really nasty against like some Lunath. You do a couple of wins into both units of Sentinels that you're probably going to see, both units of Wardens, and then all of a sudden you might make a bunch more run. So, um, yeah. What I was going to say was um, a lot of the also the high tier the the more meta armies are more elite units as well there's not as many hordes rolling around so you're gonna hurt them a lot more when they're losing d3 of their strong elite units with your new stormcast as well they're all elite msu seems to be people seem to be running quite a lot of them so being able to get that extra drac off gone could be massive yeah yeah <laughs> well i mean yeah it's 2d3 if you get that combo off so if you kill one fulminator and then they fail that battle shock <laughs> test. Like they fail that battle shock test, then their whole unit's gone, realistically. Because to fail, one has to be fleeing anyway, and then at least another two are fleeing. So a unit of four, which I I don't think very often you're gonna see more than a unit of four. Like you kill one model and you've got the potential that the whole unit's gone. Like it's yeah, pretty yeah. crazy. But like annihilators, vindictors, like yeah, against all the new stormcast, all that stuff, like kill one annihilator they're all gone like you you're relying on them failing obviously like battleshock tests on fives and sixes maybe but i mean you've got minus two bravery in there so i think they're bravery seven generally like the stormcast now so yeah i mean if you kill one model and they're down to bravery five then on a five they're failing so you've got a one in three chance of making them fail but it's it's free basically like the only thing you're paying is 65 points for a horror ghast like to do that and i do think the threat of it sometimes could be enough like does your opponent want to clump up so that you can get all that stuff in range and like you don't even it's not like you need to play for it either like you just play the game anyway and it might just in yeah. some some cases just help it swing even more yeah. like against cruel boys i think that would be horrible <laughs> like because they're all two they're all two wound models and they are like bravery five or whatever to start with so if you aren't you chuck them down minus two bravery and because they haven't got great armor you probably actually with your attacks can kill like six or seven of them and then they are failing like they're losing like four plus two d3 additional like that's a lot of wounds like additional for them to be losing so um i like it and yeah, I think yeah. it could be cool to see a bunch of Graveguard just being like, we don't care. We're like, we're always going to be 
threes and fours, if not better as well. And like I say, with Manfred in there, it's really good. But this is obviously Neferata's Legion. Yeah, so she's, she's in my list for this. Like list, um... Manfred can't get the buff, obviously, for the um, like Legion of Blood because he's yeah. Legion of Night. But he doesn't he doesn't need the keyword, I don't think. Um, so he could still go in and um, you, you're not restricted anymore by having to take like Neferata if you want to take a board. Oh yeah, you can still like, have him. Yeah, you don't have to. Without I don't her. think you, like you don't have to take Nephi to be able to take Manfred, for example. Correct, so yeah. yep. you potentially could just take Legion of Blood, but on Manfred. As your yeah. but, but my immersion you're killing my immersion here <laughs> no that's so that's so in character for manfred though like yeah. you know he's just gone slyly in there and he's taken over neferata's army on the slot on the side yeah well she's she's just let him you know she's let him do it um for a laugh cool well um should we go to the command traits let's do so, it so we have premeditated violence so this is if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a melee weapon by this general is a six, that attack scores two hits on the target instead of one. Make a wound and save roll for each hit. So exploding sixes, pre premeditated violence. Pretty regular Pretty sort cool. of yeah. trait. You know, nothing special about it. Yeah. It's nice. Deadly on a on a killy hero. Yep. Um, next one down is soul crushing contempt. So subtract one from the bravery characteristic of enemy units while they are within three inches of this general. So if you want to play the the bravery bomb um, angle, then this is the one for you. Yeah, because it will stack with the reanimated horrors. Because the, the issue when you're in Soul Blight is none of your heroes are giving negatives to bravery characteristics. It's only the dead waters and death rattle. So being able to add another one to it could be nice if you're trying to play for the um battle shock failure and getting d3 units has a little bit more to it yeah next one down we've got Arist aristocracy of blood so you can reroll charge rolls for friendly friendly legion of blood units while they are wholly within 12 of the general yeah so exact exactly the same as one of the traits mm. you get from um vikos yep. so yep. that's pretty common that you get a 12 inch reroll charge bubble yeah and then we've got Aura of Dark Majesty. So subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons that target this general. Cool on a big on a vampire lord on a zombie dragon. Yep. A lot of these artifacts just seem they're very generic sort of feeling ones. Yeah. They don't they, they don't seem to have a lot of character to them is what I have noticed. There's no cool plays around them, they're just straight up, this is what you get. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird because they've got all these really cool sounding names, but then you're like, minus one to hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've got Walking Death is the next one. Uh, if the unmodified wound roll for an attack made with a melee weapon by this general is a six, the attack inflicts a number of mortal wounds equal to the damage characteristic of the weapon used for the attack, and the attack sequence ends. Do not make a save roll. I think that's cool, like yeah. especially on like a vampire lord on zombie dragon or something that's gone in with his death lance. He's got flaming weapon up, so he's like damage four. You roll a six to wound, and you're like, "What's well, the flat four mortal wounds?" It's a shame it's on the wound roll, 
like and it's only on sixes you think like cruel boys their entire army has that ability on hit rolls that can be fives like it is a shame but um it is cool or like again on a um you could put this on a vengorian lord those three attacks that are d6s if you wanted make them all be like d6 mortals if you roll obviously sixes to wound but i think you're more consistent probably putting it on a vampire lord on zombie dragon Mm, and and just and just hoping if you get some sixes to wound you're doing four mortals but like i know they do different things but you think like a bloodthirster of incensor is considerably cheaper than a, a vampire lord on zombie dragon and he has like an eight inch aura that starts at four more <laughs> wounds to every unit on a six to wound and it's not for an artifact slot like yeah it, it's cool but then you're like well it's not crazy powerful like there's units out there that do much much better effects than that just baked into their war scroll that are cheaper as well like if you're going for killy <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's and there's no rerolls right. either that you can really find so you're no. not going to be able to reroll those wound rolls no yeah and the last one is sanguine blur friendly units that start a pile in move holly within 12 of this general can move an extra three inches when they pile in see now that one is so much better than the vehicles <laughs> one because one it's not affecting one person it's affecting everything wholly within 12 of that general which by nature also affects the general so like yep. it's just so much better than the vehicles version and the amazing yeah. thing with that is like because it is other units you zombies can get that so yeah. units that have already got your six inch pile can now do a nine inch <laughs> pile. <laughs> like a this, nine I, inch pile i've yeah. got some tech oh, in my list has has is built around this um <laughs> around this command ability uh sorry this command trait and the zombies well i'll go into that in a in a, in a moment <laughs> <laughs> i've got some it's secret tech, most... which is probably not very secret <laughs> It's the most fun one of the the command traits that's available. The rest are all the stock standards for stuff. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, Sang- Sanguine Blur is my pick out of out of those. Yeah, agree. Okay. But I think it's for the units around the general rather than the general itself. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the the other command traits are made for your big hitty general. That yeah. wants to go in and attack stuff, and this is more made for the small unit that sits at the back. Yeah, definitely. It's like, mate, yeah, like Legion of Blood. It's very thematic in that it's it's sort of sexing up your your general to be like it's all about him, you know. It's all about the general and what he making him better rather than everything else around him. Or Except her. her. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, I, with the exception of Sanguine Blur, but yeah, when we get when we talk about my my list, um. I've put that on. I've actually put that on a uh, white king. So anyway, all right. Um, should we go on the artifacts? Yep. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll run through these if you want. Do you want to run through the artifacts? Um, yeah. Yeah. So you've got the amulet of screams. So once per battle, when an enemy wizard successfully casts a spell that's not unbound, you can use the amulet of screams. If you do so, the wizard suffers d3 mortal wounds after the effects of the spell have been resolved. Yeah, it's all right. Again, once per battle. The effect is not massive, so it's a bit disappointing, to be honest. And it's like, 
it's after the spell has gone off as well. So it's not even like if they had a wizard with one or two wounds left, you're like, oh, well, actually, I could just pop this and kill them and stop the spell that way. They'll still get to do the spell before you maybe then did kill them. So for me, it's a bit like, eh, all right, Another leave the, leave the amulet at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just um, a spite. it's just a spiteful one, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is the Orb of Enchantment. So once per battle at the start of the combat phase, you can pick one enemy hero within three and roll a dice. On a three plus, that hero cannot be picked to fight in that phase. That's, That's cool. cool. Yeah. Again, it's once per battle, which is a shame. It is on a dice roll, but a three plus is three a lot up. better. Yeah. A three plus is a lot better on a six. Like it's still a bit like, ugh, why do I even have to roll for this? Why yeah. can't it just be like basically guaranteed like you've got the what is it in cities is that strangle kelp noose or whatever which it's you roll a dice and it's less than or equal to the wounds characteristic and they can't attack so anything that's six or more wounds is guaranteed against which generally heroes is going to happen so that that's really good because it's like archaeon the time he wants to just come in and murder a load of stuff you're like nah i'm just going to put a noose around your neck and you know he's not fighting whereas with this it's like you've got one chance per game they run in and then like the times you like the one in three times you don't roll a three plus you're like oh and then <laughs> you, you your artifact's gone your artifact's <laughs> gone your opponent just kills you because your one kind of prevention method was like oh cool well the thing that statistically should happen more often than not didn't happen like it just feels a bit crap like i'm kind of against i don't know i'm getting more and more against those like once per game dice roll things because it's like, yeah. especially the ones that are in your favor as well. Because then when they don't go off, because it's still on a dice roll, you're like, oh. You feel even worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if the stuff on a six, you at least you know, like, when you're picking it, you're like, I'm probably not getting this. So it feels awesome when you do. But stuff that's on a three plus, the times it doesn't work, it feels really crap. You're like, you can compare it to other artifacts. And you're like, why did I tell you this? Just, just why? Because <laughs> just on a three up, you you slightly rely on it a bit as well. Because like, oh, it's most likely going to go off, so I'm going to rely yeah. on this artifact. Yeah. And it's an artifact taking up a slot. <clears throat> like some things have this on their war scroll, and this is taking up an artifact. Hmm. Yeah, but it could stop Arcane from fighting, though, couldn't it? It could. Yeah. But then it also might not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, if you're against Archaeon, something like that, and just stopping him fighting at all is going to be better than having like a Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon with the Amulet of Destiny, because mm. Archaeon, probably every player ever seems to just roll the two sixes to wound and put them in the sword. So like <laughs> in that case, the once per game three plus is the better choice if it works. And I mean, even if it doesn't work, you were probably going to die anyway. And I guess the good <laughs> thing with that is it doesn't really matter the hero that you have it on. Like you can just have it on a little foot dude charge like charge them in that one time you need to pin something like archaeon <laughs> yeah just throw it throw in like and you're just like oh i just need them. i just need archaeon <laughs> to not be able to charge me next turn you just you just run like it could be a necromancer you just charge a necromancer into archaeon <laughs> just a hell like, mary <laughs> yeah well you, you and you're just like do you know what i got my three plus i can't die this turn which means when it comes to their turn if they can't clear him off in the hero phase archaeon can't like he can't move he can't go and charge he can't go do something so yeah. it, it is useful it is kind of cool it's just frustrating that it's kind of not guaranteed or like on a mm. two plus 
like a three plus is still too failable for me <laughs> like it's to, a, yeah i don't know it's like they like if it doesn't go off it means that whoever's carrying it forgot to charge up the orb put on charge <laughs> yeah. they've got to put on charge the night before so, before cut rocking up to battle it's like oh shit jeff <laughs> i told you bring the usb cable <laughs> Oh, yeah. funny. All right, we put his head on a spike. All right. Next, we've got the Oubliette Arcana, which mm. is once per enemy hero phase. Hazard, not once per battle. So once per enemy hero phase, when an enemy wizard successfully casts a spell within 18 inches of the bearer, and that spell is not unbound, even if a friendly wizard attempted to unbind the spell, before resolving the effects of that spell, you can roll a dice. On a five up, that spell is unbound. Now right, that so, I think is yeah. awesome, because you get to you get to un like at least try and unbind it first, and then you can just roll a five up yeah. and go bang, take it off. You but know, the amazing off. thing is, it can be like stuff that was cast on a fourteen, on a fifteen, mm, like all these yeah. like yeah. zinch dickheads that are like, oh well, I'll just guarantee <laughs> my spell goes off by using two destiny dice on twelves, so that you can't unbind me, and you're like. Five up, mate. Five up. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's every spell, too, they cast. It's no, like once one. Per, it's once per enemy hero phase. But Oh, yeah. sorry. Yep, yep. And you do have to be within 18, not Yeah, that's my only thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's a yeah. little bit, you've got to be a bit closer, but I really like it. Like, I just really like it. As you say, you get a chance to unbind it, and then if it doesn't, like, five up, and it just stops it regardless of what the casting role was. I think it's really cool. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so next is the Ring of Dominion. Each time the bearer is picked to fight in the combat phase, you can pick one enemy enemy model within three and roll a dice. On a five plus, pick one of that model's melee weapons. That model's unit suffers a number of mortal wounds equal to the damage characteristic of the weapon you picked. You cannot pick a melee weapon that refers to a damage table or ability to determine its damage. Hmm. This one's just <laughs> a wordy mess. Too situational as well. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. You get to do it every combat phase, which is cool, once the bearer is within three. But then it's only it's happening on five up. For me, it's the problem that you can't pick any weapon that refers to a damage table or has a special ability. Because most of the high damage things refer to a damage table. Yeah. Like al almost everything does. And there is like and they only take it once as well. It's not like they take it equal to the number of attacks or whatever they have. So like even something like Vordry or whatever, when he's coming with his lance and he's damaged four or five, you you pick him. Like if you're in the mirror, you pick him on a five up. Maybe he takes four mortal wounds. Like does that work on Vordry because it's an ability? I'm just having a look now because it says if it refers to the damage table or ability as well. Uh, I I don't. Oh, does the dread lance? Oh, yeah, so even... Blood Large Charge adds two to the damage characteristic, and so it's an ability. So it yeah, won't even true. work on Vordry. Won't work on your Bloodthirsters or any yeah. of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, limited, it's yeah. so limited. Like Durthu, where you're like, oh, flat six damage. You're like, no, it refers to a damage table. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah. I all mean, the big cool stuff that you want to use it on, it won't work <laughs> because they're all abilities generally. How does that even work with, like, a more crusher, for example, that's like damage doesn't get affected from a damage table, but because it's like number of attacks on its fist is in a damage table, the damage characteristic is still in a damage table, 
So mm, can you yeah, even like yeah. pick a more crusher's fist? Probably like, not. <laughs> it just because it, yeah, it's, you it's cannot, hand weapon. Yeah, it's you hand, cannot. It's pick hand a weapon only. Weapon. <laughs> yeah. You cannot pick a melee weapon that refers to a damage table. See, this is where the wording is weird because it's you cannot pick a melee weapon that refers to a damage table or ability to determine its damage. Now, is that that refers to a damage table or ability, comma, to determine its damage? Or is that pick a melee no weapon comma. that refers to a damage table, comma, or ability to determine its damage? Like, no idea. There's no commas. I All I like is we're, we'll, we'll we're solve just this. making a <laughs> just don't massive take discussion on a five-up <laughs> artifact. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. We've, we've, we've solved the problem. Just don't take this artifact. <laughs> The ring of no dominion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The ring of shattered dominion. It's crap. <laughs> All right. Um, the shade. The shade glass decanter. Can we skip After... this one, please? <laughs> let's let's read it. After armies have been set up, but before the first battle round begins, you can pick one enemy hero on the battlefield. In your hero phase, if the bearer and that hero are on the battlefield, you can roll a dice. If the roll is equal to or greater than the number of the current battle round, that hero suffers one mortal wound. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> okay so like turn one guarantee you do a mortal wound to it and then turn two on a two plus you do another mortal wound to it turn three on a three plus you do like me you don't want to generally don't want to chip you don't want to chip one mortal wound off heroes these days just because it's gonna heal it anyway like, that. Yeah, like yeah. yeah okay moving on the last one, thank, thank God it's good. Right, soulbound garments. Nice and simple. Add one to save rolls for attacks that target the bearer. Boom. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a permanent plus one save, shooting and combat. Yeah. Done. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Permanent two plus vampire lord on zombie dragon. Nice. Between soulbound, soulbound garments and oubliette arcana, um, yeah, they're the promo. The two faves out of this one, but soulbound garments are the more practical is the more practical yeah. one yeah they're the sort of one where i think if you've got like if you were running like a double vampire lord on zombie dragon or like a venga lord and a vampire lord on zombie dragon one of them probably takes like the soulbound garments and the other one takes the amulet of destiny yeah so yeah i do like the ubli arcana i do think it's cool so maybe if you like if you're if you're not taking like if you're not taking a big guy and you've just got like a vampire lord on foot or a necromancer or whatever as your heroes that aren't your named heroes, then I think you probably take the oubliette because I don't think you really care about getting plus one save on one of those little dudes on foot. I think you'd rather have the, the oubliette. Um, but I think if you're taking anything big, you're probably opting for the soulbound garments. Yeah. Yep. Sure. So, do you guys have any lists for this um, for this legion? I, I don't, don't have lists. No, I don't have specific lists. I've got like things that I would build into it. Like Neferata herself is pretty cool. Like we've kind of obviously this is her legion, so yeah. we probably should we should talk about her. Um, yeah. Like all all the I say all the Mortarks, bless you, Arcan, you're dead. Um, Manfred and <laughs> Manfred and Neferata got good buffs i think in this book like i do think both of them are really good for their points um getting that additional wound and the increase mm, to their save from a save. four plus to yep. a three plus is really nice like three plus 12 wounds for 365 points for nephi 
I think it's really nice, especially with like the basic vampire lord on Zombie Dragon going up as well and being what like four fifty, four thirty five, four thirty five. Like she's a fair, like she's a an umbral spell portal cheaper, um, mm. and she's got like decent attacks, super consistent, like yeah, five attacks, she's... twos and threes, rend one, mm. two attacks, twos and threes, rend two. And then obviously they've all got the dread abyssal for six attacks. Um, they can do more wounds. She's super fast. Yeah. Two cast wizard again. Mortux. They get the choice of whether they want to use the necromancer law or the vampire law, which is really good. Um, the great thing that Nephi has, which is an upgrade from the book, was the dagger of jet. So yes. at the end of at the end of any phase, if any wounds are inflicted by Akmet Har in that phase, where allocated to an enemy hero and not negated and that hero is not slain, you roll a dice. On a 5+, plus, that enemy hero is slain. So good. So that used to be a yeah. 6, and now yeah. on a 5, that's tasty. Yeah. 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 And because, like, it's a shame that it's on Akmet Ha, which is the Rend 1 instead of the Rend 2, mm -hmm. but you do have 5 attacks. And, yeah. like, it's just so nice because, yeah, you, you get that through onto... Archeon, you get the cheeky one wound through. You just need one. That's all you need, a, and then it's another yeah. one of those fun casino rules. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> the other thing with that is, it's also I think it used to be the end of the combat phase only. So now it's the end of any phase. So with Vordry, you get yeah. the ability to pile in an attack in the hero phase with another vampire as his command ability. So potentially you could combo Vordry and neferata together and let her attack in the hero phase and she gets the chance to do it then as well which yeah yeah I'd, and also in the hero phase i don't think your opponent can use all out defense no they can't it's only chosen to fight or receive attacks in the combat phase yeah, yeah. so it's nicer like the rend one is more likely to go through in the hero yeah. phase attack as well and but even if it doesn't, like you've got two chances that turn if you're already in combat of trying to do it, which I think starts racking up. Especially as if you're already in combat in the hero phase, like you've probably potentially already been you've already been in combat for a round, had a chance at a five up, then you've got your hero phase chance at a five up, then your combat phase chance at a five up, like and you get three chances, you should statistically roll a five up once. So Yeah, and you've got a bunch of cool. debuffs going on to that unit as well from your okay. hero phase. So you've got all these spells from the like the Death Mage's law, so you're more likely to get that through as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, next, Mortaka Blood. So she gets the boosted version of the Vampiric Heal. So yeah. if at the end of the combat phase, if she killed anything, she heals D6 instead of D3, which is amazing because it's every combat phase she gets a D6 heal if she's killing stuff. So like if something comes into her and she gets wounded. You can then just be like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go use her for a couple of turns and go just fight some chaff. You just go use her, clear off some chaff, and you heal her right back up again, um, which is yeah. awesome. Um, then she's got Twilight's Allure, so command ability, holy, all Soulbright Gravelord units wholly within 12 of her are minus one to hit in melee, which, again, is really good because I think people just so often think, okay, well, I can just always be plus one to hit because they're just thinking all-out attack or whatever. The fact that actually she's a monster, so if someone's planning on doing that, she potentially can roar, so they can't use their plus one to hit, 
and then she's making the minus one. So it's like a, a two-point swing in the hit roll. Um, and if you had her with comboed up with a general that maybe took the trait for minus one to hit in melee as well, even if they get plus one to hit, they're still going to be neg one um, yeah. against the general, yeah. which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and then... Sorry, Sam, yeah? No, I was going to say that stacks really well with Dark Mist. Well, <laughs> sort of not stacks well, but it sort of negates it a bit as well with the way Dark Mist works. Yeah, so Dark Mist is her spell. It's only cast on a 6, which I think is really good. And you pick a Soul-like Gravelord's unit. Holo within 12 is a bit limited. Um, but you ignore negative modifiers when making save rolls for attacks that target that unit. So you basically get to ignore Rend. And the amazing thing is it's negative modifiers. So, yeah. like, and loads of stuff now in these books can have a 3-plus save. Like Blood Knights, Her, Manfred, Vordry anything can have Nagash can have three plus saved base so then they go to a two plus and they're ignoring rend it's amazing <laughs> like yeah, it's good so good i mean Nagash and nephi together is a horrible combo just an unrendable <laughs> an unrendable Nagash on a two plus re-rolling one save yeah <laughs> like <laughs> what, what do you do <laughs> that's also probably yeah. minus one to hit like <laughs> minus one to wound <laughs> Yeah, and also, yeah, it's the whole thing of, like we said, from the trait of if something is within three of a vampire, D3 extra models flee, Nagash is a really reliable caster to get Horrorghast out, for example. So, like, that's a combo that you could potentially do. Um, so, yeah, I think Nephi's really cool. I think she's, again, she's a definitely a viable option for her points. Um, so, yeah, I think it was worth talking about her. Um, but in terms of, yeah, lists, like for me, I don't have a specific list written. I think there's quite a lot you can do. The one thing I probably want to play around with more in this Legion than any of the others is with Mortis engines, um, potentially using a bunch of them because of playing into that bravery bomb mechanic, mm. because the Mortis engines have got the, uh, whale of the damned on them, which is a shooting attack and you're rolling for all the enemy units within range. And if you beat their bravery, they're taking. Oh no, they changed it. Actually. Changed, yeah. It's, it's on a four. Yeah, up that's now. right. So it used to be beating. It used to be beating their bravery. Now it's just on a four up, which I think is better because you you can do it against all the stuff that's really high bravery anyway. But the thing yeah. I like about it is it's because it affects all enemy units. It's that punishment against MSU of multiple units then failing battleshock tests because you just chip off a model or two from those AOE screams um, from the Mortis engines. And then with your bravery shenanigans, with the horror gas down, like you could just make a bunch of stuff run away. Um, the other cheeky bit of tech with the Mortis engine as well is Unleash Hell. Because it's a shooting attack, yeah. you do it when it gets charged, but that shooting attack still targets everything within range. So it's actually a way of using Unleash Hell to hit multiple units. Mm. I was just sorry having a thing because I've heard before. Don't you need to pick a unit to be the result of Unleash Hell for it to go off? Yeah, you pick that unit. Like that's still the target, right? But doesn't it? Because it still it, technically it hit instead everything? of rolling it, it just says do not use the attack sequence. Roll a dice for each enemy unit within range of this model's whale. Yeah, which is better because the attack sequence has a. Like you have to roll a hit roll, right? Whereas this is still a missile weapon, so it's like mm, flares. Okay. It's like flares, right? Where their screen yeah, is a yep. missile weapon, but you roll base bravery, so flares can unleash hell. 
and they're not affected by the minus one to hit because they don't use yes. hit rolls. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it hits. You roll a dice for each enemy unit within range, and the range starts at 12. So something comes in, you can unleash hell, and if your opponent's got a load of stuff there, you can still hit it all. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's nothing strong. There's nothing I've seen in the FAQs to stop that. Um, yeah. And then the well, other thing... Of, hmm. The other That's thing, obviously, that the Mortis engines have as well is a plus one to cast buff for um, Gravelord's wizards as well. So if you've got Nephi, you've got a couple of wizards or whatever in there, you're also getting more reliable casting of, of like the horror ghast out. And then you've also got the once per battles um, in the hero phase. You can blast every unit within 12. And on two pluses, they take mortals as well. So again, you can just combo it up to like that turn chip two three d3s onto a bunch of units and then just you've plunked a horror gas down in the middle <laughs> and you just you just make them all you just make them all yeah. fail and yeah. run away yeah it used to heal you as well <laughs> and they're only 200 points like i think they're i think they're decent for 200 points like they're not monsters so they don't count unfortunately as like behem like they don't get you those five kind of Sorry. models or extra battle tactics but they're like they still put out a decent amount of attacks that can do more wounds and they move fast like they move 14 inches and for the shooting and stuff that they can do um for 200 points i think i think there's something in mortis engines in general but i think if you're going to use them in any particular legion i think legion of blood is the one where i would be tempted to play around with them the most yeah for sure yeah yeah, I forgot to mention before that um, the Bloodseeker Palanquin's got the um, Whale of the Damned attacks as well. So, Yep. All right, well, I think that wraps up uh, Legion of Blood. Should we take a quick break there and then uh, we'll come back with another Legion? Sweet. Sounds good. back from that break and we're going to crack straight into manfred's legion the legion of night so sam do you want to take us through that one yeah no worries um so legion of Night's really cool uh the the first one sort of starting off is we've got um the bait add one to save rolls for attacks that target friendly legion of night death rattle and friendly legion of light dead walker units in the first battle round so that's super strong i think for the current meta with uh iron jaws it's just going to give you a bit more survivability, especially on those death rattle. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, you basically cancel out their plus one rend from the wire, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're stopping all that extra. There's alpha charges and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff and it's... Longer. I mean, it's a lot better than it used to be as well, because it used to just be, like, those in your territory. Right? Yeah. In, in, in the old book. So, you... You just get it wherever your death rattle is, um, and dead walkers now on the battlefield, and it's nice being the whole like the whole first turn as well because you can go first, have it, and still have it through your opponent's turn as well. 
Yeah, and you don't need a hero nearby or anything nearby. They just get it straight away. Yep. There's anything for it, which is really nice. Um, the second uh, battle trait is Aegis Cunning. Instead of setting up a Legion of Night unit on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say that it is set up an ambush as a reserve unit. You can set up one reserve unit in ambush for each unit you have already set up on the battlefield. At the end of any of your movement phases, you can set up one or more of these units on the battlefield, wholly within six inches of the battlefield edge and more than nine inches away from all the units. At the start of the fourth battle round, reserve units are destroyed. What are your thoughts on this, given that you've got four grave sites that you can put summonable units into? If you want to play this, I feel like you can run a lot more MSU units and then threaten from the edges as well where they haven't got grave sites. So you're threatening even more of the board that they've not been set up for. And they can't block out everything. They're either blocking out the grave sites or they're blocking out your reserve units. They're never going to yep. get both. Yeah, no, I and agree. It's I think of it... night units. So it's everything. It doesn't yep. say heroes or anything like that. It's just any unit you want to. Yeah, that's the that's the real strong part. I think is the grave sites can only do your summonable stuff, but this, as you say, like you come up against those alpha armies like Sentinel spam or whatever that you know always want to go first and just like take out your key piece. If you just have like you go MSU and you have a bunch of crap, and I'm talking like fell bats, like really cheap, just a load of units to put on the table, and then you just go like your bigger blocks of stuff grave sites and then your heroes all that stuff board edges and yep. like those lumineth lists they don't want to really spread out to try and zone out because they can't even with like a teleport they can't zone like the entire board and generally like especially the techless ones they want a castle so they don't they don't want to spread and give you like the ability to then come in and take them apart in different places so yeah. I think I think it's really cool to just go. Okay, well, you've obviously got an Alpha Death Star. Nah, sorry, you're not killing anything good. Turn one, and then if they give you turn one or you get choice or whatever, you can always just be like, "Well, have you castled and made a defensive wall?" Because if you haven't, I can pop stuff up from a grave size. I can pop stuff up from the edge, as you say. Like it, if you just put your grave site centrally to like cover the objectives, your opponent doesn't have to worry about like. They can deploy forward. They don't have to worry about stuff coming in behind them normally against Soulblight. Yep. But this means that they actually do have to worry about stuff coming in behind them. Especially in a tournament setup, there's enough brain fatigue going on already. When you add in another whole way of an army to come at you, you just throw them through a loop. And there's ways to buff it with command traits, which makes it even more uh, egregious, which is really nice. Yeah, it definitely feels like Manfred's Legion as well. <laughs> yeah. Have you had much of a play around with anything for Legion of Night, James? No, I haven't. Um, I haven't taken this Legion with this new book yet. So yeah, I haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah, got an experience on that one. This was probably going to be my next Legion. I would have sort of wanted to build into just because I love tech like this. It just gets me going. This sort of tech. <laughs> 
it's really funny like honestly like, at the start we we're like yeah yeah vehicles vehicles but then as we're going through like every legion i'm like oh yeah no i've, I've, I've got haven't got a specific list but i could definitely do stuff that i want to play my mortis engines in in blood yeah. and use neferata and like a gash as well and then i'm like oh even manfred and then you're like oh yeah actually legion at night you could do some can do some tricks and stuff there and yeah generally like i think that's the cool thing is your core units probably don't really change no like you're yeah, this... still using like zombies, skellies, graveguard, whatever it is, and then it's basically just like, are you changing the heroes, and then are you putting in some of the other like things like Mortis engines or maybe blood knights or or whatever mm. it is, which is well, you can cool. take um you can take Vargas's battle line in Legion of Knights. So the kind of lists I've been playing around with have got I've been putting the Vargas in for, as battle line choices. So, got, so okay. a, th a third way of confusing your opponent <laughs> yeah yeah because they come out down anywhere outside nine so you've got three different ways of setting up to yeah. force your opponent to deploy yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> yeah like yeah. you're um, always you're always outside nine but at the same time you can basically be anywhere yeah 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 <laughs> um there's one nothing about this book is there's just everything seems usable besides maybe one or two units uh, you want to run everything in all the different sub factions. It's it's really nice to see. Yeah, cool. Um, all right. So going so on go to the, uh, yeah traits. traits. Yep. So as I was saying before, there's ways to buff your ambushing. Uh, this is one of them for the above suspicion. If this general is set up in ambush using the ageless cunning battle trait, uh, at the end of your movement phase, you can set up this general anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches from enemy units instead of wholly within six inches of the battlefield edge. So rather than just getting your ambush sort of set up of your six inches from the battlefield edge, you've got it anywhere on the board. Yeah, set him up with your Vargeists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good sort of bit of tech there for that. Um, and then on to another one which buffs this even more, really. Um, it's only for your general, so you want a real fighty one, but you've got a uh, swift form. Add two to run and charge rolls for this general. That'd be super handy, I reckon. Yeah, it, it just adds to that threat you want to do from your, your board edge deployments with your uh, Ageless Cunning, and it gives yeah. you a guarantee of a 7-inch charge. So. Yeah, but also, even if you decide, I'm just going to put them on the table... Like you put something on there, you've got pinions on them. Like your vampire lord's got a twenty-inch move, and now you've got like plus two to charge. You've got a minimum threat of like twenty-four, as well, which I think is really nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we've got uh, an ending will. Do not take battle shock tests for friendly legion of night units while they're wholly within twelve inches of this general. I feel it's a bit of a wasted command trait with all the bravery being ten. But I could see it maybe being used on larger units, like having a block of 40 zombies or your, your Grave Guard or your, your uh, 30 skeletons. Um, yeah, I think I one. think it's the... Yeah, I think if you're going like MSU or you, you're just taking like things like Vargas, tens of Grave Guard standard 20 zombies like you don't care but i think if you were really leaning into that like loads of death rattle like multi-blocks of 30 skellies because you're building into the plus one save buffs and stuff like that I actually like they're not that resilient they're like what five plus saves so actually yeah. you do start to lose a lot of them and if you like something like with the damage output of iron jewels or whatever can quite happily kill 
15, 20 from multiple units. And you can only obviously like save one unit with an inspiring presence. So actually, I, even though they are bravery 10, because they can die in droves if you take those big units because they are lightly armored, like Battleshock can actually be a problem for the army. It can, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But the uh, next one on the list is Merciless Hunters. It's a nice sort of standard one. Add one to rune rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by this general. So it, it works quite well on those, like your Vampire Lord, where you want more consistency going around. Because I find with Vordry, I can't guarantee stuff because his attacks are too swingy. I've had multiple times where he's killed one or two models because I've rolled too many ones and twos. Yeah, it's really I think, tough. I think the fact that it's on wound roll is so much more powerful than it being hit rolls. Because, like, to be honest, I don't think you'll really see any books that will have artifacts that give you, like, plus one to hit anymore because they know that all-out attack is a thing. There might still be the odd one because you get the option of using all-out attack somewhere else, I guess. But I, I, I think plus one to wound is real nice because on those like most profiles these days seem to be threes and threes so it basically means that with like a plus one to wound buff with an all-out attack you can happily be twos and twos and as you say just build in build in some reliability especially if you've got like nagash in the list and he's letting you re-roll ones <laughs> to hit like you can't get much more consistent than like twos re-roll ones by twos yeah so yeah especially in the new age of age of sigma where there's not many re-rolls going around yeah, being able to just get down to twos is really nice. Uh, our next one on the list is Unholy Impetus. In the combat phase, if any enemy models are slain by attacks made with melee weapons by this general in that phase, add one to the attacks characteristic of melee weapons used by friendly Legion of Night units, wholly within 12 inches of this general, until the end of that phase. So that's Manfred's ability as a command trait. Yeah. Which I think you have two really of them nice. going around. Is yeah. it his actual one for word for word? Not quite, because this is Legion of Night, whereas his is like summonable. Actually, I think his is just Soul Blight Gravelords. I don't think that one's. I think the plus one to hit and wound is. His... Oh no, yeah, no, his is summonable units, whereas this is Legion of Night units. So this one is actually a little bit better because the plus one attacks. You could combo this with Manfred, so yes, this guy, can, yeah. this this guy could come in kill something then manfred gets plus one attacks on all of his profiles then manfred can attack and then everything after them attacking is getting plus two <laughs> yeah. so it's um it's pretty nice yeah it, it the way things sort of stack in this army is there's so many ways to get plus attacks it's ridiculous um and our last one is the terrifying visage Subtract one from wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons that target this general. This is where I sort of went with it, um, was to put this on a Vangorian Lord. So you're minusing one from Rend and you're minusing one from wound rolls. So that Vangorian Lord is real tanky. Yep. And I think you could combine that with... It's like the other way where we said Manfred goes nicely into Nephi's Legion. I think Nephi can also come into Legion of Night for her her aura of minus <laughs> one to hit. Because then you combine that up and you've got, yeah, minus one to hit, minus one to wound, minus one rend on the Venga Lord. They actually become yeah. <laughs> really, really annoying. And then especially if Nephi's chucked the ignoring rend as well into that. 
um, Venga Lord, like he's going to be hard to kill. Yeah, it's ridiculous the way you can stack sort of stuff. All the debuffs. There's so many debuffs, and they're not on abilities. They're not on um, spell casting. These are just auras. Yeah, I think um, I think there's a decent selection of traits. I think that's the thing. Like the traits in most of the legions are the thing that's good, and then the artifacts yes. are are a bit meh. And then mm. so I think it's kind of the artifacts that some of the legions have some good good ones and or like or they might have a standout um because a lot of them are a bit rubbish but the traits are generally all pretty interesting though there's at least like three kind of good picks to do different things around as well i like that they're not all just much of the same like they give you it's kind of like they thought about different ways that you might play each of the legions and they kind of give you traits for each of those different play styles within just even that legion itself so like you could play Legion of Night three different ways. Like you could play Legion of Blood three different ways, and you haven't even changed legions. So I think it's cool. yeah. The, the, that just definitely a big strong point of the whole book is the command traits. Just change up the way an army works, and you're still within the same sort of action. Like yep. that's that's amazing. All right, uh, and then we're on to artifacts of power. Uh, so the first one up, we've got Vial of Pure Blood. Once per battle in your hero phase, you can say that the bearer will drink from their Vial of Pure Blood. If you do so, add one to hit and wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by the bearer into your next hero phase. So if you're getting something like a double and you're taking something like this, that just sort of compounds your ability to get damage off. Yeah, like it's a... It's already probably a, a better once per battle ability, even if it was strictly just for that phase. The guarantee of plus one to hit and plus one to wound on something is really nice. Yeah. And then because it's until your next hero phase, like you say, like if you go potentially, you like you're going first in a battle round, so you're facing down a potential double. You could get this for three turns. So even yeah. though it's once per battle, you might actually get three turns worth of use out of it. And it's not, there's no dice roll evolved, which makes it better than all the other yep. ones we've been talking about. Yep. Um, another nice one, Shard of Night. Ignore the rend characteristics of missile weapons when making save rolls for attacks that target the bearer. I mean, when that first, when this book first dropped, the only real thing that I thought that that's cool against is Iron Drakes, um, mm -hmm. which... I don't know if just because I play against Simon a lot, maybe my <laughs> maybe maybe my impression of how many bridge Iron Drakes are in the meta is higher than it actually is. But yeah, I was like, there's only really one unit that's doing it from Rend, which is the Iron Drakes. Um, but I think with the new Stormcast book coming out, I think this is so much more relevant now because yep. you've got the Knight Judicator who's Rend three, the Star Drakes are Rend three. Um, you've got the long strikes are Ren 2. Like, there's a lot more stuff that is like Ren 2 and Ren 3 shooting. KO have always been a thing with Ren. They don't do mortals, they just do Ren 2 and Ren 3. So, I actually think like having your your Vamp Lord on Zombie Dragon or whatever that's got a 2 plus save that's ignoring Ren from shooting could be real nice into some of those armies. Yeah, it's definitely a strong, depending on, it's meta specific as well. 
I don't think if you're not seeing many, it's mainly combat based. You're not going to really have a good use out of it. But seeming as it's we seem to be coming into shooting, especially with the cool boys as well. I know they're not doing a whole lot of rending attacks; they're mortal wounds. Um, but with the new storm cast, yeah. Uh, and the third one is uh, Gems of a Sanguination. Uh, once per battle at the start of the combat phase, you can pick one enemy unit within six inches of the bearer and roll a dice. On a one, nothing happens. On a two to five, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. On a six, that unit suffers D6 mortal wounds. <laughs> it's so crap. Yeah. Like, take something like... Um, the uh like thunder lizard fusel of conflagration for example that's not once per battle it's shooting phase it's like 12 inch range it's two to three or maybe two to four is d3 mortal wounds and then like five and six is d6 just just that just that one comparison immediately it's that one is so much better than this one like it's just uh, move on. Like especially with the others, uh, actually decent. You're just never taking that gem. No, it's two mortal wounds on average, and that's within six inches. It's just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another nice one. Uh, we've got the Chiropton cloak. Or, I don't know. It's Chiropton cloak. It's, it's weird. <laughs> the the, the chiropractor's <laughs> cloak. Yeah, that's the Cairo, it's the Cairo, <laughs> the Cairo Petron, the Chiropteran, the Chiropteran. That's it. That's, that's it. Yeah, better. the Chiropteran, the Chiropractor's I mean, cloak. Yeah, yeah. I've always just called it, it the Chiropractor's cloak. Yeah, um, if the modified hit roll for an attack made with a melee weapon that targets the bearer is one, the attacking unit suffers one mortal wound after all of its attacks have been resolved. This is a lot better now in AOS three. Now that there's a lot less reroll ones to hit out there, it went. Yeah. It it it's a part like it carried over from the old book, but because in AOS two generic command ability to reroll ones just shut it just turned that off. Now that's gone. I I think there's a place for that again, and like against armies that are trying to do like weight of dice attacks and stuff like that, like witch elves or plague bearers zombies zombies yeah like the <laughs> think of the mirror skeleton and anything that's doing loads of attacks in melee all those ones <laughs> um like lumineth like wardens mm. um oh we we'll work against ward oh yeah sorry we'll work against wardens not sentinels. like sorry they roll those ones to hit and then they're taking mauls back which i think is really powerful like something yeah again on like something big like a vampire lord on zombie dragon or whatever that can be rocking around with a two plus one plus save big base ram him in they make loads of attacks against him one in six and because it's on the hit roll as well it's so nice like one in six is doing a mortal back like even just to storm cost like annihilators a unit of three doing nine attacks they should take one to two more wounds and like three mortal wounds kills an annihilator and they're super expensive because they're paying for their two plus save so if they're killing themselves from attacking you, like that's actually pretty decent. We all know those Nurgle builds that were floating around, rerolling sixes to hit and ones to a mortal wound back to you. Um, with the wording on this, does this allow you to make a ward save? 
I'm unsure about the wording for the ward save rolls. I think so, because it says, like, a ward, if it's allocated against you, like, at any other time, you just roll it. Okay. I think Corey was saying something about this, but I, he's tried to explain his wording to me over and over, and I'm like, I just, yeah. I don't see, I don't see what you think is there. Because I know they did change the wording for ward rolls in general for, was it which elves that they couldn't make the save, or there was something going around with ward, so, ward rolls and copying mortal wounds back that you didn't get the ward save. But I think it's only relevant against the unit that's like getting attacked in terms okay. of the attack in terms of the timing of the attack sequence i'm pretty sure like it just says in the normal rules around ward saves it's like if a, a mortal wound or whatever is caused at any other like at any other time at the moment it's allocated you get the save so i just mm -hmm. i don't i don't think there's any yeah. personally i don't think there's any interplay with this in terms of yeah. techie stuff with the like attack sequence because i don't think it's relevant because it's not against the attacking like it's not against the model getting attacked. The yes, only okay. like the only thing that's relevant from the attack sequence is the timing of the model being attacked. Ward save, like mm -hmm. the the mortal wounds that would get caused against the attacking unit, are just like it's happened to it at any point, suffering mortal wounds, so it gets its mortal wound save. But yeah, and I would play that if I was using it or if it was being used against me, even if it meant it was worse for me. Like that's generally how i think it works yeah fair enough um fifth on the list is morbeg's claw morbeg's claw uh in your hero phase you can say that the bearer will carve sigils into the ground using morbeg's claw if you do so add two to the casting rolls for friendly legion of night wizards wholly within 12 inches of the bearer until your next hero phase However, the bearer cannot make a normal move, charge move, shoot, or fight until the next hero phase. So, I mean, James, you've you've played a bit of um, Legion of Night, right? In in the old book, and this is an artifact that was in the old book. Yeah, it's exactly the same as the old book. Um, it's not quite like. Oh, is it Holy Within Twelve's been added in? I think. No, you used to be able to move. Oh, I did think. You, okay, all right. I yeah. thought you because the issue the issue now is that you can't, like you can't move. So yeah, I don't think. Okay. As yeah. soon as you go out of range, I might be wrong. Maybe you know. I don't think you could button. move before either, but it's just that plus adding two to casting rolls was um was just that, the sweet spot. You know, get giving that boost to get that um higher casting spell off that you need, and just in general, just keep you you guys up around you. You definitely want to use it on a hero that costs nothing at all because you essentially lose use of him for a whole turn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't, because of the not moving, like if you want to move the rest of your army up as well, like anything fast is going to go outside of the 12 because he's not going to be able to move. So for your next hero phase, he, you basically have to do it one turn, then not do it the next turn to run him up, to then do it the following turn. Unless the only thing, the only bit of tech I can think is if you take a um, either a bridge or Lauchon, yeah, to move the hero with Lauchon, but then it feels like you, one of your spells has got to go on Lauchon for a start, and then you can teleport the go. Bridge might be okay because other stuff can be slow. Like you could use it to just sling units forward, but you mm. drop him for because it doesn't disappear, and you can reposition. Um, so potentially you could use it to keep that up, but I mean, plus two to cast is really nice in a 12 inch aura and it's not like, it's not once per game. 
like that's a we were talking about mm. the other artifact of like why can't you just all the time make your opponent minus one to cast like plus two to cast in a 12 inch bubble is really nice yeah it's quite strong it's a shame it's only on legion of night wizards so it's nothing you can bring in let's it's manfred or unnamed heroes yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. it's it's good because it means nagash can't yeah <laughs> like, you no know, nagash nagash can i'm pretty sure he takes the um does he, he? takes the keyword yeah oh, oh. so nagash can be what? plus five i think he does yeah i assumed yeah. he had like oh yeah no because there is no like he doesn't overall. have a specific one for there himself. is no like overall yeah. one is there so yeah so when yeah. you choose an army you um you give it the lineage yeah i just see it there, and then yeah. his word already has a... of the undead yeah he gains yeah he, he does gains not it. have it he gains the keyword in addition he's the general yeah so there you go yeah. you can um plus two to cast <laughs> if you really need if you really want it you can have it <laughs> if you think you, you need it plus, yeah. you're struggling plus five for there's pluses plus to cast. To cast. No. Take a mortar's engine plus six. <laughs> take a corpse cart plus seven. Just you know. And then take, shit, take I write a double one. Take this at your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> double one miscast. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. But yeah, would you would you take it over other things? I don't know. I, I, I mean in the old book yeah. in the old yeah. book that was the one I always put in. So mm. I think it's really like if you go in that build um like again if i think if you're going to take like a you know like we said before if you did like a necromancer cabal where you had like mm, sorry yeah. like a cabal of a bunch of them because they move slow that's probably the one where one of them not moving for a turn you still probably get two hero phases worth of it where they're all in range um i think could be could be quite nice yeah definitely well if you're getting you like you might be getting debuffed for your casting depending on who you're facing um and how much does it suck if you don't get that van hells off yeah, yeah. Um, you know? and like i said like you can take mortis engines and corpse carts the only thing around that is you can take mortis engines and corpse carts to give plus two in a bubble that can move mm. so mm. you can take but what i like is you can take that artifact to either save yourself points in not needing to take mortis engines and corpse carts or you can take it to put plus two in two different parts of the battlefield yeah. or you can take it to just go okay i've got plus four <laughs> yeah because then you can like, also your minimum casting rolls are sevens then which like because if you roll a double one you've miscast anyway so yeah. if you do that there isn't a spell in the law that casts on more than a seven so yeah. you you basically know if your opponent's not in unbind range or doesn't have any unbinds if you've got plus four to cast, you know you will guarantee get any spell off as long as you don't miscast. Yeah. Yep. But you could also look at it as like a like a, like you're saying, um, Sam, like having a cheap hero, um, put him on him, but then chuck him up in the in ambush in Ageless Cunning, and then just set him up where you need him at a certain time in the like further end down the battle. You know. Yeah, because I play with Sneaky Snufflers when I play with Gits, and mm. they have a similar issue where the buff's not where you need it, um, but mm. they get around that by having a teleport. So if you're able to set them up later in the game where you need them, it does take a bit of planning to do then to do the Ageless Cunning with them. Yeah, it's just a just a thought that popped in my head, but 
yeah. a way to, to get a bit of utility out of it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then the last one, again, <laughs> it's a bit of a very meh one. After armies, so it's the curse blade. After armies have been set up, but before the first battle round begins, you can pick one enemy hero on the battlefield. In your hero phase, if the bearer and that hero are on the battlefield, roll the dice. The five plus, that hero suffers one mortal wound, and you can heal one wound allocated to the bearer. I mean, it's better than the the version of this in the other Legion, right? Because you're healing <laughs> the, at least for this one as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least but, it's a sword, you know, it's like something cool. Although it's not better because it's on a 5+, plus, whereas the other one was <laughs> yeah. like guaranteed, then a 2, then a 3, then a so. Like if I was yeah. doing a 5+, plus roll, I'd want a CP, not just heal one wound and give yeah, one or I'd wound. Yeah, or I'd want D3 wounds and D3 healed. It should be like the gem of Sanguination. Like you you cop nothing on a 1 and a, on a 2 to 5, it's D3 mortal wounds and you heal D3 mortal wounds. And on a 6, it's D6 mm. and you heal D6. Yeah. 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 That would be nice. And still not more overpowered. Like, no. Yeah, it would give you an option, but I still would be like <laughs> looking to take the chiropractor's cloak or Morbeg's claw or the shard of night or the vial of pure blood. <laughs> I would still, even if it was that, like D3 at or D6 and you were healing yeah. it, I would still be taking those four before I took that item. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. And that's if you're not taking, you know, your, your universal artifacts. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, do you, either of you have uh, any lists or specific tech for Legion of Night? Obviously, James, like I know you said before, like the thing you get with Legion of Night is the Vargeist become battle line, which is a bit different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of got like a bones of a, you know, bones structure of a list, like with Manfred, obviously, Vampire Zombie Dragon and a White King. Um, Two units of Vargeis, I've got Blood Knights, Graveguard, um, and I've got some skellies in there as well, just to, you know, as it's, again, you know, you just, you, you can kind of take this very similar list across the, um, across the different legions or dynasties. Um, so it's kind of nothing real special with the actual uh, units loadout. Um, it's really up to your own taste, I guess. But yeah, I think Graveguard's a really good one to have in there. Um, but I just like Vargeist as a unit. They just—I've had them for a long time. They just—I just think they're cool. So I chuck them in, utilize them as the battle line. But um, yeah, just that triple threat, like you were saying before. You've got Ben. You're saying, uh, sorry, Sam. You're saying, um, you know, your Vargeist can set up anywhere. You've got the board edge, and then also you've got your um, your grave sites. So you've got more utility in there. Yeah. With my list. Um, I was more sort of porting over a Verkos list, but just taking out all the Verkos named heroes because they become near useless in this one. Uh, and just throwing a Manfred in there in a Vangorian Lord. Um, just running a complete debuff Vangorian Lord. Like Neg 1 to Rend, Neg 1 to Wound. Um, you can give him Neg 1 to Hit. Uh, and then you've just got that running around in their backfield sort of behind a, a screen. And they just can't kill stuff because you've got things that are being able to come down on the sides, come out of your grave sites, and even possibly if you want to make it a general, you can have them coming straight in the front of the, the army as well. So you've just got stuff coming out everywhere that just really confuses and wears down your opponent, especially in a tournament in the later rounds. Um, it gives them too much to think about, and it just creates mm -hmm. a little confusion. I'm really liking the, um, 
possibilities with, with unholy impetus, like what you guys were saying before with Manfred's command ability, unholy impetus, and, you know, beating the drum for the old um, Bloodseeker Palanquin again. <laughs> um, <laughs> got that, you know, you got that, he's got that av- ability where he, um, if a hero is slain within, um, I think it's 12 inches of him. 12 inches, yep. Yeah, it's like another plus one attack. Um, if that's just if any hero is slain within nine of him, um, then you add another attack to vampire units, and that includes your Vargeist as well. So, you know, you just got like these stackable things that you can just bolt in there, which I think is really cool with Legion of Night. Yeah, and then like it's good because it, can... it it boosts your big heroes as well. Like it, it's because it's Legion of Night units, like it boosts mm-hmm. the heroes as well. So yeah, you, you can rack up the attacks on like lots of units as well which is good and it's not costing command points so then you're also not being able to use different command abilities on them as well because they're Mm. not commands so you're just stacking stuff everywhere yeah yeah it's wicked yeah cool all right well that's that's the uh end of legion of night so should we take another break there and uh then we'll come back maybe with uh castellai dynasty indeed from our break a very short short break um and we're getting started this time on uh the castellai dynasty indeed uh, yes yes the uh, seems to be one of the strong tournament uh sub factions that everyone seems to be taking it's got some quite strong sub faction rules um and it allows for um msu and small like model armies because of the way it all works um who wanted to? Who wants to take us through the uh, the battle traits for Castellai? Do you want to do it, man? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it for yeah. you. No yeah, worries. Um, so for Castellai, our battle traits, um, we've got the Shifting Keep. Instead of setting up a Castellai Dynasty Blood Knights unit on the battlefield, you can place it to one side and say that it is set up an ambush as a reserve unit. You can set up one reserve unit and ambush for each unit you already have in the battlefield. At the end of any movement phase, you can set up one or more of these units on the battlefield wholly within six inches of the battlefield edge and more than nine inches from all enemy units. Uh, and then at the start of the fourth battle round, they are destroyed. So very much like Legion of Night, but you're just doing it with Blood Knights this time. Yeah, cool. A bit of flexibility uh, for manu- maneuverability, getting behind the lines. Yeah. Give yeah. them yeah. Um, the option, you know, are they going to screen behind? Are they going to screen your grave sites like you mentioned um, a bit earlier? Yeah. yeah it's a it's a little bit like they had a similar rule in the old book um but it's a bit different like the old rule was limited to you picked one board one and you could declare the game. it as well um, you had to declare so you had, it didn't you? you had to declare mm. it at the start of the game mm. so you only you could only bring one from one board edge which was weaker but mm. that gave you full rerolls to hit while you were like wholly within 15 of that board edge so 
they've lost the re-rolls, but you can come on from any board edge. So you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is where the real sort of spice begins for these battle traits. Uh, you've got the Might of the Crimson Keep. This is where you start powering up your um, your units. Uh, so you've got each time a friendly Castellite Dynasty Vampire unit destroys an enemy unit, that friendly unit gains the relevant ability below for the rest of the battle. A unit cannot gain the same ability more than once per battle. Uh, and then you've got Bloodied Strength. This is for a hero or monster if you've killed one of them. Uh, you add one to the damage characteristic of the melee weapons, but this excludes your mounts you have. Uh, the second part to that is if you um, kill a unit with a wounds characteristic of three or more, and it was not a hero or a monster, you get Stolen Vitality, which is add one to your wounds characteristic. And then your last one, if the enemy has a wounds characteristic of two or less, uh, you get Absorbed Speed, which is add two to run and charge rolls for that unit cool i love it yep they're really cool um like the great thing is they they last for the rest of the game obviously it has to be it's only the unit that actually deals the killing blow gets the bonus but being able to get like plus one damage for a start is really good um the plus two to run and charge a little bit less useful when you've already like generally because you're already in combat to have done this um but then and then plus one wound obviously it's not going to double up like your grave guard or any of your infantry because it only works on vampire units um mm. but they're still really good like your blood knights go from three wounds to four wounds um which is really good like you basically go plus five wounds potentially like to a unit well that's a minimum size unit um, you got 10 blood knights, you get plus 10 wounds to the unit. Like, it's basically an extra three blood knights for free for just killing something that had like th a three wound or more unit. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, plus one damage as well is great. Like, on blood knights yeah. as well, as lances yeah. or whatever. And what's really yeah. good about it is it's the characteristic, it's not a modifier. So you're able mm. to add more things to them as well. Not that you get plus one hitting like that. Um, but it is a characteristic, so other things from other armies can affect these as well. Um, and then you can also use buffs to affect them as well for yourself. Uh, yeah, and it does look on heroes as well, it's so like Vordry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You name, you name characters getting it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going that Lance, like he goes in, blasts a unit, and he's just getting more powerful for his next charge if he like kills a hero or something he's getting extra damage for the next thing and um like plus two to run and charge is really nice as well um especially on blood knights i think that really synergizes nicely with their like trample ability um if you mm. go in you kill a screen and then you've got the ability to then just the next charge you make you flee yeah. through or whatever like the next charge you make you're getting plus two again um yeah which is really good they're all good so um, yeah. I think it's a cool yeah. ability. Um, obviously, it is only if you kill stuff with melee, because um, otherwise there could be like some really cheeky stuff with like Nagash. If you took him like charging up some arcane bolts, if you got to the point <clears throat> where you were at like the start of the charge phase, for example. I mean, this is all redundant because you can't do it, but like it would have been cool. <laughs> it would have been cool like if you're at the start of the charge phase and there was like a, a, a unit of chaff that had one or two models left. And you just unleash two arcane bolts onto it, kill it, 
so that the Nagash then gets plus two to his charge rolls. That would have been really cool, but obviously it's only <laughs> it's only once you kill stuff in melee. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a cool trait. Um, maybe a bit annoying to keep track of through the battle because it's going to be different buffs. You can have up to three buffs on the same unit, but it's not going to be all units. Like, yeah, just maybe a little bit bookkeepy. Um, yeah, you have but... to tr take a trip to Token Town, I think, for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially with some of the um, buffs you can do with the command traits later on that apply it for one round. So you've got more tokens you have to put down and more things that have to sit there. Yeah. So you could say the token caster outlay is a bit high for this army. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, a bit I might stretch. have to leave now. I might have to yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it's you to it, Chris. I think we should just give Adam, let's give, let's, let's give Adam Butchers, Butchers Gali a call. <laughs> all right with that let's should we move on to the command traits yep <laughs> uh, right. so we've got the command traits here uh we've got the beacon of the bloodshed after this general makes a charge move you can pick one enemy unit within one inch of this general and roll the dice on a three plus that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds yeah right. little impact some impact hits there yeah, yeah like it sort of stacks well with your stomp as well. Yeah, I was going to say, with stomp, it just helps. Like, you've got, like, basically a two up for D3, a three up for D3. Like, more wounds go into some highly armoured stuff, like Stormcast or whatever. Like, all that stuff really racks up, so. What, what they could stack nice with as well, because the way the Might of the Crimson Keep works, there might be a unit nearby that's got a few wounds left. So you can go into that, use your stomp or your... your um beacon of the bloodshed uh, and then you kill that unit you get that buff and then you can fight somewhere else so you're getting two buffs for the use of one yeah although that's not going to work is it because it has to be melee weapon that kills them doesn't it just say each time a friendly castellar dies the unit destroys an enemy unit with the melee weapon i think it just says destroys Mate, each time the damage inflicted yeah. by an attack with a melee weapon. Oh, it must be updated in the app then. Mine does not have that at all. Yeah, I'm reading from the app. So it says each time the damage inflicted by an attack made with a melee weapon used oh, okay, by a friendly yeah. Castellite Dynasty okay. Vampire unit destroys must an have enemy been, unit. Must have been FAQ because yeah, the, book's got, the, um, the book has it as just destroys an enemy unit, yeah. But yeah, okay. it's probably been, might have been fact. Damn it, we'll have to, the we'll have to fact. did work, and then they fact it to not work. <laughs> we'll have to yeah. fact, we'll have to fact check it. Fact to the joy of, well, my app doesn't even work, so I can't even read any of this stuff, eh? That's <laughs> all just straight from the book. Because I've got bloody nurglings in the system for my account, which is lovely. Oh, for fact's sake. <laughs> oh, dear. So that, that kills that synergy anyway. <laughs> mm, yeah yeah uh so we've got a <laughs> on to the next one anyway then uh master of retaliation at the end of the combat phase if any wounds or mortal wounds were allocated to this general in that phase and this general was not slain you can pick one enemy unit within one inch of them and roll a dice on a two plus that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's worse than Beacon in that it's only, like, 
at the end of the combat phase and you have to have taken damage but at the same time it's better than beacon because it's on a two plus and it can go off like you don't need to be making charges it's just in combat so if you've got mm. like a fairly tanky like a vampire lord on zombie dragon or whatever that is going to take a few wounds each combat phase but then they heal and then they heal again like you're always just chipping off extra more wounds for being attacked which is nice yeah and it's combat phase so it's twice a turn if you're in combat for both both yeah. of the player turns yeah just a um, cheeky little cheeky little wounds back yeah uh and then you've got a uh, power in the blood if an enemy unit is destroyed within six inches of this general this general gains the relevant ability from the might of the crimson keep battle trait above even if the enemy unit was not destroyed by this general so a nice double up of the buff going around mm. yeah cool that's great i like that he just has to be there to get it if his blood you know blood knights goes in he just benefits from it if he's in if he's in that range that's cool I like it. yeah adds a bit more to your to your general yeah. there for not having to do a lot if it was a buffing general you could send him at the back there and you're giving him more wounds or you're getting him a bit more speed to run around for his run rolls yeah it's cool i like it uh this is a nice one here um rousing commander once for battle at the start of the combat phase you can say that this general will rouse their warriors if you do so until the end of that phase friendly castle dynasty vampire units Wholly within 12 inches of this general, benefit from the bloodied strength and stolen vitality abilities from the might of the Crimson Keep battle trait above, if they have already not already gained one of those traits. And it's just for that phase, yeah? Yeah. It's only yeah. just the ones for the stage, yeah. It just gives you that nice boost on that critical turn where you just you know, you can get you can get the benefit of those things just could be the thing that you need just to push through, punch through some lines or to clear out some um, units or something. So, Yeah, and it's units wholly within 12. So you've yeah. got the general as well as any units you have nearby. And it's generally going on Blood Knights or a smaller size unit. So you've mm -hmm. got a few units copying this buff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. The thing that's really good about that one is because it's at the start of the combat phase, you can use it to get the like plus one damage and the plus one wounds for that phase and then that hopefully means that because of that damage you get the kill which then means that you will then have the bonus for like the rest of the battle anyway so i, yeah, I really yeah. like i like that one because you don't like the other one even if you get the bonus damage you don't get it until like after you've already attacked whereas this one you get it at the start and then that hopefully like like i said means that you can then earn that bonus anyway that you get to keep for the rest of the battle yeah that's why i sort of like it because it allows you to get in there and, and do your damage first and then cop mm. the the <clears throat> constant buff later on what if um and this just it's just occurred to me then like so with the add one to the wounds characteristic so for example you uh your blood knights go from three wounds to four what if one of your knights is down to one wound and hasn't gained in an extra wound buff. I um, think like that's add, in is, the fact. Does that just, they just stay on one wound or is, does that get sucked up and they die? Um, I, <laughs> I think that's one of the questions in the fact that I haven't committed yeah. to memory because uh, I haven't run this dynasty yet. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll have to have a quick look at that. I'm sure we can have a look at that, what we're going later on. 
Um, yeah. And we can confirm what happens there. But that that's an interesting one because it's, it is relevant mm. if you are using something like Rousing Commander. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, sure uh, someone, one... I'm sure there's someone listening who's shouting at us right now what the answer yeah. is. It's always the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know I do the same thing when I hear something <laughs> wrong or something I know. Yeah. Because a lot yeah. of people do love Castellai because uh, of the way it plays. So I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there screaming yeah. at us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one we have Swift and Deadly. You can reroll charge rolls for friendly Castellai Dynasty units while they're wholly within 12 inches of this general. So just like the other ones, just not some nice easy rerolls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last one that we have here is a crating for massacre. This general can run and still charge later in the same turn. So this is really dependent because a lot of people seem to like to use the uh, Vangorian Lord who, in this uh, dynasty, who does already have that on his war scroll at different stages. So it could be really nice on something like a Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon, something that doesn't have that rule. Yeah. Yeah. Although that being said, the Vangorian Lord, the way that his command ability is worded. It's kind of the reverse way to how you would want it. Like he's more likely yes. to he's more likely to run and charge as the game goes on and not at the start. So I do yeah. see there being use in this trait for him. Um Yep. So yeah, like just knowing that you can always run and charge with them if you want it. Or it's just always great on a vampire lord on zombie dragon, like knowing that you can just be like use a six or whatever to run if you want. So you're going twenty inches plus a charge. It, it well, just... plus pinions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get 26 going, inches. 26 inches then charging. Like, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, what about you? I think Rousing Commander is probably the one that you see the most. Yeah, that's the one I lean towards as well. Um, otherwise, I think Power in the Blood is really useful just because there's only so many enemy units that are going to die. And the fact that you can make your general benefit mm -hmm. like every time a unit gets destroyed within six he'll get the bonus as well as the unit that gets the bonus um and because of the way like again with timing if you have another unit go in and kill a hero or whatever it is before that general attacks and but he's within six then he can get like the plus one damage before like the general then attacks that phase as well so there's yeah. there's definitely there's definitely some play around power in the blood um but for me i just think rousing commander is so good um it's the plus one to hit uh, sorry plus one damage and plus one to wound being guaranteed for all units holier than 12 as well um i know it's only once per battle but i think it's really strong like just plus one damage for all units holier than 12 is so good like you would you would like you would definitely take that in pretty much any army yeah yeah that's where my list leans towards as well the rousing all right commander. cool um uh, all right let's let's look at the artifacts then yeah so the artifacts we got up first it was quick we've got the sword of red seneschal i have no clue about that one seneschals <laughs> Seneschals. There we go. Uh, pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. In the combat phase, if any enemy models are slain by attacks with that weapon, 
Add one to wound rolls for attacks made by friendly soul blight gravelord units, wholly within 12 inches of the bearer until the end of that phase. I think that's really good. And it pairs really nicely with the trait as well that we just talked about. Like you you're doing that turn or like you're aiming to have all your stuff wholly within 12 of the general anyway. And then like he goes in, kills something, and then everything on that turn that you want to pop it as well is getting plus one to wound. Mm -hmm. And it's not vampire or blood knights or anything like that. It's just any soul blight grave lords unit. Yeah. So it's going on everything you needed to. Yeah, and it doesn't need, like, it's also that it doesn't need the uh, Castellai keyword as well. Mm. So if you had, like, Manfred or whatever in there, or Neferata, like a, a different Mortar, a different Mortar or Radicar, like anything with any of the other, that are, like, have the other faction keywords, that doesn't matter. Like, they can still get the benefit as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, next up. We've got Blood Saint Shield. Subtract one from casting rolls for enemy wizards within six inches of the bearer. Useless. Within <laughs> six inches. <laughs> yeah, see, this, 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 this is what we are saying, like that other artifact that I was saying before, like why couldn't that be minus one to cast for the whole game? Like this one is, but it's within six, like it's just a bit too short range. Like if it, was within, their face. if it was within eighteen, I think it could work. Like, I reckon yeah. it should be it should be subtract two from casting rolls if it's gonna, if they're going to make it that short range. At least yeah. give give you a like give you an incentive mm -hmm. to get your your big guy in there or whoever um, to get him in close to get a, a decent enough benefit for it. Like, yeah, especially like you've got like the Lumineth spell. I've got that. Um, what is it like solar flare or? whatever where they can pick a point and then everything within 10 of that point or whatever is minus two to cast it's so much like it's a spell that's got a range then it's a bigger buff from that range anyway and that's from an army that's got way better unbinding potential than this army generally anyway as well it just feels like uh you couldn't just make it yeah like or even if it was subtract one <laughs> from all enemy wizards <laughs> within 18 or maybe even 30 and then, like you say, subtract two while you're within six or 12. Like it would have been, still wouldn't have been overpowered, yeah. but it would yeah. have been. The closer you get, useful. the more of a debuff it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. One Maybe of those even... artifacts. Yeah. <laughs> Take uh, my GW. Next... <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we've got Standard of the Crimson Keep. Subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made with missile weapons that target the bearer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not going to stack with Unleash Hell, so you're only going to get it in the one sort of shooting phase. <laughs> bit meh. Yeah, I think it's a bit meh. Like, on a big thing, you probably want to take a better artifact anyway, and on a small hero, they're most likely getting lookout, sir, anyway, so... Like, yes, you could have, you like, you stack your minus twos to negate an opponent's plus one, but, <sighs> meh. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Grave Sand Shard. Once per battle at the start of the hero phase, you can say that the bearer will crush their Grave Sand Shard. If you do so, add one to rolls for Deathless Minions Battle Trait for friendly Soul Blight Grave Lord units, wholly within 12 inches of the bearer until the end of that turn. 
it's once per battle, but I think this one's really good. Like, okay, your whole army already has a six up, you have to bear that in mind, but getting a five up ward save for your whole army for a turn, like, well, wholly within 12, is really nice. Like, even just as a, like, turn one alpha defense, if you set up on the line, knowing that you're going into, like, Iron Jaws or whatever that wants to come and get you, Mm, yeah. then you'd like cool at least i'll have a five up ward and i think that five up after save on your stuff that's got the standard bearers so blood knights skeletons say that. yeah uh grave guard because yeah. they're now re-roll ones for deathless minions it's a five up re-rolling ones which is actually really good yeah yeah and um, it would stack really nicely like with um Rousing Commander, like you activate that in your once per battle, then you activate, you like you crush your Grave Sand Shard, and you just go in, like charging big, with your extra buffs and or, your, or um, the turn after, yeah, you ch- yeah. you go in, you do all your damage, you sit there, mm. and then like ready, you kind of maybe open yourself up to the retaliation, but then you're like, okay, now I'm gonna use my everything gets a five up, yeah, 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 yeah that's strong. Uh, next up, we've got Fragment of the Keep. Subtract one from wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by enemy units within six inches of the bearer. That's cool. Well, I think That's the, I, I nice think one the frag- always good. I think the fragment's a bit better than the standard. So, yeah, if you're going to have any part of the keep, I'd rather have a fragment of it. But yeah, like it's not wholly within either, which is really nice. And like you mm-hmm. get put that on a Venga Lord or um, like a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon and their decent sized base, like anything within six, the whole unit is minus one to wound, which is really good because this book has loads of pluses to wound in it, but not a lot of other books do. No. And then it's within six, so they don't have to be in combat either to get that yeah. off. They can just sit behind a screen outside combat range, and it's just with it units within six, so you can get multiple units as well. Yeah, and that's the thing that works as well with the Vengorian Lord, I think, because he's got the units within three are already minusing their rend by one, and then if you're making them minus one from their wound rolls, like you can get traits to be like minus one from hit rolls. You can really just make it hit like just put a really big kind of aura of debuffs down and then obviously if you've got necromancers and stuff as we said before like all of their Mm, spells are uh, are further kind of reducing wounds and hits and attacks and damage and you can really drain a lot of stuff absolutely and you're getting that um from the corpse cut with a balfar brazier too if you if you want to fit one in and yeah and utilize that if you've got if you if you can spare 80 points with amongst all your um uh, amongst all your blood knights and i don't know you probably need to put it in vanguard or something yeah there's just lots of stuff you can stack that with which is really nice mm. uh, and the last one we've got is the red casket once per battle at the start of your charge phase you can say that the bearer will draw upon the power of the red casket if you do so add three to charge rolls for the that bearer in that phase yeah, so this is similar to the other the other one in um, Legion of Blood, I think it was, where you get a bonus for each other like vampire hero on the battlefield. Yes. Um, yep. I don't know if I prefer this one or that one if you were going to go that route, 
because you probably you've probably in most cases got three or four vampire lord heroes anyway so you might if not more you might want to have the ability to get like plus five but this one does mean you actually don't need all those vampire heroes and you can get the permanent plus three like so it also doesn't matter if the others have died or whatever so they probably work out about the same um i ultimately i don't think it matters because i think you'll you'll end up taking either the the grave sand shard or the fragment of the keep mm. or Just the or people... the sword of the red seneschals like i think there's decent artifacts here and you can obviously take multiples yeah. of them if you took warlord battalions so mm -hmm. Just so for a question for later on as well, with the way that um, the Demon Prince of Corn's debuff for halving charge rolls, is that the unmodified charge roll and you get bonus on top of that? Or is that the full charge roll at the end that gets halved? Well, I think you halve the, like, you halve the number and then you add modifiers. Okay. So I think if you rolled like a 10 inch charge, you'd halve that to five, then you'd add three. Yeah. So, so that would work well. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure with modifiers, it's like it's the dice roll halved, but I'd have to I'd have to double check to be absolutely sure. Yeah. But that that's Castellai all done there. Um, yeah. So, has any of you guys got any lists? I've got a list set up, but I'm not sure about you two. Uh, no, I've not got a specific list. So yeah, if you've got a list, definitely go for it. I've got like just. Again, ideas of things that you might want to see or that might be a bit stronger in this. But yeah, go go through your list for sure. So my list of Castellite, I've put down prize sorcery as my grand strategy going down the list. Um, because I think if Nagash is dead, the list is dead nearly. So I, d I don't really want to be losing Nagash. Um, so I've made it just prize sorcery there. Uh, and then I've made it, I've put Nagash in the list, obviously. Uh, I've got a Vingorian Lord as my general uh, with the Rousing Commander. Which we were talking about before so he's getting that uh once per battle buff to uh plus one two damage and plus one wounds uh he's also got fragment of the keep uh so he's just a little debuff guy that's running around um he's got minus one rand of a aura around him and then minus one to wound rolls as well so he's just there to be a massive nuisance yeah. uh, and then he's also got vile transference on him um because of the new wording on it and the amount of mega gargants that are out there now, uh, that'll work really well just to keep them buffed up with a bit of HP without having to commit um, to do a heal with the heroic action there. I can do that on, in other places if I need be. Um, and that's my heroes. I've thrown two uni uh, three units of five blood knights uh, just to buff up and send them around the board with their fast mobility and catching all of the um the power-ups from the crimson keep uh, i've thrown a unit of 10 death rattle skeletons just for that backfield sort of screening or to sit on a point where they just become a little bit of a nuisance when people try and commit their five or ten model uh units uh they can stand up to it a little bit more and then you can bring back extra units uh, extra models when they go to fight so it sort of counteracts their combat uh, yep. And then I threw in a unit of Felbats just for their ability to break Unleash Hell. Um, they're really handy if you haven't got any spells to break the Unleash Hell for like a Baladama spell. Um, and I've thrown that all in a Battle Regiment so it's a two drop. 
because Nagash is too large to fit in there. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I like it. <laughs> and it's pretty. I think it's pretty common to all, a lot of the lists floating around. Um, this is probably the next list I'm building towards, so it's going to take a bit of refinement. I'm not sure about some of the units in there. I just want to sort of test them out. So we'll see how that sort of goes. I liked it more because, as I was saying earlier, I'm a horde player, um, but I wanted to take a list that's not a horde list, so it's a lot less models for me to move around the board. And it's yeah. sort of a list that you could take around overseas or somewhere else because of the, the small amount of models there. And and the small model of Nagash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I think... I don't think Belladama is in the, like, I guess, most commonly seen Castellai list with uh, Nagash... Because I think it's normally Nagash, Four Dry, and a vampire, uh, and a Vangalorian Lord, and it's yep. that 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 combo. Um, but I actually really like taking Belladama because I can't like did, I can't remember. Did you say you had the spell portal? No, no, I haven't. Portal? I have no no spell portal. Yeah, because I think spell portals. Portal. I think spell portals are nice. Like I think I would always be taking spell portal if I'm taking Bella, and then yes. spell portal with Nagash is so good as well because you've got Hand of Dust and Turn yep. One. <laughs> because it's only three inch range like turn one most people will be able to keep hand of dust out of range even with a spell pool so it's actually really nice being like turn one you use it for belladama but then turn two you've got it for nagash if you need it um yeah so i haven't got belladama in this list that's why i threw the fell bats in oh sorry i thought you i thought you said belladama no 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 so i, I normally interchange the fell bats or belladama i go for either or for either one of them to break unleash hell um because i feel like you need that one throwaway unit because felbats have retreat and charge yeah fair so can oh. um can you guys explain to me what um like how you're breaking unleash hell with um these units so with the felbats um the way unleash hell works is the first unit that charges in um has to, if they want to use unleash hell they have to fire into that unit yeah. Uh, so then they're wasting their command point to kill three fell bats. Uh, the other way is with Belladama's Lycan Curse. She summoned oh, yeah. Direwolves based off model, mortal wounds done. Um, and because they're already in combat, they can't unleash hell when you charge in another mod another unit. Cool. Nice. I like it. Yeah, so yeah, the fell bats work just because they're generally small bases and they yeah. retreat charge and they move really fast. So they can usually get in. And even if someone's planning on doing something where they're like keeping their Unleash Hell unit back because they're planning on just using the the nine inch range of it and they're not planning on being the unit gets charged, usually Felbats can charge enough that they can get over the screen and still get within three to tie them up. Like yes, the Felbats die to the Unleash <laughs> Hell. But that's a point. <laughs> like, yeah, you 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 cop seventy points of Felbats or whatever instead of loot like getting a big unit shot like the Iliatha double bricks of sentinels like both unleashing hell or 30 iron drakes unleashing hell, like all that stuff you're like okay well you can just massively overkill three fell bats that's fine and mm. then you've got your big nasties into them um and they, yep. they're not really equipped to deal with them once they're in combat um but yeah the belladama trick i think is nicer because you just they can't do it anyway and you and yep. you're getting you're getting free units out of it as well rather than losing 70 point fell bats like once it happens and also those fell bats like if they go first they can just shoot the fell bats off and then you can't do it whereas with belladama yeah. 
you, you they can't like because the wolves aren't on the table until she makes them and to make them like they're dying but you do have to get the spells off whereas the bats at least are just there yeah yeah. And with this sort of list, you haven't got the points flowing around for Belladama. After you yeah. throw the three Blood Knight units in, you've got 160 points left over. Yeah. So yeah. you've not got much there. So that's why I went with the, the Death Rattle Skeletons and the Felbats. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like it. Yeah, that's for me. Thanks, thanks guys. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll keep that in mind. Um, I've, fingers, fingers crossed I've got a game coming up this weekend, so <laughs> I can start to get familiar with all this stuff. <laughs> We'll have to see a Twitter update from you. Yeah, it'll be it'll be James's own personal soul blight spooktacular on Halloween weekend. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Awesome. Right, well, we've got one dynasty left, so let's talk about the Avangori or Avangori, however people say. It. I like saying Avangori. That's That's they're, they're nice yeah. and gory. Yeah. Um, all right, so the battle traits for the Avangori are Cursed Abominations. So Cursed Abominations are unique enhancements, so they're basically mount traits. Uh, so if you've got any Terrorgeist or Zombie Dragons, one of them gets a Cursed Mutation, um, which you get to pick uh, from the Mutations table, um, which actually is not in the app now I'm looking at it. Unique Enhancements, here we go. So you got Maddening Hunger, which is once per turn at the start of the combat phase, you can pick an enemy model with a wounds characteristic of one that's within three of this model. If you do so, they're slain, and you get to heal one wound allocated to this model. It's pretty situational. Um, the only... Th I won't say the only thing. The main thing I see it being useful against is Mortec Guard, because it's the start of the combat phase. So you go in, you, you find their Hecatos and you yep. eat him, hmm. and they can't re-roll their saves. Take out those command-issuing one-wound um, champions and That's the other thing, basically unit champions now, yeah. where people hmm. people are babysitting units less because of the fact that unit champions can issue commands, so against those one-wound kind of units, but I just think there's less and less of them around. Um, yep. But yeah, for killing unit champions and stopping command abilities like stopping them going i'm gonna go all out defense is really nice um so it's yeah it's not bad um null blood construct reroll successful casting rolls for enemy wizards within nine of this model like that's okay like given that they're on monsters that aren't re like they're not going to be sitting back realistically they're going to be running forward getting stuck yep. in at least it's nine like it's still a bit short range um but it's not wholly within nine and they're on decent sized bases. Like if someone is a kind of a casting army where they've got a bunch of casters all fairly close range. I mean, they don't even have to be that close range. It's kind of what, probably like a 22 inch bubble effectively. Like that's not actually that small. Um, to reroll successful cast is quite nice, especially if you, you're forcing rerolls because if someone has cast and then you make them reroll, it gives them more chances of miscasting as well. Which they then can't yeah. re-roll. What's nice um, about that is this is not an artifact or a command trait; it's just a mutation. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so you're still free with any of these to get more stuff. And then the large one is urges of atrocity. So once per battle, this model can run and charge. So 
generally once per battle is probably all right for run and charge on these monsters they're fast enough that it is probably really a, a turn one thing if you're just trying to get one in mm -hmm. um it's a bit boring compared to the other two maybe um i don't but i think they've all they've all got their different uses um so i could see you wanting to take potentially a like a battalion or whatever to get another curse mutation um mm. if you were going into this but because you have to you have to choose right if you want another curse mutation or if you want another artifact or that you don't oh get, you like, don't get a, both no, i don't think you get both because they're different unique enhancements so you have to pick which one you want put it on um, okay. put it on a name character so like put on prince Vordry. um you can't it has to be on no uh, oh, actually, it has to well, be it, a, a, yeah a terror geist or a zombie dragon yeah it says, yeah, so uh, the Avangori Dynasty keyword includes any terror geists or zombie dragons. So those are the, the bold type um, keywords. They, he won't get it because he's already got Castellar keyword. Yeah. So you can't, uh, be, yes. yep. you can't be Avangori, yeah. Yep, yeah, gotcha. Disregard. But you could do it on a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. If yep. Zombie Dragon is a keyword. It's not on the app, so I don't actually know, but... If it's keyword well, in the book, then yes. But what's nice about this is there is the Alpha Beast pack floating around as well. Yep. Um So you this this dynasty sort of leans towards taking those um, non-hero monsters. Mm -hmm. um, so you can throw them in Alpha Beast pack for that free battalion, easy on to get another mutation if you wanted to, as well as then throwing in a battle regiment or warlord if you've got enough points laying around. Yeah. And actually, that's because of that battle reg, uh, because of that Alpha Beast pack getting the D6 inch move at the start yep. makes me probably lean away from the run and charge one once per battle. Um, because you're already getting like, yeah, okay, it might only be one inch move, but you can put three in that. So just by taking that, you get three that you can move D6 inches, which essentially gives three effectively run and charge. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. And then I definitely probably want the tech of either making my opponent like have to reroll casts or having that. I'd probably go with the unit champion one, even though one wound units are less and less. Um, yep. I just like that there's no dice roll involved. Like it is guaranteed, which is really good. Um, but yeah, so that's the uh, the cursed abominations. So monstrous might subtract one from wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons that target friendly Avangori, dynasty terrorists, zombie dragons, or vampire monsters, unless the attacking unit is a monster. If that last bit hadn't been included, <laughs> I yep. think this would have been really good. But the problem is we're kind of in hero hammer or shoot hammer, and it's only against melee, so. Mm the most prevalent stuff in the meta this doesn't do anything against because it doesn't do anything against monsters and it doesn't do anything against shooting mm. and it's people are either taking loads of shooting troops or they're taking monsters yeah so i think that one's a bit of a miss unfortunately it would be amazing just having flat minus one to wound basically against your whole army because with this one you unlock zombie dragons and terror geists as battle line so you can have just a monster army um so it could be, it could have been amazing, but I think just because of the meta, it's not really as good as it sounds. Um, yeah. Well, and look, and like, and maybe 
in say six to eight months or something when the metas change this could be one of those little gems that pops up and becomes um you know gold again there's there's you know yep. what i mean like <laughs> yeah i mean well like iron jaws like gore grunters and stuff like that like it's not going to affect the more crushes but people are, i think you'll be seeing a lot of gore grunters and stuff running around um it's not going to do anything against dragons because they're monsters but against Didn't... fulminators and stuff it will yeah. work so yeah. and it will make them wound on back on fours if they've not got yeah. buffs which is nice yeah um but yeah what you're gonna say sam I think the the new dragons they lost a the keyword, didn't they? They either lost the monster keyword or the behemoth keyword. Did they? Yeah, they lost one of them. So they. I thought, I thought the FAQ was that their minus one to wound didn't work against. It wasn't on the little dudes. It was only against the big dudes. Yeah, because they lost the keyword that required for that. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not 100% okay. sure of that. I'm pretty sure that's just what I'd heard. I can't remember if that was correct or not, but um, that was floating around in my head somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then finally, we've got Unstoppable Nightmares. So in the combat phase, you can pick one friendly Avangori Dynasty Terrorgeist, Zombie Dragon, or Vampire Monster to, to unleash its monstrous power. If you do so, until the end of that phase, use the top row on that model's damage table, regardless of how many wounds it's suffered. The same model cannot benefit from this ability more than once per battle. <sighs> I'm not going to write it off just because the Gur command ability exists. Um, because one, this isn't a command ability, so it doesn't cost you a mm -hmm. CP to do, which is good. The second thing is because it's not a command ability, you can still use command abilities, so you can actually fight on top bracket and be plus one to hit, for example. Yep. Third point is they're not requiring it to be a hero. So you can then use it on your monsters as well, on themselves. Yep. Yep. Like, each one can only use it once per battle, but again, probably works. Like, because you only need to use it on the wounded one. So if you send a few of them in, once one of them gets beaten down a bit, you're just like, okay, your turn. You're the injured one. You have mm -hmm. this now. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's terrible. Because, um, yeah, it works on... Um, it works on everything, right? Like, yeah, terror guys, zombie dragons, yeah, vampire monsters. Yeah, so it doesn't, oh, it doesn't work on the gash because he's not a vampire. Yeah, nope. it's the one, it's <laughs> the one keyword. Come on. <laughs> yeah, if he was a vampire, then that could actually be really nice on the gash. Like if they chipped him down <laughs> to just keep him, him fighting at top profile. But alas. Um, but yeah, the interest, so that was just the battle traits, actually. It wasn't even the command traits. Um, so I think yeah. that's because they've got the uh, the Cursed Abominations. They feel like they've got more battle traits maybe than the others. Um, but that gets kind of washed away when you look at their command traits. And for some reason, these guys, obviously the new ones, I guess because they had the old book to work on for the others, they, they had their six traits and artifacts they could rely on. Whereas uh, these guys apparently it was hard to come up with three more so they've only got three traits uh, for these so we've got uh the an eye for an eye so if any wounds or mortal wounds are allocated to this general in the combat phase add one to the damage characteristic of melee weapons used by this general including their mount until the end of that phase now that one's already really nice when you combine it with what we just talked about if they've taken wounds 
you can make them fight the top bracket and still give them plus one to yep. hit. So then you're going it like they've hurt you, but you're like, cool, I'm going to fight a top bracket and I'm going to be plus one damage and plus one to hit. So yeah. I think that's, and it works on all, all their profiles as well, which is really nice. So, and if they've, if they've just taken one wound and you've got uh, maddening hunger, you can just eat something and get your wound back. Then you've you got, just heal. Uh, add yeah. one to their damage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, you know, little God moments like that. <laughs> yeah. So I like, yeah. I like that one. Um, it's almost like you you send two in and you want that one to take the hit so like you yeah. know you're gonna fight anyway and then yeah when they kill stuff they heal because they're vampires um yeah so at the start of the, then you've got torment driven throws so at the start of the combat phase you can you can roll a dice for each enemy unit within three of this general on a five plus that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound and can only attack this general in that phase after this general has already fought in that phase. Like, that's okay. It kind of feels like harking yeah. back to like the old activation wars or whatever. Like, mm. I remember like the what was the the artifact that basically it always did it where you couldn't be attacked. Doppelganger cloak. You yes, couldn't I love be, that one. You, you couldn't be attacked until you'd attacked. And so yeah. actually, if you were like smart with activation orders, you could be like, you could basically waste your opponent's activations. But the problem with this is it's only on a five up. So you kind of can't guarantee it. Although because it's on a five up and it affects all those units, like you'll know before you attack how many units you've done it to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you've, I mean, you've got potential there that you can basically fight other fights first and not have to worry about getting hit back by strong stuff so yeah. i think that's cool and it's each enemy unit within three as well so like if you go into multiple units with him and you've got other units that have gone in as well you can see and potentially you make those other units have to fight last although it's interesting because it's they can only attack the general after the general has fought but it doesn't say anything about attacking other units so if you did go in with the general and other units and you rolled the five up, they could still elect to use that unit to make their attacks into your other unit, but it would mean that any of the models that were only in range of the general couldn't basically attack. So yeah. you kind but, of make you, you make your opponent go, look, do you want me to hit you first? And then you get to do all your attacks, or do you want to just waste some of your attacks because you can't hit this guy? You can hit them, but you can't hit him until I've attacked. So Yeah, yeah. It's a very tacky sort of thing. You've sort of got to, you'd have to sit down and play with it a few times yeah. to get the most out of it. Because you mm. can sit behind screens, you can pile away or pile around certain things to block things off. Um, it's definitely something that requires you to nut out what's going on there with that one. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a techie one, I think. Uh, and then finally, you've got Unhinged Rampager. You can reroll charge rolls for this general. Which, yeah. I think the other ones have all had a bubble of twelve-inch reroll charges, so this yep. one's just this one's just like categorically worse than those. And we already said they weren't that great. I think the most common one you'd see will be an eye for an eye. Um, yes, but then I could definitely see some techier builds going with torment-driven throws. Um, I don't think you'll see unhinged rampager that much. Yeah, just because as well. You've also got to remember you've got the six generic command traits as well, right? So 
if any of them are a bit meh, you're always also competing against those. So, yeah, and like one of those is that you, what, you get an extra wound and you can heal a wound, I think, in hero phases. One of them is that you reroll your casting rolls if you're a wizard. So I'd yeah. take either of them before I probably took just the reroll charges. But I think an eye for an eye for me is probably the, the best of those three. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, James, yeah, what about battle, you? Like, like just the battle lust is just better than that. This one, you can reroll run rolls and charge rolls if you want. <laughs> so instantly yeah. that's like <laughs> that's better if that's the kind of thing you want yeah yeah all right the artifacts again they could only come up with three apparently um <laughs> so we've got breath of the void more once per battle yeah in your hero phase you can pick <laughs> one you can pick one enemy unit within six that's visible and roll a dice on a three plus they take d6 more wounds i mean three plus d6 better for once per battle but still once per battle and it's in your hero phase within six it's kind so of like an even... extra breath attack or something you know like yeah it's... mate but it's it's pretty poor it's very weird that it's like not in the shooting phase it's not in the combat phase it's in the hero phase yeah so that, that could help you to get out of combat somewhere possibly that's the yeah. only real use i could see behind it of yeah, your yeah, monsters yeah. tied up in the hero phase and you're able to get it out in your turn yeah but yeah. it's not a guaranteed sort of thing and it's only once per battle yeah um it's next basically got... a breath oh, of shyish so oh, no, you're right it's it's just it's a basically it's a breath of shyish um attack profile from prince for dry on a three up yeah. d6 more yeah. wins so. yeah it, but it's in the hero phase yeah instead yeah. of shooting hmm so yeah. Yeah, like you say, sometimes the hero phase is better because if you're locked up and you just need to do some damage before the movement phase, it's good. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, it's a bit situational for my liking. Um, Gorvar's Collar. Once per battle at the start of the combat phase, you can say the bearer will don Gorvar's Collar. If you do so, you can reroll wound rolls of one for attacks made by the bearer in that phase. Genuinely, I can't believe that's once per battle. Like, I know that they've removed, for the most part, rerolls from the game. And wound rolls, like, being able to reroll is nice. Especially in, like, an Agash list, potentially, because he already gives you mm. reroll ones to hit. Um, but, yeah, it's it honestly surprises me that that artifact is once per battle. And not just, like, the whole game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then lastly, you've got the Furious Crown. Once per battle, at the start of your charge phase, you can say the bearer will unleash the Fury of the Crown. If you do so, after the bearer makes a charge move in that phase, you can pick one enemy unit within one of the bearer and roll a number of dice equal to the charge roll for that charge move. For each five plus, the enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. <laughs> so once, it's more like, once it's more like per a game... Cranky. You get a toned down Stonehorn charge. It's more the it's yeah. more the crank it's more the cranky crown, not really the yeah theory, but... yeah. And it's once per battle, so it's just yeah yeah. None of, none of these artifacts really strike me as great. Like yeah, I'd be taking the problem is they're all once per battle. And it's um, all of them as well. You only get three. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I I think these ones are just going to lose out to 
100 percent they're going to lose out to amulet of destiny um and then i think they'll also probably lose out to um arcane tome mm-hmm. so, the magical venom as well add one to wound rolls i was gonna say out. yeah plus one to wound flat out yeah for the whole game I could so, see yeah. Bliss being built into Evangori and then instantly reading all the other battle traits for the other dynasties and being like, oh, I'm not putting it in Evangori. <laughs> like, there, there's not enough in there to want you to pick this dynasty. Yeah, I think, especially as the Venga Lords can be really good as little support pieces in the other ones, I think you're only taking this if you don't want to play Flesh Eater Courts and you want to run battle line terror geists and zombie dragons. Yeah, that was... Yeah. That was like the first thing I thought of um, when I was just sort of playing around with some lists earlier on. Like, it was take Luca Vi, the Vangorian Lord, um, and then a, whole, you know, a bunch of terror geists and a, and a zombie dragon. Um, yeah, maybe. Because yep. um, that is the one thing they are cheap enough mm. where I think mm. you can take six. Because most of those like monster battle line armies, you can only fit like five in at max because of the points yeah. whereas these like their battle lines are like 300 and because the venga lords are that like 280 kind of bracket they're cheap enough that i think you can fit six six monsters yeah yeah and you're just really capitalizing the, then on your on your war scroll stuff more yeah more the issue than, yeah. the issue is they're all like just the generic ones are like 14 wins on a four up save and every time a monster dies each battle round you're losing a point to your opponent um like yes you can score more because anything you do you'll be like any tactic you do you'll be achieving it with a monster um so like you'll rack up the extra points you've just got to hope that your opponent doesn't basically kill their way through you or if they do they end up killing like three in a turn so that they only get one extra point Mm. if i was running this i'd rather just run feck to be honest (laughs) <laughs> as well like it seems there's more you can do with effect book if you're gonna run your vamp yeah terry guys and stuff like that let's go um, um gristle Gore. yeah I d- they're a bit different though like there is the soul blight like spells and other stuff that you get around them mm. um yeah i think is a bit different to effect like the fact that you could take nagash with battle line stuff is different yeah. which you can't can't obviously do in feck um the same with like the Mortarks and stuff that they bring, the other monsters that they bring. Um, I, and I think f- oh, none of the Mortarks would work up on this I, list though either. I mean, they, don't, they, get the key, they work, don't get the yeah. keyword, but I mean, Manfred's do right because his is like one of his buffs. The what plus one to hit and wound is just Soul Blight, right? Yeah, I think it's just Soul Blight, which yes. is actually really good because that's a twelve-inch aura. So if you could take all those monsters and give them plus one to hit and plus one to wound. Yeah, it is just sort of like, yeah, sort of yeah. like units. So like, yeah, Manfred could work really well in Navangori. Um, so you could Neferata, really, if you want to get her debuff. If you want her debuff aura. Yeah. But, um, cast Dark Mist on one of the um, monsters or one of your Veng- Vengorian lords. Yeah, and you can still those... take the vamp- like Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. Like Got a Dagger of Jet in there. Like, it, it, it you could you could do it yeah that's what i mean we talked about it before like i think manfred nephi nagash mm. they're all really good and they generally they mm. do what they do and you can chop and change them between the legions so and i think there's some interesting stuff there like i do think manfred is probably the best overall buff piece for avangori 
just being able to have all those monsters around him getting plus one to hit and plus one to wound <laughs> is really good um especially when yeah any of them that get damaged can be like okay well i'm gonna fight a top profile this turn your general can be plus one damage as well um the Venger lords obviously give that minus one to rend aura so yeah you could take a couple in the in in this as well um and have like spread that bubble of minusing rend um so yeah i don't think it's the best um but i think it still could be really fun and i still think there is some, yeah. oh. there is still some power there yeah um absolutely yeah I could see it being very fun with the mutations and everything else, and you're just running big monsters up the board. It's probably one of the more fun dynasties to play around with. Yeah, I think I just wouldn't effect. like just the opportunity, like just to just to have fun. Yeah, just throwing around your your big monsters around the table, and I reckon uh, as you play it, you'll find a few juicy bits that we've uh, yeah, most likely overlooked um, as well. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing I was going to say around that last artifact in terms of the, the once per game charge being like one unit within one, you roll that many dice on a five up, it's immortal. That does combo quite nicely with Lauka Vi, um, because she has that rule on her war scroll. Like that's something that seems to be um, like a bit of a theme across them where remember we said before in Manfred's one, there was the command trait which gave you basically Manfred's ability, like unholy impetus. The when you kill something, you get a um, plus one attack bubble within twelve. Um, that Manfred has. There's, that's the trait. Like this one's got the artifact which gives you Lalkavai's ability basically. So she every time she charges does that on a five plus. They take a number like they take a mortal wound, um, but yeah. you roll as many dice as the charge roll. So if you had her and you had someone with that trait and they both charge in you're getting like that one turn if they both roll average charges you're rolling 14 mm, dice yeah. and five ups are doing mauls like yeah and like even with the curse mutations like if you like say you got your terror guys with urges of atrocity um so the run and charge um you've got that could go nicely with the undeniable impulse so if if you fail your undeniable impulse um uh, the Luke of Isle Vingorian Lord, that means they have to, they, they can run and charge. So if, if they go running off and charging because they're, you know, going bananas and their bestial nature is taking over, you can <clears throat> you can chase them down and back them up with a, one of your terror guys or zombie dragons or something like that. You know, so they're yep. not just charging off unsupported or whatever. Like, Yep. I mean, they don't have to like with that undeniable impulse, like they can run and charge, but they don't have to. Yeah. Um, so they're never going to get forced to charge. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. like Laukavai is cool because she's got queen of Mo uh, queen amongst monsters. So you issue the command at the start of your hero phase, you pick one enemy unit that's visible to this model. So it's board wide. She just has to be able to see them. And then until your next hero phase, you add one to hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly soul-like Gravelord's monsters that target that enemy unit. Yeah. So that's really good. Like, yep. just everything in your army against a target unit board-wide yep. until your next hero phase as well. So, like, it'll yeah. go through a double. Yep. Um, really good. I think and you just really you good. stack that with the um, Vingorian Lord spell, Clotted Deluge. 
so that's um you pick that and the same enemy unit and give give your army plus one to wound as well against yep. that unit yeah so you can take her and a, another Vendor i think that's Lord. a real i think they're a good combo um, dynamic plus, duo yeah. you know yeah yeah it's like the king i, and the I have one issue with these two models it's not the, the looks it's the undeniable impulse it's like not a choice for you to make like you just are forced to either not use command abilities if you roll too low and then they get the ability to run and charge you just don't get the choice between either of them i know that gets thematic but that means you've got two heroes running around that can't use command abilities anywhere yeah so they're not re-rolling their charge or they're saying they can run and charge or they can't make that charge their run roll a six then they can't re-roll that charge so they could be left out stranded very easily later in the game when you need them to do stuff mm. yeah it's kind of like the the uh the curse <laughs> yeah like it's very thematic i just i find that as a rule very frustrating to work around mm. when something i want to happen doesn't happen because it's been taken away from me yeah yeah no, i agree and it's it's the wrong way around really yes like you'd you'd want them to be charging running and charging at the start and then being able to use command abilities as the mm -hmm. game goes on not the other way um i think but yeah um laukavai does also have a really good unique spell death's downpour it's cast on an eight though which is a problem because she has no bonuses to cast um you can chuck in obviously corpse carts and or do corpse carts only work on death mages um no it's just um it's just light, your right? it's just your wizards yeah 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 so you can chuck in a mortis engine and a corpse cart to give anything yep. in the army plus two and obviously if the arcane's yep. there plus three um which is better than a lot of armies have access to but still it's on an eight no re-rolls um but mm -hmm. if successfully cast charge rolls made for enemy units within 12 of this model are halved until your next hero phase halving charges is massive especially yeah. in an aura yeah. like we know how frustrating it is to play against the corn demon prince um hers is 12 inch range instead of 18 like his is but given that generally most units have to be within 12 to declare charges anyway like i think 12 is probably okay um so yeah it's good that obviously you can cast that spell like you can know before you move her like obviously the demon prince is one is just better you just spend a cp although th that like that being said this at least doesn't cost you cp but you've obviously yeah because i could see that being frustrating with your ability the undeniable yeah, impulse yeah. you have to spend a yeah. cp and you can't do it but you've got you've got the spell and so <laughs> if it if it goes off you can probably afford to throw her out there and just kind of almost keep your monsters back a bit and be like well yeah you you're gonna your charge is gonna be really hard now because if she's the closest thing things move up to three away from her and then she just goes retreats redeploy. back <laughs> redeploy yeah and she just goes back then like even if she rolls a three stuff's then like six inches away so they need to roll like a 12 to charge you yeah which is which is actually really nice so i i think she's cool and her models her model's really cool um and she's quite cheap like 285 points for a 11 wounds on a three plus save movement 12 bravery 10 she's medium in a fight she's a wizard she's got a great spell she's got and her abilities great, awesome she's got a great command ability like she's might worsening rend 
Like, I think she's worth her points. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting that I don't think we see her very often. Um, like, y y if you see the Vengalord, you see a normal one. For five points yes, less, yes. he loses a wound, doesn't get the charge. But well, he becomes your caddy for all your... The artifacts and the traits yeah. and everything, yeah. Um, he has got a good spell, plus one to wound. He's actually really good as well, because it's melee weapons. It's not... It's not even, like, friendly soul blight or anything. His anything, one is yeah, just, it's not even friendly units. Anything, so allies would benefit from that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's short range, though, which is the problem. Yeah. Well, um, the way he works anyway... Oh, yeah, sorry, it's not an aura around him. It's just picking a new nah. unit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, his command ability is really good, though. Um, Vestering Feast... Um, because there's no range on it, which I think a lot of people missed. So he can be mm -hmm. anywhere. He can be anywhere on the board, and you just issue it at the end of the combat phase. So you don't ever waste it either, because you just, if the situation has come up, you just use it as long as he's yeah. alive, and it can be received by a Soulblight Grave Lords unit that made any attacks in that phase that destroyed any enemy units, and they get to heal D6 wounds. Yeah, Nagash. <laughs> Yeah, like it's a, and I think that's why the combo works so well. You can have that guy yeah. wherever you want, on the end of a unit, just being annoying, pinning staff, worsening their rend, and then Nagash kills something, and you're like, yeah, I would like to heal, thanks, and then he just heals D6. So, yeah. super good. So good. Uh, the only thing with that you would have to bear in mind is it's still in the combat phase. Although it's at the end, it's still in the combat phase. So if Nagash had used all-out attack or all-out defense or whatever, he actually yes. can't get it because he'd be benefiting twice from a command ability in that mm, phase. Yeah. So, yep, so yep. you would you do have to think about that a bit. If you like, oh, I want to heal. You just yeah. If you've already used a command, you can't. Um, just the only thing with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, That's I think they just... do. Learning the, the unit more often. You'll get used to it after one or two games. You won't make that mistake anymore. Because you'll you'll be thinking, do I need to heal this unit later on? I won't use any CP on them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wicked. Alright. Well, that is all of the dynasties, all the traits, all the artifacts and everything. Um I guess now it's just should we talk about war scrolls? Like if there's any kind of standout war scrolls like because there's a bunch of heroes there's a bunch of units so much yeah in this book yeah. um like we've we've obviously mentioned a few common themes yeah. as we've gone through all of these um but yeah i mean james do you do you have any favorite kind of favorite hero favorite unit yeah so like, i think we can all agree like that nagash manfred and neferada uh, and probably Fince, prince Vordry as well are like definite standouts overall um mm -hmm. but for like a more obscure one like i know i've beat i've beat the drum over the um bloodseeker palanquin that's just because i'm a weirdo but um <laughs> i really like i but for something that i think is probably worthy of note is the coven throne which we haven't actually touched on um during the uh during the podcast so i think mainly for her command ability tactical insight so you pick one friendly 
Uh, Soul Black Graveforge unit Holly within 12 of the model until the next hero phase. You add one to hit rolls and wound rolls for attacks made by that unit and one to save rolls for attacks that target that unit. And, yeah, Holly within 12. So you could, you could pick it off in a couple of different units if they're within that range. But I think that's just super strong. Put that on a unit of Grave Guard, you know, 20 Grave Guard or something and just watch them go ham. Nagash. <laughs> yeah, put it on Nagash. Yeah. <laughs> just plus one to hit, wound, and save on Nagash yeah. for a CP when he's re-rolling yeah. ones to hit and save yeah. as well. He's That'll twos, save you. He's twos and twos re-rolling ones on hits and saves. Like, That's just such an economical <laughs> um, economical command, command like, ability. I'm genuinely surprised in the like Nagash builds where they're you doing don't have Nagash a Coven Hero Throne. Hammer that they're not a Coven Throne. Like, yeah. I think the Coven Throne is better than the Vengalord in that situation, and I and think they're about the same price. It's until your next hero phase as well, so you've got those potentials yeah. for multiple phases yeah. if you double turns and whatnot. Like, yeah, it's amazing. It's a super good command ability. And she's a great... Her spell is awesome too, the Shudder spell. So if you... Um, it's cast on a 6, pick one in unit within 12, roll 3d6. If it's greater than the Bravery, the model can be picked to be the target... Um, the Coven Throne can't be picked to be the model of the target for any attacks made, spells cast, or abilities used by that unit to your next zero phase. So you can just bunker her up, you know, onto like a, a big piece and just pin them there with, and they can't do anything. They can't attack her, they can't use command abilities, they can't cast spells. Um, yeah, until their next zero phase. Like, you can use her as like a, yeah, like a buffering or like a, a blocking unit. Um, as well. So I think there's a lot of utility in that one, I reckon. It's a bit more finesse, I suppose, but um, and also, you know, 3D6 used to be a lot harder to get it, um, but with 3D6, it's a lot easier to get it now, I think. Of course, she heals as well with the uh, the hunger. She's got the frightful touch, so she, you know, she's got a, she's got 12 spirit host attacks, so you've got a potential for more mortals there. Um, then the scrying pool is cool as well, which is once per turn. You can reroll one hit roll or one wound roll for an attack made by this model or one save roll for an attack that targets this model. So she just gets that once per turn. They're really cool. The whole trio of them are very cool and unique in the world of Age of Sigma, I think. Yeah. She's got great movement, 14-inch move at full health. Yeah, I think she's she pretty good. And she's, what, 217 points? She's 3355, and yeah. she's fast enough to keep up with him as well. Like even if he puts, um, like, pinions on himself to get a fifteen-inch move, she moves fourteen. So she's going to be yeah. able to follow him around basically. And to be honest, he can go into the heavy hitters, and she's okay enough to like deal with killing screens and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, she hasn't got. She hasn't. Well, she's got eight. She's got one predatory bite. Um, three, four stiletto attacks. 
But then the um, yeah, <laughs> it gets worse and worse the more you look at it. <laughs> like I, I know the stiletto is a dagger, but I just have visions. Yeah, of them just it's like hitting people with a high heel yeah. shoe. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but you know, eight needle needle sharp poignards from her handmaidens. You know, it's she's got attacks, but they're just not high quality, I guess. But I think the main, no. the coolest one of those, I reckon, is the um, you can just spike a bunch of sixes with those. Uh, this is spectral. Yeah. yeah, from time to time, you know. But yeah, obviously the command ability, tactical insight is the is the gold. But yeah, she's my pick for um, heroes. Um, so my favorite battle line unit, um, I'm gonna say, is zombies. I bet you there's no surprises there. My my heart says <laughs> zombies, but I think my head says um, skeletons. So that's my they're my that's my favorite battle line unit. Um, and then. Probably just for other units involved. Um, I know I haven't mentioned any beer cost stuff. Oof. I think I'm just going to go with the obvious and say Graveguard because I think they just got a lot of chop. Yeah. So then, what about you guys? Do you guys have any standouts or favorites you'd like to talk about? I have a non, a little non-hero favorite. Uh, there's two of them. Uh, and they are the corpse carts. I think they're great little 80 point models yeah. to throw around yes. the board. The amount of salt I've received from opponents <laughs> when I am using <laughs> the Balefile Brazier because they don't want to commit to killing it because of its um, the point cost and what it does. Like it, it, it does a lot for the army, which is it subtracts one from wound rolls within nine inches of it. Yeah, like they don't cool. want to commit any attacks into it because it's six up saves, six wounds. Like it's just going to fall over. But the amount of annoyance it, it causes is <laughs> lovely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's also minus one to cast rolls. So it's just this little debuff thing that runs around and is just the most annoying thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, and then you can run the helpful version on the other side, which is the lodestone one. And you're adding plus one to your casting, wholly within 12. Um, it's not super useful because you, zombies don't cop much damage anyway, like in regards to... They have no save, so they just cop it all. Uh, it, it adds one to save rolls wholly within 12 inches of the zombies. But they're generally gone and out of range very quickly. Yeah. Unless you're sort of sitting on a point to bog it down. Yeah, it's kind of... It's more... You, you, you're taking it for the plus one to cast, aren't you? Yes, and, that's what I... And maybe a, maybe a first turn, or if, you know, if they're still in range. But it's just that... Yeah, it's that flavor or that th thematic um, corpse cart following around the the zombies, but like yeah, the yeah. the balefire brazier doesn't isn't tied to zombies. You don't have to. No, it's not there for the zombies really. Like it's just it's more. Yeah, it's there to annoy yeah. your opponent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. They've got six wounds as well, so like they count as two models. And yep. for a lot of this stuff, like your in in any of the ones where like legion of night or castellay or anything where you're putting units off the board as well it's like for each unit you've got on the table you can take a unit off so having lots of units means that like cheap crappy ones to put on the table means that you can put more decent stuff like in the in the grave sites or off the table or whatever yep. as well so just having a couple of things for 80 points as well or even if you're going do you know what? i don't care about low drop because generally i think soul blight's an army where you can build to be like you go first or second. And yes. so I think if you've got the power as well to not care about your deployment and you just got a bunch of null drops, essentially, you'd put a corpse cart down, one, 
put a corpse cart down to put two things in the like grave sites like all you've done is put two corpse carts on the table that you don't really care about and your opponents had to do four drops like you against most armies you already know their entire army's deployment by this point before you actually put anything on the table really yep. um and i mean the plus one to cast a 12 inch aura for 80 points you'd pay that it's in almost any, in any army because it's affecting all of your wizards within that range um and yeah minus one to wound it's really good and like you say your opponent doesn't really want to waste resources killing it <laughs> like if yeah. they if they're using their <laughs> shoot if they're using their shooting to kill it as well before they get to the combat phase like okay cool they're not shooting off screens and yep. then if they're then in the combat and they haven't shot it and they're then in the combat phase even if they attack it first there's still minus one to wound when they're attacking it so like i i played you that first game and i didn't i didn't commit enough into it and i left the bloody thing alive with like one or two wounds left and i was like oh for yep. god's sake now all <laughs> yeah. of my now all of my other attacks are still also minus one to wound i've not killed this stupid thing i'm stuck in combat with it like... <laughs> it's got enough wounds that you have to put a lot into it but then it's on the six up save so you under commit to it so easily yeah and then you just well, don't kill it deathless as well right so yeah yeah and then you just don't kill it and then it just freights straight to the hell of because they've got to do it all over again and they're at minus one to wound and it's yeah. just it, it's fun <laughs> yeah no i think yeah. it's i think they're really good like under yeah. underutilized little pieces i think yeah yeah they used they're, to have like oh you, you go sam <laughs> i'm just saying that they're at that points cost as well on your army a lot of the times you will have 80 to 90 points left over and you're like do i throw in skeletons fell bats or the corpse cart so that you get a pick of three really like low pointed models you can just throw in at the end you don't put a list around them you just have them there They used to have, um, they used to have this corpse sword. I can't remember the name of the sword, but they used to have this sword that if you rolled, you could choose to use this sword instead of like the goat or the lash. And it was like oh, just yeah. this one poxy attack when you just, if you roll a six, it does a mortal wound. Yeah, it was <laughs> awful. It was yeah. just like, it was one of those things where you just like, all right, I'm just going to use the sword and you just pop a six and it just stabs something and takes off, takes a clan rat off or something. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why did you bother wasting space on this war scroll? <laughs> uh, I love those oh, like so pop, pop a six artifacts and stuff. I don't know if you guys remember in Legion of Sacrament, there was um, the black gem. Did you yep. guys ever? Yeah. So it was basically you, you, you throw the, you, you know, you pick a, a model. It's like you throw the black gem at a, like, say, I don't know, a big hero or something like that. And just on a six, it just slays the model yeah. so i used to call it the unholy hand grenade <laughs> so i used to like just like lob it in and just like take off i think i took off um dan's brood brood horror in a game we had like ages ago but yeah it was just i love those little quirky take them up take it off on a six or just some weird little thing that's just it's very scary never gonna happen stuff. you yep. know but it's like just when it does ball. it's so much fun yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so i have you got <laughs> I've got my favorite hero out of the because obviously everyone's talked about Radakar and Belladama and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But the main thing is they split apart the Cursed City heroes. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah. And then you have this awesome guy called Gorslav the Gravekeeper. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, obviously you've got the um, the allegiance ability to bring back a unit on a five up or minus on how many units you've killed. This guy for a CP brings up that unit as well. It's still half strength, um, and it does have to be holy within nine of him outside nine. Um, but it just guarantees you're bringing back a unit when you need it to be brought back. Um, yep. And because it's dead walkers, if he's alive at the end, you can use it on your dogs that you've got from Lycan Curse because it says nothing about from the starting from your starting army, and mm. they're a dead unit. So you can do it on Lycan on the Lycan Curse wolves. You can do it on Dire Wolves you'll summon from Radakar, or you can do it on the dead walkers themselves. So you've got a ton of units to pick from depending on what's been killed, what's already been recycled, and what you've got left to play with at the end of the game. Um, and he's just a, uh, and he's cheap. He's, I think he's seventy five points. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slav, the could you be any cheaper gravekeeper? Yeah, he he's <laughs> worth well worth his points. I would have fit paid, him in your list. Like I would have paid two hundred points for him. Yeah, on his own, and then he's like that ability to guarantee the unit comes back. Yeah, and then and then when they split, that when he was seventy five points, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> like I can't, I cannot believe he is not just like everywhere, and that they are just dominating yeah. tables. Just and he's got some another awesome rule. So he's seven wounds on a six-up save, so he's just dying to a stiff breeze there. But he's not going to die um, because he has a bodyguard rule. So he's within three inches of any dead walker units um, on a four-up, he passes the wound off to them. So he's yeah. got enough wounds there with the seven wounds to keep himself alive once he's bodyguarding stuff off as well. Yeah. And then he has, also has a death as minion save. Like yeah. He's effectively 14 wounds. Yeah. Um, but you do need to keep out a look for... He can't bring back any models to any units because he doesn't have any of the right keywords. He doesn't have vampire. He doesn't have death mage or anything like that. So he's not bringing back any units or any models to those units. He's um he's the first zombie hero I think in the Age of Sigma. He's a Deadwalkers um hero. Yes, he is. Yeah, I don't know of any other ones. No. That yeah, none of the other ones are either. Yeah, yeah. He must be the only Deadwalker hero there is. Yep. Yeah, and he's a cool model as well. Like he's lifting up a little uh buddy yeah. coffin to pull out another <laughs> Deadwalker. <laughs> yeah he's kind of got like a you know pan's labyrinth vibe to him eh? like with the yeah sort of crown bone crown on his head and the mouth it's just you know he's just it's straight out of a horror movie yeah what about you chris what are your sort of favorite models you've got or <sighs> units i mean belladama is my favorite hero. <laughs> she she's super cool like i love the like babushka russian grandma-esque yeah. <laughs> like just i love her model and i think her rules are phenomenal i think she's pointed really well so she is like just tick 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 she's basically yeah. being like every single list i write i think the stuff she brings is amazing lycan curse is incredible under the killing moon mm -hmm. is incredible shrug a three plus shrug onto wolves is amazing like making wolves pile in six if you need it like just everything about her is fantastic um so she yep. she is my favorite um but i know we've talked her up so much like if i i think manfred <laughs> i think manfred is probably my other one in terms of heroes um 
the the buffs he got from this book were what he really needed um i think to make him like a really viable good option i think he's very well pointed um i think he does a lot like he is a buff aura plus one to hit wound attack decently choppy incredibly survivable with ignoring the first wound every phase three plus save monster moves fast teleport like he's just great i think manfred's great i think he works in any legion you want to put him in um he buffs all the stuff you want to take um so yeah he he would be my next kind of general pick i think um in terms of units i I like the mortis engines as i said before like i like that they change the whale from being based on bravery to just being on a four up yeah um because it means that you can every army whereas before they were like oh if you played the crappy bravery armies awesome but you play death you play seraphon you play like any of the good stuff you just like cool all these models aren't doing anything now so it kind of put them out of competitive play because there were just too many armies they wouldn't work against whereas now especially as there's more msu um i really like them um it's a shame they're not monsters um because Mm. they would be nice for getting extra tactics um but yeah in terms of like increasing the mortal wound output of the army i think they're really nice um obviously they've got the tricks best like that i'm kind of went through before with the legion of blood and the bravery stuff and the horogar shenanigans that you can compound with that um with unleash hell affecting all the units as well um and then you've got the reliquary as well to just double down. Like if you're, if someone charges into yeah. you, like you can definitely screen because it's 12 inches as well. Like you can put them four or five inches behind zombies, take three of them. And then if your opponent goes first, like iron jaws comes into you, you're like, okay, well the reliquaries are on two pluses. You unleash all three of them. You get D three more wounds on two pluses, three times into every unit then they can still do all their screams as well. So like you're getting an average of another one and a half onto every single unit. Um, And then they've got the added bonus of plus one to cast in an aura. So you can stack that with the corpse carts and they're only 200 points. So I think they're really cheap um, for what they do. Um, So I really like them. I I think the Mortis engines got a great, great upgrade from the previous books and they're finally in a really good spot. but they're both like all the things I've said are like heroes or big things. Um, they weren't heroes actually as well. <laughs> they yeah. only get the leader keyword. It's a shame. I mean, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're not heroes. Um, yeah. But um, they, yeah, they're really good. I think in terms of normal troops, like everyone knows zombies are a bit crazy. Um, I think that I think skeletons were the thing I like the change of the most. Um, just because they they were a horrible unit to get the most out of before because they could be super super strong getting like three attacks a model units of 40 going to like it, it was rolling 240 attacks to just make people fail enough save rolls and it was just super time consuming and like a bad play experience but that was the way you had to play them for them to work and be competitive whereas now one i love that it's just a combined weapon so however you've built them 
if they've got spears or they've got hand weapons, doesn't matter. Mm. Mix and yep. match your units, chuck yep. them all in, doesn't matter. They all do the same thing. Um, yeah. And then the change to the banners, meaning that their Deathless Minions is sixes, reroll ones, really good. And then just that rule, super unique in the game. Nothing else does it in terms of their resilience that that brings. So like when it's their turn to activate, roll a four up for every model that's died that phase and they come back. Like you have to bear in mind it is only that phase. So like if someone shoots you down and then they come in and attack you, they can quite easily wipe you out because you still only got like, although that means they're five plus base saves. It's not like they're six pluses. Um, so you can get them to like four plus like succeeding on fours and then when they're sixes re-rolling ones after that units of 30 of them are only 255 points and then yeah just coming back if stuff doesn't wipe them out like iron jaws alpha is a thing in the meta gargants coming in is a thing if they come in and kill 29 like you you're gonna have 15 at the end of that round of combat and if they double piling in you're gonna have like 22 23 like which is just awesome because you hold the stuff you pin the stuff in and then you can do like shenanigans with where you put models back like you can create tails and then you remove casualties from the back and then put the, the new ones back in into combat um and stuff like that obviously only with units they're already engaged with but it and you can only return obviously return models within one of existing models at the point you return. So mm. you do have to be a little bit careful if you take too many casualties and you've only got one model left, you're not going to be able to put 15 back because all of them have got to be back within one of that original one model. Um, but double piling, obviously, that happens a second time, so it's at a different turn. So you would then be able to put them back within the extra ones back within range. Um, so yeah, I, I just really like it. it. It's made skeletons have a completely different role to what they had before um, that doesn't involve you rolling loads and loads and loads of dice. Mm, it, feel, yeah. it feels very like in keeping with the old school kind of mm -hmm. endless legions. You kill them, they get back up again, but without being just egregious hero phase, like this gravesite will add D3, this will add D3, they'll add D3, this will add D3, like where there was no play around it, essentially. Like, your opponent could kill them down and then you just go heal, heal, heal. The, their return mechanic is very structured. It is only the models they have lost in that combat phase, so there's definitely ways around it so they don't feel overpowered, mm. but they also feel like they do something that no other unit in the game does. Um, yeah. And like I say, they fixed them being a problem unit in that playing them competitively was a horrible play experience. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't take him for that reason. Like, you know, 40, 40 you know, skeletons. I was just like, there's no way I'm taking that to a tournament. Like, I did it once in the teams mm. event that me and Clint ran. I think the first year at Moab, he was just playing, playing, and then I, I took it. I, I played the like the army for one of the games. The first combat they got into, I was like, <laughs> oh. Uh, Four I, was fighting, like, I, was, well, I was fighting like 20 skinks i was fighting like 20 skinks and i was like do i actually have to roll these 140 attacks like they're gonna <laughs> die but then obviously my opponent's like well yeah you gotta roll them and i was kind of like can't we just like they're gonna die and then <laughs> but then and I then you 
so then I had to roll it out and I was like, oh my God, okay. And then I'd lost like 20 minutes of a game just to go, look, that unit is dead. But obviously, you, yeah, we do live in a dice game, so you've got to roll the dice. And it was just that like... that one time, one will be left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they were shit like, attacks. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like, well, if we're not going to roll dice, why are we bothering to play this game? And I completely get it. And like I said to my, like the, my opponent, I think it was Chris Todd afterwards, I was like, sorry for even suggesting that I don't roll these dice. It was just like that moment in my head where I went, this is going to take 20 minutes to kill like 20 skinks. <laughs> and it's just dumb. <laughs> like, I, And I think they've realized that with the game. They've tried to remove, like that's what Plague Monks yes, did. Like, yes, and they, they, removed, just, they changed them. They've just tried to make stuff be more impactful, do less attacks of higher quality. Yeah. Um, more enjoyable. <laughs> which does cause slight issues with like, it causes issues with power creep in that stuff just hits like an absolute truck. So it's almost like whoever gets to dictate the combat just has the power to completely destroy units. Um, but that's yeah. why I like the skeletons because like you say, you just need one, you just need one to survive. Mm. And yeah. that's where I think that's where I think in Castellai, where you've got that artifact for a once per game, five up deathless minions with a reroll on ones. I think Skelly, yeah. <laughs> I think Skelly's there could be really good. But even if it does get taken off, it like you can just you're going to recycle it, aren't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. They are summonable, so you just go cool. I'll just put them back anyway. <laughs> it's fifteen more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but and your opponent's going to know that though. Like they know that they have to commit so much damage to blow that unit up that they might not want to go into combat with it because they don't want to get stuck. And it's only 250 points for a block of 30 of them. So I, I really, yeah. I'm really surprised we've not seen more of them either in the meta. I think it's more no one wants to move those models around. Like it takes so much brain power. Like you've already pulled away from your thralls and your readers. Like <laughs> it takes so much to put that many models on the board. It turns people off, but not me. Obviously. I can't wait. No, I, like, I want to play that. Like, you, I'm going to put them on their movement trays, on their fives. I've got loads of little. Yep. 25 mils is fine. It's like, like yeah. Anyway, because the coherency is so much easier to deal with because you haven't got the issue I have with the thralls, like, side note, but it's because <laughs> of the stupid one inch thing. I'll move stuff and then you look at it afterwards and you go, that move's illegal. I have to go back. I can't actually position them in that position because of. I have to then pull back and make my little triangle. Whereas with the skellies, it's like they're all touching, they're all coherent. It's fine. Yeah. Like you just yeah. And they're and to be honest, their job is a shield wall. And then you basically just blob around stuff. Yes. And you just you just you semicircle around bases and you just slowly move the blob. <laughs> and because of the recycling, you just take the models off where you no longer want them, and then you put them on when you where you do want them. Are you thinking <laughs> sixty or just a block of thirty? Uh, I've got 60. Oh, you got 90. I've Go got 60. 90. I haven't got, nah, I'm not doing 90. I'll never, <laughs> I'll, I've got to have points for my zombies. I've got 80 You're going to pump up those numbers, mate. I've got, eight, <laughs> <I> got 80 <laughs> zombies that I want on the table as well. So, um, yeah, I, the reinforcement points was the issue for me yep. around the skellies because when I was originally writing lists, it was like 80 zombies, 60 skellies, 
but because of the fact that a block of 30 takes two reinforcement points to do that yeah. twice you cannot reinforce anything and i want probably at least 140 of zombies which then yeah. means do i want to take a 20 of skellies because i think there's a big difference in the functionality yeah, of that there's unit. a massive difference like the function of that unit is you need a model alive which means you want it at 30 if you take it i think they're useless in tens like i'd only take them i'd only take a 10 if points were such an issue and you needed a third battle line for as cheap as possible because they're the cheapest battle line you can take but outside of that i would never ever ever take a 10 i generally won't take a 20 either i'm basically taking a 30 or nothing for them which yep. kind of means that although i've got 60 most of my lists have kind of gone towards 30 um, I have got a few where it's 20. Like, I think the one I talked about yesterday is 20 just because of points. and. Yesterday, we only had a break for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big point in the curtain there. Yeah, I forgot, we've, uh, forgot we've been recording straight for like four and a half hours. No, you got to remember isn't... that, like, what, we're like probably almost at a five hour podcast by this stage. So, uh, for, for our <laughs> listeners, if you're still with us, um, thank you for sticking with us. For the last few days um we really appreciate, <laughs> we really say, appreciate people, it. james people can press pause as well they probably don't listen in one go so <laughs> yeah. but yeah um what do you yeah. mean they don't listen in one go? oh god <laughs> james is coming for you all right well i think we're we're divulging now into uh yeah. divulging is not even the right word either it's late shall we um sh shall we shall we uh Shall we wrap it up there? And um, Sam, would you like to uh, take us out with a final thought uh, on Soul Black Grave Lords? Commit to the horde. Commit to the horde. <laughs> Do you play World of Warcraft by any chance? <laughs> no, uh, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. No, um, hordes are really fun to play with if you have movement traits and stuff like that. They're not too bad. They cool. just take a little bit of playing differently, and then they're really fun. Because you're you're seeing the your enemy's face like sort of they're like oh you're taking off ten models twenty models it's still not enough you've got to take off another twenty more models and they're like ah oh. they, they don't commit enough to, to killing stuff and you get things left over um, soul bites kind of fun with that yeah. and then you bring them and, back again yeah and I think it's fun actually like it most armies have got smaller and more elite so there are fewer armies that are big bodies and so I think people when they see when they see all those bodies it can be like oh shit i'm not really used to dealing with this like yeah what do i do kind of yeah <laughs> i Especially think so army left that it's competitive yeah because like there's gits yeah. but they're not doing that well <laughs> um and like the the functions that way as well because cities can tend to have high body count but they tend to be like a single block of 30 that stays still and moves like that. They don't tend to have the like flowing across the board or like zombie hordes charging forwards in long yeah. waves and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, mm. All right. One final actual thing, Sam, given that you have taken them to tournaments and been doing well with them to yep. put the shoe on the other foot as a soul blight player, how yep. do you, how do you beat soul blight we've talked about a lot of the strengths of the book what are, if you're a soul blight player or you're looking to beat like if you're a soul blight player what should you be looking out for in terms of things that are going to pull your army apart and if you're looking to beat soul blight what should you be looking to do 
I think a lot of the time they look scarier than they are. People get real scared of a 20 block of zombies. They're going to do one or two mortal wounds on average. Like, you just need to get in there and commit to them and just sort of focus down their main threading blocks. Um, as much as, like, you're bringing up models all the time everywhere, they don't do a whole lot. So if you can screen out your objectives, they might charge three or four small units of 10 zombies or not charge a pile of men or skeletons or dogs and stuff like that. But if you can screen them out properly, they're not an issue. That's where I've come awry is when a, a good player screens me out everywhere and I can't get my models onto objectives. Um, because the, the army... Unless you've got a big block of something or one fighty hero, you're not killing much either. It's a very much a five-turn sort of game. So if you can get in there and get it done quick on the Soulbite player, um, it'll fall apart pretty quickly. And there's the old age-old thing of shoot the heroes as well. Because their heroes, they make the army function a lot better. It can still function by itself slightly, but it definitely needs the heroes because zombies are useless without buffs. Um, and a lot of it just yeah, requires a lot of buffs. So if you can take away those buff buffing circles, then things fall apart. I think that would be my way to sort of deal with them. Yeah, I think, yeah, saying that, I completely agree in terms of as having played against you with loads of zombies and stuff recently, like... I was definitely thinking in my head that the zombies would do a lot more damage, but actually they are only one attack each. I think because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, they pile in six and they're on 25 mil bases, so two ranks are going to be fighting. You're just going to do so many more wounds, but actually, like, you don't have the necro, so you're not double piling in. You've no. not used, you've not got extra attacks. Like, they're fives and fives, so your actual, like, additional wounds that go through from normal attacks are really low as well. Yep. So, it is just sixes to wound and actually even if it's a brick of 20 zombies with no buffs it's 20 attacks they like say they're doing three mortal wounds maybe and then they're yeah. stuck in combat and that was the big thing i found against you when we played the other day was getting into you first and pinning you back also really slowed you down because you can't yes. run and retreat no. and so like yes you, basically all you can then do is move four and then do your like six inch pile if you want whereas if you mm -hmm. let if you let them go first they can do your 10 inch run six inch pile kind of stuff whereas if if it's tied up and a lot of the time because the size of your unit if you want to move you can't even just move past the unit you've got to stay outside three and you've only got to move a four so a lot of the time you're just moving sideways you're not even like moving forwards up the yeah table. you can't shuffle around or anything you're just moving out and that's it yeah um that's what i found the last time we played because I think the f we've played twice now, right? And the first yeah. time, the same scenario as well, and same army from me, basically. <laughs> first time we played, I let you go first. And you got on, like, you got on all the objectives, and then you were able to, like, also just do your big runs and swamp up and move out. Yep. Whereas this time I went first, got into you, and, like, you, your first turn, like, you were like, oh, well, I'm going to retreat Vordry because he's kind of stuck here. Your big blob of zombies was stuck and it couldn't get actually onto my objective like I was worried it would. But because I was like, oh, he's going to retreat 10 and pile in six. And I was like, actually, no, he can't retreat 10. He can only retreat four. Um, yep. And it, yeah, it made a huge difference, I think. And it slowed you down and it put the pressure on you. And like you say, 
your zombies have got no save. So actually, if you just hit them, they just die. And then, like, yes, you can bring them back, but the unit that's just killed them is still there. You've got to deal with it. And if you bring stuff back, it's coming back nine away. So it's not yep. very likely getting in and then dealing with that unit either. So, like, yes, their units can come back, but if you just keep killing them, they can only really bring like one unit back a turn or whatever. And you'll still, like, mm. if you're not losing units, um, yeah, definitely my experience I've found is actually don't be afraid to just blow up the zombies. And they don't yep. have the re they don't have the regen power as well that they used to have. That's like, right. You may be you may be add like D three back or whatever. So you can the definitely go in. Yeah. And battle shock is an issue as well. Because mm -hmm. yes, they're bravery ten, but you can quite happily go in and kill twelve, thirteen, fourteen zombies in multiple units and then you're like, Oh crap, oh, okay, I'm gonna lose another four, five plus D six and yeah, it, for, certainly for the zombie heavy builds. Like, I think the zombies are really, really good and key to being competitive for the soul block player. But I also think they're easy to deal with as well if yep. you know how to deal with them. Once you get the buffs on them, then they become a real threat. <laughs> when you've got 40, yeah. 30 guys or forty guys, and they're on three or four attacks each, then you're getting all. Then you're blowing up your big heroes and stuff like that. But if you yeah. limit it down to ten zombies, ten zombies is doing absolutely nothing. Can I um, can I make a request, Sam? Next yes. time you play, um, next well, at some point, um, uh, play Legion of Bloodless. Give your mm -hmm. general Sanguine Blur. Mm -hmm. So you're adding plus three uh, to the pylons. Get in range of those zombies. Have a Necromancer there with an Arcane Tome and Levitate. Put, um, <laughs> and put, um, put put Van Hells on them. Um, get a Vampire Lord in there. Buff them up. Do all the good, all that good gear, and then so that you've got nine two inch nine pile. inch pile. Two of them. Yeah, two nine inch two pile nine flying, inch flying zombies. Pilots. Yes, <laughs> I just want to see that happen. I want to know if it works because it's something I've been itching to try. So, yeah, let me know how you go. If you, get, if, if you have, if you feel like it one day, just let me know. I'd love to see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll do i'll keep that on my to-do list as little wish list sort of things to do with the army <laughs> all right i think that about wraps it up so we'll leave you with that for your for your halloween night the idea of 18 inch flying piling in zombies and we hope you have enjoyed <laughs> our soul blight spectacular thanks sam so much for coming on no worries giving yeah. us a lot of your time to talk it's been awesome thank you very on. much it's having me on it's been an absolute pleasure having you on sam and, and um for our, our listeners as well um if you guys have got any ideas if uh any feedback for the show any if you love soul blight um get in touch with us let us know of some cool combos or any any juicy bits or spicy um flavorful things that you've got that you you know we didn't talk about tonight um yeah please get in touch with us and let us know we'd love to hear from you yep yeah. i'm always going to talk about soul bite like just message <laughs> yeah. me or anything and how yeah, can we get in contact with, get you, in with you sam yeah yeah uh so i am on facebook um just sam thompson but you can probably find me most likely on twitter at uh it's underscore anzo um that's where i'm most active and will most likely reply back to you and that's and that's where you where you post your hobby as well a yeah, so I post my hobby in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm also, I have got um, an Instagram page, but I don't really use it that often. Um, and I have got all my models I've painted up over the years on there as well at um, Anzo Minis. And Anzo is A N Z O. Yeah. 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 Y
Cool. Yeah, cool. Thanks, All right, man. well, thanks again. And uh, yeah, James, look forward to hearing all about your games over the weekend. And yes. I can't wait to also be getting my soul blight on the table soon hopefully so uh yeah i'm sure once we've all had some games and we've started testing some stuff that we've maybe talked about on this show then uh we can we can talk about that and how all those things kind of played out i guess on the tabletop um but yeah once again sam thanks so much for joining us and everyone no hope you've enjoyed listening to this show um yeah give us feedback if you liked hearing these mammoth real big deep dives with people that have kind of been playing the armies and stuff and um we can look to do more of them um this sort of if you'd like this length um otherwise yeah if equally you think there's too much gone into essentially useless command traits and artifacts and it's <laughs> never too much you'd, never you'd too like, much you'd like a shorter show but generally i think going through everything's better um, if you if you want to if you want to listen to us wish listing and telling gw how 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 better yeah. much better we are right rules ready <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah classic all right. Well, thanks, guys. Happy Halloween. And Thank you. We will see you on the next show. Happy Halloween.
You've been listening to Mortally Wounded Podcast. You can contact Chris on Twitter at Wounded Mortally. You can contact James on Instagram at Duke Cadrick. Our website is www.mortallywoundedpodcast.com. Check out the shop where you'll find some super sexy swag for your hobby. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.